Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Hello there. We have made it now to less than two weeks from the draft, and this is going to be a show chock-a-block with some of my, I won't say favorites, probably not to say favorites, because I don't want to have favorites. I want to make sure that I uh, fairly and equitably look at all prospects at all positions and judge them based on uh, what they are and who they are. But I am very happy to have this particular group of prospects with us because many of them are members of my all underappreciated team. And you'll be seeing that for those who've been desiring to see it on a couple of different websites, including Fantasy Sports Warehouse, Fan IQ, and last but not least, Fanspeak. Uh, we have a, an, a allegiance with Fanspeak that will be growing over the, the weeks and months and years, hopefully, to come. We'll see more and more of our content and more and more of uh, what we do and how we do it. So that's that's where we are. That's what we do. And uh, I've had the great pleasure, and that's really what it has been, of getting to know a lot of the, I think, uh, all too often overlooked prospects that, uh, you know, that I have long had a chance to, to examine and to spend time learning more about, and the show gives me a chance to get to know them a little bit better. So we'll have Nash Nance, a Tennessee transfer made with a Hampton Sydney in the ODAC conference and tore it up there for the last couple of years. And Isaac Blakeney, a guy who has been, I think, something that slept on despite the fact that he's playing, you know, in a major D1 conference in the ACC. But here's a guy that, you know, people get excited about Bill Green Beckham, you know, raw talent, upside, et cetera. Here's a guy who's almost as big, faster, and, you know, some extent raw in many of the same kinds of ways, but if you if you're an upside guy, you have to not like Isaac Blake's upside. He's loaded with talent. Much of it untapped. Uh, a much more refined talent uh, in Garvin Lutman will be with us. We'll also have uh Bailey, we'll have Dominique Johnson. It's a pretty darn full show. Um, Justin Williams, uh, Tyre Robinson, Kwame Black. Uh, it's loaded. Uh, also, uh, uh, Jaron Irby, another really interesting corner prospect. This is going to be one of our, our, like I said, really loaded full show, a show with lots of everything. Like I said, especially underrated talent. And prior to the guests joining us, which will start joining us in the next few minutes, I'm going to let us spend a little time talking about the revolutions in, in draft scouting that have taken place in my, in my time in this industry. And I believe we may have been joined by our first guest already, who just hopped on with us. 
Justin Williams. Excellent. Okay. So, Justin, I've had yeah. uh, the pleasure of seeing you in several of the thoroughbreds this past season. Sort of an up yeah. and down season to some extent, but tell me a little bit about your introduction to the game of football. How did you first begin playing the game, and uh, what are some of your earliest football memories? Uh, well, uh, from South Florida, I began playing the game just outside in the streets, really, for for the longest of times until I was in, until I really was about maybe 15. Um, I started playing, I started playing organized football in 10th grade. Um, I played JV for the first time. And, um, and it was just, it just really came natural to me from playing outside and in the, in the streets for so long, it came natural to me and I was able to, I was able to excel and I was able to move from JV to varsity 10th grade. And uh, pretty much just been rolling ever since. Okay. Sounds like you might be an allergy sufferer. You might have a little bit of a cold there. A little bit. Uh, a little bit. Um, but you're, you're going to fight through it, I guess. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No problem. It's not, it's not a problem. Okay. Uh, Got it. So take me through your recruitment process. You're in a pretty talent-rich part of the country. Um, tell me about your, your sort of the high school experiences you had. Uh, Who did you play for when you were playing in high school? Um, I played for Coconut Creek High um, here in uh, Coconut Creek, Florida. And some, um, pretty, some pretty decent talents come through your high school in the past. Yeah, we, we, have, we have some pretty good talent. We, we, have, we have some pretty good talent come through the high school. And um, it's even, um, we had a lot, of, a lot of good talent to come through here lately. Uh, this past year, this program has been being rebuilt by a new coach, but the the talent level has uh, definitely Okay. So who are some of the best guys you, you played with or against while you were uh, growing up in Coconut Creek area? Um, oh, I, de- I played against uh, Patrick Peterson. He was, uh, he was known as Patrick Johnson then. Right when right. when he was in high school, Bernard uh, Robertson. Um, I played against Geno Smith, Giovanni Bernard, um, Lamar Miller. Uh, sheesh, who else can I name? Oh man, yeah, it's, it's, it's been a that's a decent that's a decent little list right there already. <laughs> yeah, those guys will do. Yeah. Oh, Stedman Bailey as well. Um, jeez. Oh, well, guys, and from my from my class, that's a decent uh, group. Like I said, yeah. And what do you think kept you from maybe getting the same level of recognition some of those other guys did? Uh, I didn't. I I was I was a late bloomer. I I didn't know all that I could do as far as going to camps and going to combines and being exposed to to coaches and more football-related things because I started out in the 10th grade and I was just, I was just happy to be playing. And, you know, I didn't, I wasn't, I wasn't aware of the things that I could do to project myself and to show off my talent. 
Okay. So you're one of those guys that, so in the summer you just did, what, summer jobs instead of, instead of hitting the camp circuit, that kind of thing? No, I would, and during the summer I would, I would, I would work out and I would, I would be doing stuff for the school, but throughout my, throughout my high school career, we had to change the coach almost every year. I had a different, I had a different coach three years in a row. Oh, wow. So, <laughs> okay. Now, was that, be, was that because you guys were getting better job offers and leaving to take them, or what was, what was going on yeah. with all that turnover? Um, my 10th grade year, we went, we went to the third round of the playoffs, and uh, we lost to St. Thomas, who was number two in the nation at that time. Yeah, St. Um, Thomas Aquinas, right? Yep, St. Thomas Aquinas. Yes. We Very familiar against, with them. Yeah, we played against them. Uh, uh, then, after that year, we got a new head coach. Uh, we got a new head coach the following year, and we went uh, six and four, and then he left. And we got a new head coach my senior year, I think he stayed for another year, and then he left after a year after after my class left. So it's been a coaching change. It hasn't been real stable for the players. Hmm. Okay. What kind of uh, what kind of scheme did you guys run? Um, we well, when I was in high school, we ran um, my tenth grade and my uh, senior year we ran a wing tee, and my oh, wow junior, my junior year we ran a um, a spread offense. Yeah, those are two very, very different things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We went from we went from a wing tee to a spread to a back to a wing tee. Oh, so you ended up going back to wing tee. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Like I said, that's an interesting. So, you those are two very different things. Um, yeah. In obviously, wing tee is a power offense where. Yeah you know, buck sweeps and, you know, uh-huh. uh, a lot of sort of interior, you know, up-the-gut running plays and, yeah. you know, some passing, but most of it all yeah. play action. Most of it, and yeah, then you, most of it all just play action, yes. So tell me about that. What did you, what was, what was it you did? What was your role when you guys were a wing team team? And then tell me about how your role changed when you guys switched to uh, Fred. Well, for uh, wing team, I was, I was, I was. It, we always had. We always kept two backs. I was one of the backs. You know, we we you either you either was a fullback on one play or you were getting the ball on the other. Play. Right. You know, you know, you we run counters and sweeps and misdirection runs. It was a lot of misdirection runs or counters or sweeps. Or either was the running back or the fullback. And then when I transitioned into the spread offense, I went from tailback to to wide receiver and it, it kind of it, it really helped my it really helped my game because that whole summer I was working on wide receiver drills and catching the ball better and so but when so when I got a chance to chance to play I was I was ready and I was I I, I was capable of you know doing both so but then we went right back to a, a wing T the transition wasn't hard to go back to a wing tee because I, I'm a natural running back. So, you know, and we're getting the ball. It's a, <laughs> we're not complaining. Um, but, yeah, it was it was a little difficult at first because the scheme is different, the blocking is different. So you, your reads when you're running is different. 
So it, it was a it was a little it was a little different, but not not too not too extravagant. Okay. So you so when you said you you moved to wide receiver, were you at the X? Where were you at the Y? Was, Where'd they have you? I was at. I was at. Yeah, I guess you could say the Y or the. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I was the slot guy. I was the Y or the H. Some some people call it the H. But, okay. Yeah, I was. I was they were slot receivers. Yeah, that's what it comes. Yeah, out I was okay. in the slot. Yeah. And what were some of the talk about some of the past concepts? What are some of the things that you how they get to the ball? Um, uh, you know, out routes, uh, bubble screens. Um, they like they like to try to get me the ball in space. They set up a lot of screens for me, or you know, quick routes where I can get the ball, get upfield. You know, sweeps. Jet sweeps and things like that nature. Okay, and I believe Mr. Lutman has just joined us. Is that you, Gavin? Yes, sir. Excellent. So I just found out that Justin has some wide receiver in his background, though he's primarily a running back by trade. You've played a couple of different positions before you finally settled into your uh, where you clearly belong. Tell us a little bit about your journey. Where did football begin for you, and what other sports did you play growing up, Gavin? Um, football all started at, you know, Red Peck High School for me. Um, growing up, you know, eighth grade, freshman year, I played. Uh, we ran the wing tee offense, and I was the, I was in the fullback position. Um, uh, you guys are really very much in common, okay. So you know what it's like? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can, I, yeah, I can block as well, but, um, that's kind of where I developed my, um, you know, my catching ability and, um, a little bit of not not necessarily route running, but um, you know, developed a love to catch, and because we would run a lot of play action pass off of that, and the fullback was the main option um, in those plays. Um, so that's where I developed you know my receiver ability. Um, but growing up, I played you know basketball, a little bit of baseball to help with the uh, hand eye coordination, um, or, and I ran some track um, for two years in high school as well. What events did you uh, participate in in track? In track, I ran the 400, 4x4. Um, I did a little bit of triple jump um, at a younger age, and I did high jump as well. Okay. Uh, which one would you say was probably your best event in track and field? The one that you enjoyed the most or you had the most impressive performances? Uh, the one that I enjoyed the most was definitely the 4x4. Um, it's a, you know, it's a team race. Uh, all four legs, the last racing right. event, everybody's watching. Um, but I, I really enjoyed the 400. I know it, you know a lot of people don't like it. You know they call it a man's race it's and whatnot. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of pain. Yeah, hey, that's hey, right. It's the pain. My, my, mine was the eight, dude. I ran the eight. So oh, yeah. you know you, you you think the 400 is a good test of how much pain you like? Try try sprinting for 800 meters. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> No, but the, you know that four, the four hundred was my race. It's what I liked. It's what I liked, and it, I think it showed, um, you know, a little bit of speed as well as endurance. So it's a for the four hundred was a good mix, uh, you know, of a lot of events put together. So, um, you know, that, that's why I liked it. Okay. Do you, do you remember what your PR was in in any of your uh, events you you ran or, or jumped? Um, my freshman year was my big year, and I ran a fifty a fifty one as a freshman in the four hundred. And my high jump, I believe, was as a freshman as well. My high jump was six four. 
But, I mean, that 6'4", you know, placed me in multiple um, multiple varsity meets, so. Sure. I mean, for a 14-year-old, that's 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 getting it in, man. That's not bad for 14. <laughs> yeah, but... Uh, yeah, I wish I would. I wish I would stay with a little bit, but I was, you know, I was focused on my other sports, so right. I didn't, I didn't complete that through high school. Sure. So both of you have played wing T, and I think wing T is one of those offenses that if you're if you're my age and older, you saw a lot of it. But I think a lot of younger people aren't as familiar with wing T, and what they call the pistol offense that was developed by Chris Alt out of Nevada started from wing T, and essentially. He modified wing tees, changed, you know, basically added another receiver and spread some things out and changed some of the blocking. A lot more veer and man uh, blocking concepts. But essentially, the heart of the ball handling and the heart of the running concept come from wing tee. Uh, Now, it's not a very sexy offense for receiver types, though. Uh, Tell people why it is that usually wide receivers don't exactly get super excited about playing wing tee football, Gavin. Uh, wing T um, in high school is, you know, you got three backs. Um, and we didn't we didn't play with any tight ends, and um, it's a lot of lot of misdirection. Um, so it works, you know. And if you know the old saying is, if it works, if if it, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So um, a lot of misdirection. You know, you get a lot of positive yards, you get a lot of big plays off of it. So um, we always we always said if it, if it works, keep doing it. So. You know, we didn't have, and we don't have a lot of passing. You know, we didn't have a lot of passing plays. Um, and, and if you do, it's not. You know, you don't have a lot of third, and you don't have a lot of third and long plays. It's always short game, quick game. So, um, you know, and having the, you know, the the three backs, that's where that's where a lot of your, you, you know, your players are. So, um, I mean, but the good thing, the good thing about it is, we, you know, you get a lot of man coverage. You get a, little, a lot of one-on-one coverage on the outside, so that opens up a lot of things with, um, you know, helping relieve, you know, QB pressure or, you know, filling in the box and things like that. Yes, yes. It is, like I said, it's it's an older um, offense. It was the offense, really, in the 50s and 60s and, and into the 70s. I mean, if you look at Joe Montana at Notre Dame, he's running wing T. He's not running, you know, what people call pro set nowadays or West Coast or, you know, no, it's wing T, man. He ran you know, the buck sweeps and all that good stuff. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely the wing T. It, it, it's hard to stop. A lot of teams, especially in high school, they, you can't really – it's hard to scheme to stop that. So, it, and it works, just like just like Gavin said, it works. Yeah, well, because it, it forces you to be disciplined. A term that people use nowadays – it wasn't used in my day, but it's a term that you hear all the time now is conflict of assignment. And you're trying to get guys to, you know, go for the okie doke to, to, hey, look, it's going that way. Nope, nope, there it is. Boom. Ah, ah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it requires a real patience as a play caller, and it requires, because you're going to stick with, you know, three yards, three yards, three yards, four yards, three yards, mm-hmm. five yards, three yards, two yards, 70. You know, so out of nowhere. Uh, but it's, it's definitely, like I said, a lot of younger people would consider it sort of, Boring, I guess, because you aren't dropping back and slinging it to four wise. So for mm-hmm. both of you guys, because well, obviously in your case, you played in two very different systems, um, you know, for you, Justin, and then obviously for you, Gavin. You guys stayed wing T your entire time in high school? 
Yeah, we were a wing team. My senior year, we started to um, – we had a one-spread one package with um, – depending, we had three or four receivers. But that was just one package. So um, wing T was the majority of what we ran, yeah. And do you think that maybe affected your recruitment process? Because, you know, once again, you didn't get to show off the full package of your skills, I'm guessing, in a wing T offense. Right. Um, you know, I mean, I'm not really sure what affected the recruiting process. Because, uh, I mean, my senior year, we started, we, you know, we had a, a great quarterback um, in Cameron Kaufman um, who could who could actually, who was a really good pocket passer. So we threw the ball around a little bit more in that wing T with some rollout packages and things like that. So, I don't know if I would say that was the reason um, that's, you know, maybe stunted a recruiting process for me, but um, I don't think it helped either. Okay. And then, Justin, you said you were just a late bloomer. Like, you didn't come on until very late in your high school career. That's that's why you think you didn't get a lot of, even though you were around, I mean, a super talented group of individuals in that part of Florida, Yeah. how you sort of, they missed on you. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I definitely. My senior year was a really was a was a really good year for me, but just because um, I didn't do any any camps. Right. Now, was was that just because you weren't aware of how important that kind of thing was, or what was the reason behind that? I just I wasn't aware of how important it was because, you know, I was new I was new to the sport and I was. I was just playing for the love of playing. I wasn't playing and thinking about things that that like the future of where I wanted to be. So it kind of it kind of stunted my recruitment process in that right. If I'm not, if I can say it, if I'm saying it right, it kind of like stunted my recruitment sure. process because I didn't, you know, I didn't I didn't get myself out there like a lot of players did from, you know. We didn't in in '09 the the seven we didn't have the seven on sevens and we didn't have all we had we had camps but they didn't have like the seven on seven tournaments like they have now that's so big around around sure. football now they televised them I I watched on ESPNU a like seven on seven championship you know so yeah we we had yeah in '09 we didn't have seven on seven championships and stuff like that. But okay, yeah. we uh, but I knew that I I knew that we had camps, but I was like, you know, these some of these camps is you know three hundred dollars, two hundred fifty dollars, sure. you know. If if you don't have people to pay for it, you really can't go anyways. Sure. And that was that was another thing. Out of state camps, you got to pay for room and board. You got you know, some kids can afford it, some kids can't. You know, I was just unfortunately that I couldn't afford it. And right. you know, I had to miss out on it. So how did your recruitment process finally begin? Who did you first hear from and, and how did that finally how did you finally start getting some notice? Um, I first heard from first heard from uh uh D two, which is Lincoln University. Oh, okay. Then, um, in Pennsylvania. I I'm first heard from Lincoln. And um then um I got uh I started getting letters from um, Middle Tennessee and I started getting letters from Marshall. And then um uh the quarterback from Central Michigan came to my school because his high school coach was my high school coach and he just came to visit and 
my high school coach was just like, hey, watch, watch, the, watch, watch this kid's highlight tape. And he watched my highlight tape in the office, and he was, um, he was like, wow. You know, and then he, he takes my highlight tape and give it to give it to the coach at Central Michigan, and he calls me the next day. And he calls me like a couple of days later, and he was just like, oh, you know, what you, you're going to school, what are you going to ask me, like, am I in school, am I, have I committed or anything like that? And I was like, no, I haven't. I haven't I haven't chosen a school. So he was like, you know, it's an offer on the table for you. He, he You know, he, he gives me an offer right there on the phone. And I'm, I'm, I'm like, yeah. And they just played it. They just played FIU, FAU in the bowl game this this year. They played FIU in the bowl game in '09. Can't remember which mm-hmm. one it was. But um, so I'm 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 ecstatic, and I'm like, yeah, you know, that's my that's one of the big things that that gives me an offer. I'm taking it. I'm riding with it. And um, but uh. So I don't know, I go on the visit. I love the school, and so I'm I'm excited about it. But um, we uh we I couldn't I wind up not going to Central Michigan because of um, my SAT score. Um, they needed a for my GPA. I needed a I I scored a 21, but they needed a a 24. To match my to give me a scholarship. Oh, okay, okay. So, so you you were you were a partial qualifier. I was I would have been a partial qualifier. Got it. So then, yeah. So they can't. They wouldn't have been able to give me my scholarship right away. I think so, so what did you what what was your thought process? Did you think maybe I'll do junior college? What did you decide to do at that point? At that point, I was I started I was, I took the junior college route, but um you know I, I went to California. I was gonna I was going to uh, I took off to California to go to um, College of the Desert, junior college in Palm Desert, California, and mm-hmm. you know I I, went, I go there in the summer. And you know, I'm um, I'm 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 killing. I'm killing. I'm doing my thing. I'm, you know, they they I'm ready to play. They got me ready to play. And um, it's like, but the cost of living there was just too. It was too much for me at that time because and my family, it was just too much for me and my family at that time. We couldn't. I couldn't afford to to stay there. So I wound up having to leave before the season started. And um, I come home. I wind up. Um, is now it's, it's about it's about um, late August, September. So um, I'm out for a year. You know, I get a I get a I start to get a lot of calls from different coaches, and um, I get a call from a coach, the coach that um, who coached um, Patrick Peterson. He calls me and uh, he asked me at my school because, you know, he's from our neighborhood. You know, he knows me. He asked me was I in school and I told him no. And he, he was like, okay, I got a few, I got friends, you know, I'm going to give him a few calls. So he gave, I get a call from a coach at Kentucky State, you know, and I done been out of school for a year and I'm, I'm, I'm ready to get in school. So I kind of just, I just jump on it right away. 
and um, I did my four years at Kentucky State. That's pretty much how it went for me. Okay. Gavin, not quite any twists and turns in your story. Tell me when you first started to get recruited and who were some of the schools that showed interest in you early on? Um, the early interest started uh, after my sophomore season. Um, I had a very, very productive sophomore season um, in that, you know, running style offense. Um, and I heard I heard from a lot of Big 12 schools, um, you know, Mizzou, um, KUK State, Iowa State, um, and the the closest um, the closest school out of the Big 12 was Iowa, um, and Iowa was actually my, um, you know, we took an unofficial visit to Iowa, and you know that was that was my first you know big school was Iowa, and um, you know we you know kept conversation kept talking, and um, then it came to we're gonna offer an in-state kid instead of an out-of-state kid. Mm. Uh, so that kind of fell through, um, but then it was just it was all you know all Big Twelve from there, um, you know staying with the the three local schools went to you know went to camps at all those schools you know played really well, uh, and then once my senior season came around you know still had none of those offers and a lot of them were because I was a punter as well so a lot of them um, were talking about offering a scholarship to be a punter. And you know, as a high school kid, I was like, "There's no way, there's no way that I just want to go to college and play football to punt." Um, <laughs> so then, so then I, uh, I got um, preferred walk-ons from those, you know, those D1 schools. Um, and then, uh, towards the end of the senior season is when all the is when the Division two schools started coming. Um, everybody in the MIAA conference. Um, you know, Pittsburgh State, Northwest State, Northwest Missouri, um, UNO, Nebraska Omaha, who doesn't even have a football program anymore. Not anymore, no. I remember no. when they dropped their program. It was a very sad day because they, they'd had a certain amount of success. They put it, even a couple of guys in the league. Um, yeah, they they were they were a solid team, and we actually we got probably four or five guys from that program right. um, when they, you know, when they quit their program. But a lot of MIAA school interest and. That's when um, that's where I took all my official visits was inside the conference, um, and I actually I actually narrowed it down between UNO and Pittsburgh State, um, and you know obviously I picked the right one because they, they discontinued their program, but um, so that's kind of you know that's kind of the process for me. Um, not really you know I never really understood my high school coach never really understood you know where the interest you know, laid so flat from other schools, but, um, you know, no twists and turns. And Division two paint schools kept coming and offering scholarships instead of prefer walk-on. So um, that helped me and my family out a lot, um, having those scholarships, even though it was a smaller school, having those scholarships offer, you know, it speaks a lot of volume. Um, getting a, scholar, a scholarship offer from those Division twos, um, you know, is a big deal because they only have, so much money to disperse throughout the entire team. Exactly. So uh, a lot of those schools will, will will do a lot of partials and only do a very few full. But you had a full ride, right? Yes, I had a full scholarship. I, I mean, everything but books. But you know, mm-hmm. books is not you know books wasn't that big of a deal. So, um, but yeah, you know, guys show up, they get twenty percent or mm-hmm. you know.
know, 35% is just a different percentage for everybody. And, you know, when you get, you know, a full scholarship like that, it, you know, it speaks to you, you know, as a young as a young kid and how expensive school is these days, you know, that was, you know, that was a big deal. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like you said, your parents, I'm sure, especially appreciated that. It's like, great, yeah, you can walk around Iowa State or, <laughs> or, uh, right, you could save a right. duty grad. <laughs> exactly. And, I mean, the, you know, you always hear those stories. The potential to make a, you know, to earn a scholarship and make a team is always there. But, right. you know, you never know how long that's going to take and, um, you know, where that's going to lead you. So mm-hmm. it was a no-brainer. Sure. And tell me about how you finally picked the school for you. As you said, I mean, the MIAA is a very good conference. that They've had champions at the D2 level, uh, multiple champions at the D2 level come out of that conference. How did you decide from a month of schools in the MIA which one was going to be yours? Um, so like I said, I narrowed it down to UNO and Pittsburgh State. And honestly, at, when I first got there, um, you see a Pittsburgh State offense, you're like, why would you be a receiver and choose Pittsburgh State? Because, <laughs> you know, you know, if you look up history, they're known for running the ball. They've got all kinds of records for their rushing game. It's like, why would you be a receiver? And right when I got there, everybody called me, you know, you're going to be a glorified blocker now. Like, you're not even going to touch the ball. Um, But I picked Pittsburgh uh, because, you know, obviously their winning tradition. I wanted to – I came from a winning high school, so I wanted to go somewhere um, that gave me, you know, the best chance – to win football games, the best chance to win conference titles, the best chance to win a national championship. Um, that was something that was big for me. Um, another thing was the community that surrounds it. Um, coming from Raypeck High School, it was there. The town, like, the town shuts down for those high school games. I mean, it was, you know, unbelievable the support we got, and that was the same thing for Pittsburgh. You know, it's, it's, a, small, it's a smaller town. Um, but it's, you know, it shuts down. They, we have, you know, we always talk about it. We have the best, um, the best division two stadium in the country. Um, and we have an atmosphere like a division one, whether, you know, it's, whether it's pregame or during the game. And that was something that I wanted to play in, um, for games. You know, that makes it, that gives the game extra hype when you have, you know, 10, 15,000 fans at a Division Two game, which doesn't sound like a lot, but when you pack when you pack a stadium like we had, you know it makes all the difference in the world. So, right, um, and you know the the coaching staff, the coaching staff was great when I got there. You know they they were you know they were genuine. They showed genuine interest. Um, you know they wanted you as a player to succeed um, on the field. You know in the classroom, that was a big thing for them to you know get your degree. Um, because, you know, a lot of Division two players, they don't have a chance to play football after college. So, sure. you know, they they had a huge focus on getting your degree. So, um, those you know, those three aspects in choosing a college were big for me. And Pittsburgh State had all of those. And, you know, it, it was a great decision because, you know, we did. We did win conference championships. We did win a national championship. So, everything that I went there for happened. And I'll, I'll jump back to Justin for a second. What made you 
I mean, you told me sort of how you found yourself to, to Kentucky State. What did you find when you got to Kentucky State? How, you know, you've obviously a guy that almost went to Central Michigan. You played a little bit of JC, or you or started at least at a JC. Now you find yourself, you know, at a thoroughbred at Kentucky State. What was that program like when you found it, and who were the coaches that you, you grew close to? Oh, man. Uh, I got to Kentucky State, and, you know, um, I walk in the door at the stadium. It, it, it was um, walking the facility. You know, um, it's my first time really, you know, being to going to a facility besides uh, Central Michigan's or whatever. And it was a, it was a, it was a enormous, you know, downgrade because, you know, it was, it was, it was enormous. It was, it was definitely enormous. But um, I was, uh, I was thinking, I was just thinking that I was here for a purpose and. My purpose was to play football, no matter the conditions, no matter, you know, what what I got to do. So um, I'm very, I was being very optimistic about it. You know, I got there. Um, the program was, uh, it was coming off. Um, the program was coming off a year where they had two thousand yard rushers. Mm-hmm. So I was, I was kind of glad about that. But they was, they was coming. Both of them was coming back. You know. And uh, I'm I'm coming in and I'm a guy and I'm like okay they got you know they got good backs so mm-hmm. I'm like I'm like well I'm pretty good myself and they bring in um <laughs> they, they bring they bring in um they bring in two other they bring in two other backs they bring in another back which is supposed to be the best back in Kentucky at the time um, he had uh, offers from Louisville and stuff like well. He, committed to Louisville but he got hurt and he didn't wanna um they didn't want to give him a scholarship so he comes to Kentucky State. So I'm like, uh, you know, I'm a competitor, you know, at heart. So I'm I'm looking forward to I'm looking forward to everything. You're thinking, day. man, that guy, man, he's gonna be so disappointed when he finds out he's gonna be back at me up is what you're thinking. Yeah, oh yeah, I'm I'm thinking that. I'm 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 telling him I'm I'm in my head I'm I'm like you know, I, I, you know, you guys, but you know, none of these guys, not not knocking them. None of these guys, you know, I none of these guys are from where I'm from. So I don't know if they play the same style of football that I play in Florida because you know we we do we play football all year round. It's a nonstop thing for me. You know, I know right. it's especially you get cold. You you can't play all year. Y'all, y'all got to do other things. So I'm like, in my head, I'm like, uh, I might have a little advantage over these guys. So, um, one of them, one of them turns out to be one of my closest friends I ever, I ever could have, was was Jacquees Lockett. He's he's yeah. six two, two hundred and twenty pounds. I, I've seen I'm, Mr. Lockett's work. <laughs> oh yeah. So he he's now this is my running mate. He 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 he's six two, two hundred and twenty pounds. And I'm. Mean, it's like you and, and and I know that when the coaches see all us standing together, it's like there's no way he's gonna be backing up Justin. You know, and and I know the team was thinking like there's no way this kid's gonna back up this kid. I'm. I come in. I was a what of uh, 170 pounds. But <laughs> but the, I mean, oh man, Mr. Crowd. The, the minute I the minute we stepped on the field, they. 
they knew. They was the coaches knew that this it was like this this guy's might he's different. He's he's not like he's not like this. Um uh from day one it was I they they made me play everything. Especially like my my soft my freshman year, I was the only one that was supposed to 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 play. They didn't want to burn my red shirt because we started having a bad year. So we um coach was like, you know, the year's not going that well. We don't we don't we don't we don't, we, we we want you for future for future future purposes. That's kind of how he put it to me. And I was like, okay, you know. So I, I decided to just, you know, keep doing what I was doing. Go hard every day in practice, learn my playbook, learn my terminology. You know, I'm I'm new to college, so, uh, you know, I could still use some time to grow and build, get strong and stuff like that, so I just used that time. And, and what kind of – tell me about the playbook and terminology. What kind of scheme were you guys running when you first got there? Uh, when I first got there, it was a, it was a like um, an off-eye approach style offense. Mm-hmm. You know, where not it wasn't a traditional eye, eye formation offense. It was more strong, weak type of um, pro style offense. You know, a little shotgun, but we was a predominantly run team, run first yeah. team. You so, were the most run first team in your, I mean, in the conference, yeah. and I would say probably one of the more run heavy teams in all all of D two. Yeah, um, I would definitely, I would definitely say that it was it was definitely like. Eighty-five percent run, <laughs> maybe fifteen percent <laughs> pass. Um, right. So um, we go into uh, we we get started, and the following year, you know, um, I take off. Boom. Um, oh man, I I take off. Uh, we had a senior running back, and you had, and, and it was me and Jock Jock um, the the running back that was um, the number one running back from Kentucky, he wound up not even getting a chance to play at all. Um, but the growth that I had between my my redshirt year and going into my my freshman year playing, it was it was it was tremendous. Like I had I, I had you know I had gotten so much better that I was you know I I felt like I could. I could play any anywhere, any any with anybody, and it was it was it was I I took off from there. Okay, and what was your people about welcome to to college moment? What was the moment when you realized this was different from high school? What separated? What was that moment when you suddenly realized this? I'm not playing high school ball anymore. Um. Oh man. I never actually. I, I've never really. Um, I would never say I got hit to where it was. Just, I've never really been hit hard at all. Oh, really? So I don't think I got. I, don't think I, <laughs> I I've never really got hit. I'm, and that's crazy that I can actually say that playing being a four-year starter and playing running back. So it's like, um, ooh, so, but. Um, you need to knock on wood or something, because I've never yeah. known anybody who played running back one whole year, let alone four whole years, who didn't get lit up at least once. Like, yeah, I, I might have caught a blitzer or whatever, but I've never been like blown up or you know had to get hit and get out the game. I've never, I've actually never had, 
I've never been hit that way. So I've, I've been fortunate to um to uh, to I can fortunate to be able to say that. <laughs> but um I think that one of my one of my one of my favorite college moments would be my very first game. My very first game. Um uh man, I catch my very first pass, my very first catch goes for the first touchdown of the season which was a forty seven yard touchdown, the first touchdown of the season. And um uh it it was just it was just an amazing feeling. You know, I uh, my first college catch goes for a touchdown and it's like, oh my God, it's it was a uh, it was a it was a great moment for me, you know. And um it it, it kinda just it kinda just started something that that uh that that would just take me on the road for four years. Yeah, I'm gonna jump over to, to Gavin and ask him sort of a similar question. So like you said, it's a great atmosphere. My my good friend Kurt Popejoy, who is a uh Pittsburgh State gorilla. Uh, graduate constantly is telling me I've got to get down there for a game day, and uh, raves incessantly about uh, what a great atmosphere it is. And I I come from Norfolk and played at Norfolk State, and by played I mean uh, stood on the bench or stood by the sidelines and sat on the bench, and was laid through on special teams. You know, I ran down on on uh, on kickoff. That's what I mean by played. You know, those I, I realized. I was going pro in something other than sports by about by by about the age of twenty. It was pretty clear the dream was about to die, but uh, <laughs> but but you, you get there to Pittsburgh State. What was what was your welcome to the college moment? What was the thing that sort of woke you up to the fact that this was a slightly different game than the one you played in high school, Gavin? Um, like Justin said, I never really got smacked too bad, but uh, as a receiver either. But um, my first welcome to college was probably that first fall camp. Um, the first fall camp, I mean, you know, we had – it's a lot different than it is now. We had, like, two full weeks of um, two-a-days. We had probably two or three three-a-days. So you could um, play for Fitzgerald Barry is what you're trying to tell me. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, that was my welcome to college because, you know, you never had – we never had that in high school. You know, we had a couple two-a-days. Yeah. Right before you know, right before school started, and that was it. And then it was you know practice right after school. Um, but you know we had we came in two weeks early and had a two day every day. Um, you know sometimes three. So you know we we got after it then. Um, and that first uh, you know the first the first Pittsburgh State home game. That I because I never experienced it as a high school student. I never went and watched Pittsburgh State. Um, basically, because I didn't know who they were until they came to my school. That's a good uh, reason not to do it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, um, you know, that first home game was that was that was real for me when I got to you know suit up for it. Not maybe not even suit up for the as a freshman, you know, because we we got the big you know big jumbotron and uh, we had a huge you know blow up gorilla that goes on the track that stands. Yes, probably the gorilla 30. is my favorite thing. I love the gorilla. Oh yeah, it's probably you know about thirty or forty feet tall, um, and then you know just packed. You know we got twelve, thirteen thousand fans there, and then it's got you know you score a touchdown, the cannon goes off. You got King Kong on the jungle tron, and 
I mean, just that whole experience was, you know, this is something, you know, bigger than high school. This is, you know, this is a, you know, a great place to be. So, um, with a mixture of those things, it was, okay. you know, that was that was college football for me. Perfect. I'm going to open it up to my uh, co-host Jim Coburn. Jim, what questions do you have for our first two guests? For Gavin Lutman, wide receiver from Pittsburgh State, or running back Justin uh, Williams from Kentucky State University? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I guess. Hmm. How, how much have you guys gotten to so far? I just wonder. I'm we're, sorry. We're just, can, you re- can you repeat yeah, that? Well, just, oh, Jim was just asking me a question there. So. We've gotten sort of to the how they got to the schools where they started their college careers and a little bit about their sort of introduction to college football. So that's where we are. Oh, okay. Uh, well, I guess I guess my first question would be in terms of uh, in terms of the types of schemes that you guys were in. If you could just talk a little bit about the type of offenses that you both were in and how they like to use you in that particular offense uh, a little bit. Uh, 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 which one? Uh, Gavin can go first. Is, uh, is, is, doesn't matter. Or is it open floor? Oh, it's open floor. You can go. You can, you can go ahead. Oh, well, um, uh, my first – I was – in my offense, I was, uh, you could call me, um, they pretty much used me for era. any offensive place that they could put me, I was there. Um, I went, I played a uh, running back, I played wide right receiver, um, I played uh, quarterback. <laughs> so um, I was, I was, I was the guy who just went to, I went to where the team needed me, um, pretty much. Um, um, I had to play my sophomore year. I played, I played, I played a lot of quarterback my sophomore year um, for some odd reason. <laughs> but um, it was, it was, it was that was definitely different because you know I'm not a quarterback. Even though I did uh, have to throw the ball a little bit, um, it, I ran a lot. Yeah, by a lot he means he means he threw the ball about thirty some odd times um, that whole season. It seems like, <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I don't even think it was thirty times. I don't even think uh, they didn't. We didn't even have thirty design passes for me. It was mostly design runs. And, you know, we had a quarterback, but it wasn't. It was um, he uh, he had got us some trouble. He could not finish the season, so. We go with we plan in the Chicago Classic and I saw that. Go, go ahead. We get to uh we get to the stadium and the coach is like Justin, we need you to go um we need you to go warm up. Wait, <laughs> that's you know, wait, hold on, hold on. Justin, Justin, that's how you found out you're playing QB? Yeah. Ah. Um right oh, wow. right Well we at the hotel and our quarterback gets gets in some trouble. So um we uh, we riding on the bus. You know, coaches. He's in the front. I'm in the, about the middle of the bus. You know, and um, he calls me to the front of the bus, and he's like, "Justin, I don't, you know, our backup quarterback. You know, he just got hurt the game before. His his hand is hurt. You know, we don't we don't have any quarterbacks. 
you know, Justin, you told me that you can, we know that we know that you can throw. I'm like, yeah, coach, I can throw. I ain't no quarterback, coach. So he's like, um, you know, we going, we finna play Albany State. This is one of our rivals, one of the one of the bigger schools in our conference, you know. And we we and coaches, we finally get to the stadium, and he's like, Justin, yeah, I need you to one more until he can't play. And in my head, I'm like, coach, we we finna play about front of about thirty thousand people, coach. I don't. You you asking me to do something I've never done, but you know I go out I go out there I warm up and kick off. Um, so I have to play every snap at quarterback for the first time in my life. I'm at I've I've done the you know I've done the the Wildcat stuff. Yeah, that's one or two plays. Right, but but just to just to clarify, not in Pop Warner, not in high school, not, not in high school. school. Stop playing around with your boys in the backyard. Except for maybe that. <laughs> maybe. And um I'm I'm the starting quarterback for my team in the biggest game of the season. <laughs> uh, well first of all, my hat's off to you. I didn't know you found out that late in the game. So my hat's off to you that you didn't just basically lose every bit of whatever was inside your body all over yourself. Oh my gosh! I don't know. like. Yeah, my heart was beating so fast. I thought I was having a heart attack because you know this is this is not no this is not this is not a this is not a game. This is not a home game. This is not nope. you know an away game. Nope. This is the Chicago Classic, coach. It, uh, it is the biggest game you're going to play all season. All season. So we 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 get in the game, you know. He calls he calls a couple runs for me. You know he gets you know I'm starting to warm up a little bit. Um, and so we get we get down seven. We get down seven. And in that next drive we 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 get stopped. We stall him out. We get the ball back. Um, I complete a 52 yard pass down the field. And then I run it in for a touchdown on the next play. So we, we now we tied. We tied, and I'm tied. I done completed a 52 yard pass, and I and I tied the game up in the Chicago Classic. Um, my, I don't know where my mind was at at that point. I'm I'm now I'm at a point now where I'm just like, I couldn't believe it actually. And um, so. We get we get out of halftime. We go into halftime. It's uh, it's tied at halftime. If I'm not mistaken, it's tied at halftime. They get out. They get um, we get out of halftime. They go down and they they score. We get the ball back. We um, now we have our we have our we we had to pull our what our third because Jock Jock was hurt, so we couldn't have Jock. So we had our third or fourth string running back in and we have two fumbles. We get two fumbles back to back and we lose both of them. But we only give up about three points. So now it's um it's seventeen to seven. And coach is like, Justin, we gotta throw the ball. I'm like coach, we should have been throwing the ball. And I I complete an 80-yard drive, and I cap it off with a run-in for a touchdown. 
Um, I think I completed five passes on this drive, and I capped it off with, with a run. And the last what is now is after that it was like um maybe maybe a minute and fifteen seconds left in the game and I just finished the eighty yard drive and we down three points. Um we get the ball back but it we, we was about to get the ball back but they got like eight seconds so eight, the the punter he doesn't and he puts me back there on punt return like Justin you gotta go back there on punt return so you gotta catch the Because why not? <laughs> He's like, you gotta catch this punt, man. You like, I'm like, coach, if he kick it to me, I'm big. I'm it's going, it's going to the house, coach. This is what I'm telling you, coach. If he kick it, he's like, we think he, we don't know, we don't know if he's gonna catch it and run around. But if he kicks it, Justin, you gotta take it to the house. It's only we're gonna win. And he doesn't kick it. He he catches it and he takes off running for uh, the whole eight seconds. And I'm like, oh my god, oh, god. it wasn't, I guess, it wasn't meant to be. It wasn't my it wasn't my moment. Yeah. But well yeah, that's how I would argue I would argue it was your moment. I mean you guys didn't get the victory, but I didn't know the full story. I did know that it's like quarterback. I mean I I knew who you were and I didn't know you played quarterback and I guess you're telling me you didn't I thought at least you had some quarterback in your background. I did not know that you had never played quarterback in the competitive organized game in your life until that day. Never. Not not one Snap. <laughs> that makes your, your – your, it was a fairly impressive – I thought you at least were on the depth chart somewhere at quarterback before that, you know, third, fourth, something. No. Knowing now – I saw that game, and knowing now what I know, I mean, I thought it was a pretty courageous and, and decent performance for a guy that I knew hadn't played a lot of quarterback. I didn't know you played no quarterback. That's amazing. <laughs> never, never in my life have I ever – I never. I don't think I've ever heard of that. I don't think. I mean, I've been around this game a long time. I don't think I've ever heard of a guy who never played quarterback ever in his life being made the starting quarterback. Not even before a game, but if you played out before the big season. Did your coaches yeah. ever tell you why? Why you basically, as opposed to guys who at least had played some quarterback somewhere in their lives? Um, I just, I just, cause, because coach. He would he would rely on me to do. He would just put it on my back, you know. And, yeah. and and me, I'm not I'm not I'm, I love I love a challenge, and you know it was just something that it had it was just something that it had to be. Justin, you 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 know you one of our best you're our best offensive weapon. That's and you know that's what they that's what they call me call me O W J U the O W. That's what they call me. You the O W. So what's O W offensive weapon? Wherever you need to be. I need you to go there and do do whatever I need you to do. Okay, so Gavin, now you got to top it. Tell us about the game when you were the defensive MVP. You know, played bike linebacker, played both ways. Something <laughs> you got to top this. I know you punch it, sub. Yeah. So now for the boring, now for the boring part of the show. <laughs> um, <laughs> now we, uh, you know, Pittsburgh, we stayed with the convention. We stayed with the you know pistol offense. Um, you know, they're known for running you know veer and all that stuff run inside zone. So, um, when I, you know, when I first got there, it was still basic predominant um, running offense. Then we got a new offensive coordinator who tried to introduce some um, spread, a little bit of spread. So we had, you know, a mix with the inside zone and spread. Um, my early my early years, I got bounced, you know, bounced around um, between, you know, slot, outside, receiver, um, 
But, you know, later in my career, I was predominant outside, you know, uh, played X, X receiver um, to get a lot of, you know, into the boundary one-on-one matchups um, is what, you know, they use me, use me for um, just, you know, due to size and, you know, deceptive speed. Uh, so I would be able to outrun those corners. Okay, stop uh, saying deceptive. You're just plain old fast. There's nothing deceptive <laughs> about it. You are just, we, let's, let's, let's stop doing this. Let's stop calling every white dude speed who can run deceptive. Don <laughs> Beebe wasn't deceptive. <laughs> you are not deceptive. You can, you are a blazer. You can fly. Just say I'm fast. Hey, the only reason I call it deceptive is because people watch film and and I got told that it was a you know four seven speed, and then I and then I and then I go out and run four four, and so that's why that's why I call it deceptive. Well, that's because they saw that you were white and six foot three. And so immediately they think, well, white and six foot three equals four foot four seven. But no, you were a tremendous track athlete, and if you stuck with track, you probably would have been an even better track athlete. Um, but anyone who watches you on tape and thought you were four seven doesn't know how to watch tape. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't, I don't disagree with that. But no, uh, yeah, so I was, so you can run. But go ahead. Yeah, so I was just, I was, you know, a lot of backside one-on-one stuff. We had a lot of uh, run-pass option plays, which were my my favorite to run, uh, just because, you know, it gives you a chance to, you know, read defenses and whatever they do is going to work to your advantage because you're going to, you know, you're going to do the opposite of what they got showing on defense. So um, I was um, the number one option a lot of times for the run-pass options. Um, you can just a big body receiver running an inside slant or, you know, whatever the case may be. But um, that's what I, you know, that's what I was used for. I didn't, you know, I didn't play defensive end for a game and get like six sacks to win the game or nothing crazy like that. I never got the opportunity to play quarterback, even though in practice, you know, I thought I was an all-American quarterback. Um, but, you know, I was a big body receiver, had, you know, had the size, and speed over, you know, a lot of corners, and um, we just play that to our ability because I got a lot of one-on-one matchups um, being that ex, being that backside receiver, you know, away from the tight end. And tell us about how life changes when you're playing, like, H or Y or whatever, whatever you could, they call a slot in your system, versus playing X or Z. Like, how how was your life different when they moved you outside from when you lined up over the slot? Um... I played I played H uh, a little bit sophomore and junior year. Um and our offense it almost it either se- it seems like you're running, you know, vertical seams or out routes is a lot of you know, a lot of offenses for slot. You're either gonna run a quick out or you're gonna run a seam. Mm-hmm. Um and that you're matched up against linebackers. Um whether it's gonna be blocking whether it's blocking or you know route running, you're going to be up against the linebacker. So there, you know, so you should have the you should have the advantage um, in any passing situation since you're going to be matched up against, you know, mainly a linebacker who had, doesn't have as good as hips. Or you're going to be playing a safety that is off, you know, ten, twelve yards, and the quick out is open all day. Um, right. So that, uh, or you know, out, go, moving back outside, um, you're gonna, you know, you're gonna run your more, you know, traditional. You're gonna run your curls, your comebacks. Um, you're gonna have your quick game, your slants, but and then the outside verticals is is 
a lot of one-on-one -on -one coverage is what you know I experience is the slot. You're going to see a lot of zone, more zone coverage off man. Um, outside, you're going to see you know we got a lot of press in our conference. Um, so, you know that's the biggest difference that I saw from playing inside to outside was you know those different route combinations and different coverages that you'd see. Okay, Jim, what other questions do you have for, for Justin and, and Gavin? Well, <laughs> I guess the next would be who were the sort of players that you went up against on the defense side of the ball that gave you the toughest uh, matchups uh, in terms of, uh, you know, normally, you know, as you said, you know, normally you go up against zone, which is uh, – pretty much open all day, you know, for the most part because of how far back they are. But was there any moments where you went up against a guy that they they really singled up on you or or just a, a guy that had really good recovery speed or anything like that when you were uh, playing? Um, for me, it was uh, – we played Fort Hayes State. It was probably the third or fourth game of the season, and um, they had a lot of Pittsburgh State coaches on their staff, um, which obviously in the end played advantage to them. But they ran um, every third down. They ran. They doubled every time. Um, they would have. They would slide a linebacker out press coverage, and then they would play the, the corner probably about 10 yards off for the secondary coverage. Um, you know, so that was a big game. That was that was an eye-opener for me um, of, hey, you're going to be getting doubled a lot more this season than you have in past seasons um, just because of that. Um, but in terms of, you know, one-on-one -on -one coverage, we played um, – Harding in the first round of the, Harding University in the second or in the first round of the playoffs, mm. um, and having a having a full season of film, um, they their corners did a very good job of you know watching film because um, having you know having eleven games to watch, you they you know you can watch tendencies and receiver tendencies and things like that. So you know the first couple routes. I was like, dang, you know, these corners are these corners are pretty good on man on man coverage. And I was like, well, that's because I'm doing the same stuff I've been doing all season and they know what I'm doing. So that was a game for me where I had to change on the fly. Um, you know, I had to change up, you know, my releases my release patterns and my hands and all that stuff, um, you know, to get away from that man coverage because they you know, they were one of those teams that loaded the box on us, um, to get pressure to the quarterback. So, um, you know, that was something that I had learned was that I had to do was, you know, change up, you know, stems and change up releases and stuff because, you know, these guys are watching, you know, they are watching what you do and they pay attention to what you do, you know, every move that you do so they can stop and try to lock you down. So um, that was something I learned is you got to change. I had to change that on the fly um, real quick because, you know, they were, they were paying attention and watching all those tendencies. So um, that was, those were two eye-opening mo moments for me. Um, from the you know their defensive side um, and watching how I play. And so Harding gave us a that game gave us a chance to see two wide receivers that people are, are talking about at your level. Obviously you and and Dutch Lockett. 
obviously you don't have to play against Mr. Lockett, uh, Bethel Lockett, but you, you obviously watched him on tape. What did you see, speaking as a wide receiver, when you saw you know that guy when you were getting ready to play Harding? Um, God, he, don't tell he's a great player. He's very explosive, very athletic. Um, and I think that he fit, he fit into Harding's offensive scheme very well. Um, you know, cause wing T that's what we've been talking about today. So that's, you know, that's what they ran and they were very, you know, they were very good at it. They were, you know, a very sound and, you know, fundamental football team. And they did, they hurt, you know, they hurt us a lot with their offense and he had two, two huge explosive plays that, you know, were probably 40 yards plus for touchdowns, you know, um, you know, and he was there, he was their guy. He was their receiving guy. He was the only, re- you know, the only receiver that they had because they, you know, they had three backs. So um, he's a very, you know, a very explosive player. He's probably the best way I would think to describe Luckett. Um, very, you know, very explosive, big, a big play guy. He reminds me of one of my friend Jim's favorite guys from a few years ago, uh, Albert Wilson. So, uh, Jim, what other questions do you have for Gavin and for Um, hmm. Well, I guess in terms of, uh, you know, you just mentioned uh, film study, uh, you know, and making sure that uh, you're catching the tendencies. Uh, how much does film study play into, you know, like a week-to-week basis? So if you were say, yeah, you just finished up a game uh, and then now you're going to the next game, what, what would that whole process be uh, in terms of, uh, you know, how that kind of works? You know, do the, do the coaches usually point, you know, different position coaches point stuff to you and go, hey, you know, check out this thing or, or is it all sort of, hey, here's the film and, you know, watch it together or, you know, or how exactly would that whole process go? Oh. Well for us at um well for me it was uh we 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 watched ours um we watched ours as um positions. It was um we'll watch our position coach we'll 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 get with our position coaches and we'll watch them pretty we'll watch them all week pretty much. And you know, we had a we had set days where we had to watch film on our own. Well just um not without the coaches so it was um it was pretty much a every film was an everyday thing. It was um, and it was all week until game almost about, and shoot, day before the game actually you, we even watched film day before the game as well. Okay. Um, for us at Pittsburgh, yeah, uh, yeah for, at Pittsburgh we watched uh, you know after a Saturday game we come in Sunday as an offensive unit um, and watch as an entire offense. Um, QBs, running backs, and receivers would all watch it together um, with our offensive coordinator. He would point things out, and then we would kind of be sitting in our position groups um, and, you know, discuss some things with our position coach. Um, Mondays were our day off, so that was the day for us um, to come in individually between, you know, class schedules and things like that to come up and watch it on our own. And then we would watch – um, film as position groups during the week, probably, probably uh, two days, one, two days during the week um, as a group with our position coach, um, you know, to kind of set us up for the, the following week 
and then after that, it was um, a lot of it was on our own. Um, he would point, you know, he would point out coverages and give us some tendencies um, to kind of give us an intro to the defense that we were playing that week. Uh, and then after and after that session, it was on our own, you know, to to get in and hit it hard. Okay. Let me check to see if any of our other guests have hopped on. Uh, I wonder if Nash or Isaac has joined us yet. Yeah. I'll check on them momentarily. Uh, okay, continue. Oh, uh, oh. well, <laughs> sure. Uh, well, my next sort of question would be uh, in terms of, you know, I guess in terms of uh, the sort of postseason, you know, activities, uh, you know, all-star games, uh, you know, just, I don't know, anything like that. Were any of you guys invited to any all-star sort of events? Um or any sort of meet and greet type things, or you know, the, I mean, there's usually a bunch of different things. But um, if you were invited, uh, what? Probably yeah. So, experience. what kind of postseason honors, awards, or uh, all star games might you guys have been selected or invited to? Please ask. Oh, uh, um, I was invited to a couple um, these. Uh, a couple of all-star games I went to. Only I only went to one. That was the uh, FCS Bowl down down in Miami, Florida at FIU. Um, I was what was that? To, what was that experience like to, for you? For that? It was. It was. It was. It was. It was. It was pretty good. It was. Um. But it wasn't like what I thought it would be. It was. Um. It was. Um. It was. It wasn't as organized as I thought it would be. I thought it would be better organized, but overall, it was it was it was okay. It was um we had we only had uh two days two days of practice before we'd uh we play in the game, and um, it was it was just a, it was a lot to cram in in two days for a whole game. Well, at least we didn't make you play quarterback. Uh, I didn't have to play quarterback. That's that's for sure. But um. Uh, it was uh, it was it was it was uh, a lot of NFL teams there. It was uh, and it was it was a good experience. It was just a good experience to be around, you know, different players from different all around, all around the country, and you know, just uh, you know, talk and hang out and you know, meet people. You got a chance. I got a chance to meet all types of people, coaches and players. And it was just so, a good experience. Yeah, right. Who really caught your eye? Uh, whether it be a player or a coach, who really who really got your attention that from down there? Who did you get to meet that you know you said, "Oh wow, I'm glad I got to meet so and so." Oh man, um, I think it would have to be. Uh, um, well, I had, I've met him before, but he uh, he uh, he came to the game, and it was it was um, it was just good to good to know that he came to. Uh, I I told him about it, and he and he came. Uh, and that would be uh, Josh Freeman. I met a uh, I met Josh Freeman last summer. We um we we was um we was working out we worked out together last summer, and um, he okay. came to, he came to the he came to the game to you know show some support and that, that was that was real cool. I thought that, that was, is I, 
I thought that a, was a lot cool. of people a lot of people don't have great things to say about Josh Freeman, and all the people I've known who personally knew him have good things to say, but some people seem to think he's aloof or he doesn't really love football. I hear kinds of sort of strange things. From what you know of Josh Freeman, how would you describe him? What kind of guy would you say he is? Oh, uh, Josh Freeman. Oh, man, from well, when I met him, you know, he's, um, I met him last summer, and we, um, we, uh, the, I was working out at, um, this company was, um, Marmoritos down here in Florida, mm-hmm. and, um, he needed, right. he Bill Marmorito. Yep, Bill Marmorito. He needed some guys to, um, he needed some guys to throw to. You know, and you know they they got we got we players, so they they call us and like, hey, we got Josh Freeman. You want to go throw? You know, we get down there. I mean, he's real. He's real, he was real charismatic and you know, enthusiastic. Hey guys, how y'all doing? Um, you know, he introduced himself and you know, and whatever we want, whatever he whatever we wanted, he was he was throwing it to us. We, we shoot, I think he was out there for about two hours, <laughs> two hours, and he was he was um, but his. It, it was. What, it what, was kind of, what kind of ball does he throw? Would you say? Oh, he might. <laughs> that guy got a. Um, he he got a. He got a tight. He got a tight ball. Uh, nah. <laughs> oh man, like coming from high, coming from college and you know seeing a, a, a NFL quarterback getting a ball from an NFL quarterback was definitely two different balls I was getting. So. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it probably got on maybe, a little faster than it used to. I'm guessing, right? Uh, it the first couple, I the first about five passes, they caught me off guard. I had to, it took me a little warming up, and you know, and um, uh, I was out there with uh, it was uh, one other guy. I was out there with um, uh, I think one of the um, one of the um, tight ends from the Lions. He was out there, and he was just like. You just got to get your head around, <laughs> and, and, and I I definitely had to get my head around. But he 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 oh man, it was, he could throw with he can he can throw he can throw a football. That's without a doubt. I can't speak for what he does when he's with the team or how that he can throw a football. <laughs> uh, sure. That's that that's without a he, he's a giant man. Jeez, I didn't know he was that huge of a man. He was like six six. But he's huge. He's, he's about two forty eight. Yeah, he's a good sized dude. <laughs> so he he's he he but he can um we, we but before we ended every workout we would throw he would throw us two he would throw us two uh deep balls. Mm-hmm. And they had to go for seventy yards almost. He didn't throw the ball <laughs> until I was about forty yards down the field. <laughs> He didn't throw the ball. He, he wouldn't throw the ball until I was about 40 yards down the field. And I would still have to top out almost at full speed to even catch up to the ball. So it was uh, – that was definitely, that was definitely something that I took into took into my season uh, this year that just passed. And it was like, yeah, I got a chance. Y'all missed out. Y'all missed out. I got a chance to work out with NFL quarterback. I'm ready for whatever y'all got for me this year. <laughs> I'm going to assume that that's the strongest arm you've ever seen in person is Josh Freeman. Yeah, definitely. Definitely the strongest arm I have ever seen in person. Right. Um, same question for you, Gavin. Uh, what kind of, as you got through the sort of the last part of your career, what kind of postseason accolades and attention and selections to teams and, and honors did you receive? 
Um, I didn't. I didn't uh, personally get invites to you know any of the, any of those you know bowl games, senior games, or anything like that. Uh, we were trying to get into the NFLPA game. Yeah, I thought we were going to get an invitation to that. Yeah, we. I, I was trying to get in there and the Gridiron Classic, the new bowl this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but I made a. I mean, I guess it's a good and a bad mistake. Um, my mom, my mother had bought me. Um, she paid for a cruise at in the beginning of January. To, we went on a cruise for a week for a graduation in December. So that was right in the middle of all of those bowl games. So that really, you know, that really uh, took away my chances of getting into any of those games because they had started practice, you know, either the day I got back or um, the selection process had already, you know, had already gone through. So. Um, that hurt, you know, any chance that I had of getting into those games, which, you know, that would have been a good chance to, you know, play against yeah, the bigger town. I can't speak for the Gridiron Classic, but I know for a fact, because I talked regularly to somebody connected with NFLPA, that they had a strong interest in you. Yeah, it was it was a bad day. I was kind of upset with myself that I, you know, took that chance um, and went on that cruise. But, you know, it is what it is. and. Uh, well, well, okay. Before we depart, was at least a good cruise. <laughs> oh yeah, of course it was a good cruise. I had a great time. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, okay. I want to make sure because otherwise we end on a really down note here, Kevin. Um, so nah. where, where, where'd you go on the cruise? Um, we went to Cozumel, Belize, and Honduras. Oh, all right. Okay, so now I don't feel so bad. Okay, this is this is getting this is a little bit better. Yeah, but I mean, I you know I would have rather not rather, but I will, I wanted to play in one of those games just to you know. Big question is you know can they play against you know yep. bigger talent and yes, stuff like that's that. That's always and, the question. Yeah, and I don't think you know I don't think there's any doubt in that. But it would have been nice you know to, you know prove yourself and play against some bigger name guys. You know have that you know, meet some other guys from different schools and just go through that whole process. So, you know, there's pros and cons to the cruise. Right. So. Sure. Well, at NFLPA, the small school receiver that everybody sort of woke up to is DeAndre Carter, who I'm a huge fan of. I would love to have seen you there, of course, because I've enjoyed your game as well. And and I I think you would have – we'll talk about this a little bit. I mean, obviously, Kentucky State had some quarterbacking – adventures, as was just explained to us by Justin. Um, what was the quarterback situation for you at Pittsburgh State in your in your career there? Um, it was great. My uh early on in my career we you know we bounced between two quarterbacks. Um we you know they they say you have two quarterbacks, you have none. So, you know, that didn't help us out too well in my first couple of years, but um we had a great quarterback in Zach Dickey. He was a, uh, you know, yes, yeah. He yes. was a this good he was a great, athlete too. Yeah, yeah. He was a great, you know, he was a great athlete. He was a, um, he was a big run first guy, um, which fit our offense perfect. But then he had the capability, you know, when we needed to pass, you know, he could make it happen. Um, and then the, you know, final two years of my career, we had um, Anthony Abanoa, um, from Blue Valley High School in Kansas, um, probably one of the the strongest arm kids. I've ever played with. Um, and then the the receiver we had, John Brown, said that he was equivalent to 
velocity-wise, he was equivalent to Carson Palmer. So, um, with us talking, you know, he that helped that helped me out with the you know, you know, the speed of the ball that comes out of his hand, having to turn around quick. Um, you know, that helped me out. Um, I think going, you know, going on moving forward to the next level is I had a, you know, I had that caliber quarterback. And, and you just he, mentioned, obviously, that you, you still speak to John Brown. Uh, what, how has that helped you? What kind of things do you guys discuss when you talk to John? Um, you know, actually, I haven't had a whole lot of connection with him, um, you know, since he's been playing. Because, um, you know, I <clears throat> tried getting some, you know, some speed tips from him. You know, before all that happened, but you know, he was, you know, he was caught up. He was in his stuff and working hard, trying to, you know, get to where he needs to go. So, um, you know, but that's something that I, that I would love, you know, to take away from him is his his speed is unbelievable hmm. and just, you know, quickness. Um, try to, to try to take from him, but um, yeah, yeah, we have something deceptive know, about his speed. It's his speed announces itself immediately. Oh yes, no doubt, no doubt. Um, but yeah, I was, you know, I was, you know, very lucky to have the quarterback that I did. Um, you know, because with his arm strength, you know, I think it. The other quarterbacks that we had in Division Two didn't have, you know, quite the arm strength that, you know, an elite quarterback would have. But you know, he was he was right there with the best, and I believe that he had a chance you know, to play at the next level. Um, but he played our entire entire senior season with a torn ACL. Um, so he had to, you know, have surgery on that before he takes his chance at playing at the next level. Okay. Uh, any other questions you might have for either Gavin or for Justin, Jim? Uh, well, I guess uh, in terms of uh, pro days, uh, which I'm not 100% sure if each of you – I mean, it's pretty late in the process, so probably, but um, in terms of your pro day experience, um, how did that How did that whole thing go? And, and of course, uh, you know, how did you do number-wise, I guess, in terms of, you know, 40, short fill, three-cone, vertical, stuff like that? Um, well, for me, we, um, I had my school doesn't doesn't have a doesn't have a pro day. We didn't have a pro day, so um, I was um, I had to do mine at at Murray State, and um, so I did mine at Murray State. It was um, um, I felt my numbers were 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 were, were not not what they not. Not what they could have been. Um, I had a 30-inch vertical. I had a 9-8 broad jump, and I had um, I had 12 reps on the bench, and I had a 4-5-40. But the and I went. And the wind was blowing at 20 miles an hour, you know. And the guys was like, "We still got to run." I'm like, "They don't have an indoor facility, so we um we had to run outside." I'm I know I'm I'm a four four low four four maybe four three guy. I'm like this four five is not that's not what I wanted. So I was a little disappointed in that regard. But you know my um my cone drill was a I think it was a I ran a six nine 
and I had my my uh, my my settle was a four flat. All respectable numbers, you know. All respectable numbers. Uh, even even if you didn't get four 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 five, not bad. You know, that's pretty good. Hopefully, man. Um, if, were there any scouts or anybody that were at that particular pro day that? Because uh, I know a lot of times, you know, at the pro days you show out and then usually get more interest and stuff like that. Did any of that stuff happen? Yeah, we got a um the one team that it was um I think we only had about. Five teams at this at my pro day was um, Tampa Bay, the Jaguars, the Giants, the Raiders, and um, if I'm not mistaken, it was the Bengals and Cincinnati. And um, the two um, the Raiders, um, the Raiders been uh, been looking at me for a while. That's like my sophomore year, and um, Tampa Bay. Um, Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay, like me as well. But that's about those. Are, those are only two that I can think of. And I guess the same question for you, Gavin. Um, pro day for me was was good. Um, Pittsburgh State. We couldn't. They didn't come up with a date for their. Um, Pro day, so I got into um, Kansas pro day. Um, the experience was okay. It was uh, it was you know cold and windy, and it just yeah, kind of seemed I... um, unorganized. Because <laughs> um, I, I thought it was gonna you know something like you know something big like this, you know, real important. I thought it was gonna be a little bit more organized. You know, we didn't. I felt you know we way. didn't. We didn't get a whole time, a lot of time to, you know, warm up and prepare our bodies, you know, that, you know, that putting the work that we're about to go through in the pro day. Um, but, you know, other than all those things, uh, the numbers turned out good. Um, my bench press, I got only, I got a nine, nine reps on bench press. Um, my vert was like uh, 36, 36 to 36 and a half. Um, I couldn't, couldn't really recall which one it was, but um, I'll still take a 36. Um, broad jump was 10 feet 5 inches. My 40 was a 446. My shuttle was a 409. And my 60 yard shuttle was an 11 4, and I, and I slipped in that. Um, so I mean, overall, you know, pro day went well. We were at Kansas, so um, a lot of the attention was turned. Seemed like it was turned towards um, Kansas guys, which you know that's their you know that's their home, so it should be. Um, so we you know we had a, a bunch of non-Kansas guys that worked out kind of separately on two. We worked out on two different fields there. Um, and then we had. Pittsburgh Pro Day was actually the day after Kansas, um, so I didn't do any of the, um, you know, any of the drills, but I did some position work there um, at Pittsburgh the next day. Um, I believe at Kansas there were 
25 teams. 25 teams represented at Kansas, and then um, since they got all the numbers, there was two Pittsburgh guys at Kansas Pro Day, so they got all of their numbers they needed at Kansas. So they were, in return, there were only three guys that showed up um, in Pittsburgh the next day. Um, but I mean, overall experience, the number, you know, the numbers turned out good. Speaking of, you know, outside conditions and weather and things like that, um, they, you know, Pro Day was still a success in my eyes. Okay. Oh, man. We didn't even get a chance to do position drills at my pro day. They was they was trying to get out of there. Yeah, I we'll we'll talk off whatever. It, I am disappointed and upset. Um, I don't know if you guys heard about what happened to Jackson State this past year. Yeah, I, I heard thought, about that. I just thought it was unprofessional. Look, yeah. you get a check. They're paying you. You don't know if, who who some of these guys might be. You might find the next Walter Payton. How can you leave after? Good God, I'm just going to try to get upset about this, but it just blows my mind. It just blows my mind. Look, you're getting paid. It's a profession. You chose this profession. You could have been who knows what else, but you chose to be a scout, which lots of people would like to do, actually. It's a, it's a profession that it's difficult, but loads of people want to do it, and you're there. Do your job. Let the guys where do you have to be exactly that you couldn't stay for another hour? I, that's but just okay. Moving on. Um, there is still people say you know if you can play they'll find you blah blah blah. But if you're a small school guy, it all has to go right. You can't have one oh. thing go wrong. <laughs> you know you can't be a little too short or a little too this or a little too that or you can't have you know bad weather conditions. Everything has to go right for you to really get your shot. It helps if you have a teammate who brings loads of people to your pro day or if you get to go to a pro day that's well run or has a lot of scouts there. And uh, Mr. Coleman, who is a teammate of, of Ali Marpet, is going to talk about what that's been like for a school that had, I'm guessing, the biggest pro day in its however many years of football history. I'm going to guess it was the biggest Hobart pro day ever. Would that be true, Mr. Coleman? Yeah, it, it was uh, – uh, thanks for having me on the show. Um, it was very big for our school, for our program, wisely. And, like, it was very exciting for a lot of student, student athletes, current Hobart football teammates, and, like, other um, athletic director. It was pretty big at Hobart. Okay. So I want to – want you, I wanted just to, to speak to you for a moment. But hold there on the line. We're, we're wrapping up with our first two guests. Uh, Jim, what other questions do you have for Gavin and for Justin? Um, uh, that's that's all I can think of. Uh, all I can say is, you know, best of luck uh, to both of you um, going forward, and uh, hope, hopefully, hopefully, uh, they'll be able to hone in on a position. Um, and and hey, you know, you might have to start out with special teams. I mean, well, you're pretty much going to start out with special teams, but um, if you kind of nail that and uh, get really good with the position coach. Uh, you know, then, uh, hey, you know, you might end up uh, getting an opportunity somewhere, if, if, even if it's the CFL or somewhere else. Hey, you know, you got to make your shots. Yeah. Thank you. So yeah, Thank you. I appreciate that. So so I'm going to guess, we, we probably heard about Justin's most exciting and interesting game of his entire career. Gavin, what would be the game, if you were to show people one tape that sort of showed them who you were and what you were as a gorilla, what would be the game that you'd pull 
uh, that says, this is who I was? Um, game would be senior year, um, Emporia State. Oh, um, wow. Would be the game. The game that I would point That's out. That's a big rivalry, isn't it? Um, well, our, our conference got split into two, so we didn't play them for two years. Oh, wow. And Yes. And then they got um, – we had a couple teams drop conference, and we got to play them the next year. Um, and then the, the previous year they made it to the playoffs and we did it. So, um, you know, that was, that was a big game for us because, you know, we believe that we should have been the team to, you know, make the playoffs instead. So that was kind of a big game to, you know, say, you know, who, who really was, the, you know, the better team of the two um, at that point. But, um, you know, if you were to, you know, if I were to get judged off of one, you know, one game, one performance, you know, that would be, I think that would be it. You know, that that game to me started off, you know, my senior year and, you know, the rest of this history was a great game, the, you know, the best game that I've ever played, um, you know, high school or college. So uh, that would be a game that I would like to get judged off of. Okay. And, and obviously, Gavin, um, we've all heard the Jordy Nelson comparisons, largely because you're six three and white and can run, and, <laughs> and 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 largely because there are some legitimate similarities in the way that you play football. So it's not all just you know sort of the easy lazy scouting, as I call it. But who are some of the guys that influenced you as a player? Who are some of the guys that you like to games that like you know you have to watch the way they play and maybe take take elements of what they do and include it in the way you play. Right, and I mean, and Jordy Nelson, you know, is one of those guys um, that I would like to emulate. Um, another big player that I like to watch is um, Anquan Bolden. There we go. You know, he's, you know, he's not, you know, he's not, he's not the fastest receiver out there. You know? No, he's, he's you know, probably he's, one of I the think, slowest, in fact. Yeah, exactly. So I think, you know, I think he, you know, he, you know, never had a good forty time or whatnot. So, but he. He's all he's a big physical guy and he catches everything. He's got, you know, the strongest hands um yeah. you know, that I've some of the strongest hands that I've seen as a receiver. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's a big that's a big thing for me in my game is you have to have a large catch radius. You gotta catch anything and everything and you know and that's what I that's what I believe he does. So that is something that that I that I like you know, to show in my game and something that I like to watch him do and, um, and watch him play. And same question for you, Justin. Who do you sort of emulate? Who do you see in your game? Or who, you know, who are some of the guys that remind you of yourself when you watch them? Um, uh, I, see, I see a lot of, like, right. um, Lisa McCoy and Damar Charles in my game. Those guys, um, those guys will do. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm real. I know I can like, um, I'm real quick. I'm real. I can stop on a dime. I can change directions. I can catch the ball. Um, you know, so I I can line up outside. I can line up. I you know I can line up inside. I can run between the tackles. I can run outside. So it's I see a lot of my I see a lot of myself, especially in the um. In that in that zone scheme, when it comes to running the ball, like like the Chiefs have, or the zone read when they um like the Philadelphia has, I can I definitely see myself. I see I see a little bit of their game in my game as well, you know. Or or Reggie Bush as well. 
because oh, there you go. <laughs> Let's toss him in for flavor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so uh, Reggie Bush, LaShawn McCoy, Jamal Charles, those guys are okay. They're no Justin yeah, Williams, but they're okay. <laughs> it sounds like it sounds like I need to step up my game and who I emulate. That's what I'm saying. You did all right, <laughs> but you know you need to whip out some Hall of Famers. I guess what we're saying. I see some I see some white Jerry Rice in my game. I see a little bit of uh, a taller <laughs> version of Andre Reed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's too wild, but um. Uh, Oh man! Hey Gavin, um, would you uh send me your highlight tape? I'd love to check it out. I haven't, I haven't got a chance to, uh, I haven't had a chance to, you know, meet any other guy who's doing the um interview. I'd love to watch a highlight tape, bro, and you know, check oh, it out. Well, before, before, you, before the first two guys leave, will you guys exchange like, okay, well, who's tell people how to find and follow each other and stuff like that. So, Gavin, uh, what's your Twitter handle? Do you have Instagram? How do people find and follow you, sir? Um. My Twitter handle is glutman18. Um, you know that's all. That's the only social media I have. So that's that's where you find me. My huddle. Um, my highlight tape is on there. Um, and I believe, um, uh, Bill Carroll sent out a, you know, a mass tweet with all of our names. I believe. I did. Um, yeah. So I'm tagged in that. Um, my highlight is on there. Um, so you know, that's you know that's the best way to you know contact or um, go through me. And uh, for the ladies, are you single? Are you taken? Uh, no, I'm taken. <laughs> I'm in a I'm in a serious relationship for three years. So oh, well, congratulations! Uh, thank you. Um, and same question for you, Justin. Um, how do people find and follow you? And then I guess once again for the ladies, is there a chance? <laughs> um. <laughs> Uh, uh, well, my Twitter handle is, uh, I am, I am, I am that man six. Um, Mr. Carroll, you, uh, added me in the, uh, yep. in the, um, in the tweet. Um, but, uh, yeah. And my highlight tape is, is under my, uh, is under my, um, my profile. So you can, you can get it there as well. And, um, uh, I I am single, but I I'm not looking. Um, I'm I've been in a serious relationship. It's just not it's not perfect right now, but it might. It's, it's, I don't think it's the end. So uh, okay, that's, that's <laughs> you probably gave us enough information. <laughs> don't get yourself in trouble. Right, right. Let me uh let me uh keep a little quiet profile. Well, okay. first of all, I I very much see both of you making an impact. I think. Uh, Gavin, I think you're going to get drafted late. And I'll be honest with you, Justin, I would draft you, but I'll, I've watched the way the draft plays out. I don't think you're going to get drafted, but I feel very yeah. confident you're going to be in a camp. I would yeah. bet my IT that you're going to be one of those guys that goes in what I call the eighth round as a priority undrafted free agent. And yeah. you're going to have to fight like hell. Um, you know, but I guess that doesn't bother you. You clearly don't have any – you don't seem to show a lot of fear. Uh, so you're going to walk in there, and the good news is that – if you're looking for some good news, a silver lining is that now you get to draft the team. This is the team drafting you. You get a chance to analyze the the offense. You get to an- look at the coaching staff and the front office and what kinds of things they've done with small school guys in the past. They give guys a real shot. Who yeah. you know, there are certain schools that certain teams that they don't care as much about if you come from the SEC or the Big Twelve or the ACC, right? New England, uh, uh, the Saints. 
I mean, look at the Saints' offensive line and their defensive line. I mean, they have a guy from Canada, starts on their defense. They have a couple of linebackers from either D2 or or FCS. Their their guard combination are both small school guys. Uh, Though they they don't – they don't play – of course, part of it I – mean, I remember watching Sean Payton when he was a quick-footed, little undersized quarterback at Eastern Illinois. I watched Sean Payton play. So he, yeah. he, he knows what small school football is and smaller or whatever term you want to use, uh, what, they, what was 1AA and now called FCS. And I watched mm. him play in Chicago in his one career game in the, in the league during the uh, – replace the Bears or whatever to call them during the strike. And he's undefeated, baby. One and zero. That's right. Sean Payton is has a perfect uh, record if you believe in quarterback wins as a stat. But um, I believe that for both of you guys, special teams going to be huge. Now, have you ever been used? Either of you guys. I mean, I know you've done returning, uh, Justin. Have you ever been used in other ways? Have you done any coverage on kicks or personal protect or anything else on in, in special teams? Well, I did. When I played in the bowl game, I was on every special team. I was the personal protector in the game. At special teams, I ran down on kickoff. Okay. Um, in high school, I was a gunner. I had okay. five fumbles recoveries. Oh, okay. Um, uh, shoot, I did. I, well, that's yeah, – I had to tackle Pastor Peterson a couple times. Uh, oh, did you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Well, you got to put that somewhere in your, you know, like you need to tweet that out or something or get a T-shirt that says that. Because yeah. <laughs> if I were you, I would make sure everybody I met would be on my business card, something. People would know this about me if I had ever, you know, oh, yeah, Patrick Peterson. Yeah, yeah, I kind of, you know, had a couple of big plays against him. Put him on the ground a few times. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, a couple of times. A couple of times. And then – I could see you, Gavin, as being a guy that could be used on PAT block or punt block. I mean, you're rangy, you're athletic, you're a leaper. Uh, what is, what's sort of your special teams background? Um, you know, college, I had some some experience. Um, I was mainly used for kickoff return. Right. Um, but we had we also had a lot of we were we, for not using a lot of receivers in our offense. We had a lot of receivers um, that didn't get game, you know, that didn't get gameplay. Um, so they kind of, you know, they kind of shared the love throughout there. And a lot of underclassmen got, um, you know, special teams jobs. So um, I'll play kickoff return for a little bit, but other than that, I didn't get a whole lot of, I didn't play a whole lot of special teams in college. Uh, man, you know, mainly uses the number one, number one, and number two, you know, receiver. Um, what is where I spent, you know, most of my time. Um, but you know, in, in high school, like I said, I did I did play a lot of special teams. Um, I was the punter. You know, I'll bring that back if I have. There you to. go. Uh, hey, <laughs> save, save save a roster spot. Bill Belichick loves that stuff. Exactly. You oh, know, I'll be. I'll, I'll you know, I'll take you know, I'll take it. I'll take that job sometimes. So, um, but other than that, college experience, you know, they. We use a lot of de- you know we use a lot of defensive guys for our kickoff and our punt team and um, that was you know that was just the way they like to do it so okay um, I didn't get a whole lot of that experience but um, you know I'm you know like everybody you know like everybody else like Justin all these guys you know we're all putting in work I'll play you know kickoff kickoff return punt you know I'll do whatever it takes to <laughs> I'll do whatever it takes you know, to make to make to make some noise and play any special teams to make some noise and. Just go from there and 
Okay. Are you are you um, working never, on that? Are you working on that part of your game, the special teams part? Um, no, I mean I think that you know training by yourself is kind of difficult. Oh, to, um, right. You know, put that in the simulation a little bit. Um, you know, you can run down the field like on you know punt. You can be a gunner and you can practice that stuff, but you don't have defense and guys flying at you that you got to <laughs> dodge and things like that. So, um, but now that you bring up the uh, the punt block and things like that, another player that I emulated was Adam Seelin. Yes. That I think, I'm, uh, I mean, we both played. We actually played Mankato in the playoffs, but um, I actually came across some film of him, and, you know, that's what he's being used as. That as was his ticket. Lately. That was how he stuck with the Vikings. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, our, I think our playing, you know, our playing styles are very similar, um, you know, in every aspect, body control, route running, things like that. So, you know, he – he he kind of gave me some light of hope. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, I'll say this much. Um, I agree that there's a comparison to be made there, but I, I would think – I think you probably have even slightly better route running and, and slightly better hands. I think he's probably the more polished special teams guy. Uh, but So you need – you may be the better receiver, but he's definitely special, better special teams guy at this moment. But, yeah, I would say that's the one thing I would urge you to do. But – basically any small school guy, quite frankly, become great at special teams because that's, frankly, how they're going to be thinking of you at first. And then it'll be a pleasant surprise when they realize you can actually play your real position. Yeah. Right, right. And that's all – And I mean, for me, that's all about attitude. You know, special teams mm-hmm. is an attitude position. Um, it's, the, it's a want-to position, and you just got to put the chip on your shoulder in there. So, um, I, you know, I think I have all three of those to, you know, get on special teams. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Okay. So, uh... Oh, is uh, is Bill still there? Yeah. Oh, I was just saying. Sorry about that. I think I might have muted myself by accident. I was just saying I wanted to thank my first couple of guests. Uh, first of all, Justin and, and Gavin, I want to thank both of you for joining us. And, Justin, you know, yeah. it's been a long, hard road to some extent, six-year journey for you. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, first of all, just congratulations for sticking with it. Lots of guys would have said, okay, well, maybe this isn't for me or maybe, you know, maybe I need to concentrate on something else. Uh, now, one last question. What is your – you know, football will be over one way or another uh, sooner probably rather than later. That's just true for everybody. Uh, for me, it ended before, you know, before I turned 22. Uh, for, for, luckily for you guys, you're still at it a little later than, than most of us. Uh, what are you going to do when, when finally your time as a player is over? Well, um, I want – personally, I wanted to start my own software firm. I'm a computer oh. science major. Oh. And I wanted to start my own software and design firm. Well, eventually, <laughs> you know, being, being you know, being, playing in the NFL will possibly, you know, jumpstart that. <laughs> That'll give I, you some startup capital, yes. <laughs> you know, I have a little more startup capital than I would if I if I had to start out on my, you know, just, you know, working and stuff on my own. But I don't, if, either way it goes, you know, I've been blessed to, you know, play the game that I love to play for however many years that I've played it. And, you know, and I'm just thankful and I'll just, you know, I'll, I'll make it work somehow. 
Uh, I have my degree in computer science, and, you know, I go to work. I have interns and stuff like that I, that I still have to do with companies that I've, that I've networked with. And, okay. And I'll be able to start it one way or another. Sure. Same question for you, Gavin. At some point, hopefully many years down the line, at some point you will graduate from football to the rest of your life. What will you do when that day finally comes? Um, I had I graduated with two two degrees, one in management, one in marketing. Oh. Um, but you know my my passion is you know sports, obviously. So I would like to use use those, um, you know, in the sports industry somewhere, um, and you know maybe try to um, impact, you know, a high school athlete or a college athlete. You know, impact them in some way. Um, you know to you know, better their future and for something that, you know, they like, whether, you know, it's training or recruiting or scouting or, you know, something like that, just to impact, you know, young athletes' lives and try to give them, you know, the best the best opportunity that, that they can have. Perfect. Well, I, I look forward to watching both of you, first of all, for many years, and I look forward to seeing the kind of men you become. You're both in very impressive young men. Great interviews. I mean, you guys are easy. Uh, I didn't have to pull teeth or drag stuff out. It was fantastic. And and one last time, Justin, I, I must say that I saw that Chicago Classic game. Knowing now the sort of the the, the backstory, the I mean, it, it, it was a really good game that for you any, anyway. But just mind blowing when you told me kind of how it, how it came to be. Um, I'll be both of you, all of you, um, you're going to get an email from me with follow-up questions. Please respond as soon as you're able to the follow-up questions, and it'll be a part of your profile, and I'm building out for a couple of websites, and once it's up, I will send you and or your agents uh, links so you can see it when it's up. Okay. Thank you. Oh, thank, thank both of you. And thank – now, help me with the pronunciation. Is it Tyre, like the city in the um, Middle East, or is it Tyree? How is your name actually pronounced, Mr. Coleman? Tyree. T-Y-R-E. It is Tyree. Okay. That was, okay. That was, I was going to guess that. Okay. Um, so, Tyree, you obviously have an interesting football journey as well, the story, the way it played out, how you got there. Tell people how you first got introduced to the game and how you first started playing football. Um, I first started playing football. It was in middle school, um, modified. Um, I was too big. When I was a little kid, I was too big to play Pop Warner, things like that. And like, and I started playing football in my modified year after that. And I, I was just trying it out and see how it is. I was good at it. And, yeah, I got to high school level. I'm thinking, like, I don't know how I'm going to do good in the competition at high school level now. And I realized that. I probably did very well at it, and now I'm about Hobart, Hobart College and have a great career here. And you you have it's been amazing. Yeah, it's been now, amazing. Right now, that's not usually a football powerhouse. Obviously, um, even at the Division three level, until recently, you didn't hear a lot of talk about Hobart and William Smith. Tell me about your recruitment process. How did you end up there, and what were the things that drew you to that particular campus? Because um, I was like, because um, uh, first of all, I was offered like a full scholarship to the uh, University of U- um, UConn, mm-hmm. and, and I went to the camp. I did well. 
then they told me like we would love to offer you but the height they told me my height requirement wasn't there enough to uh, be a division one player and so so let's and, stick with that for a second you are is it five eleven and three quarters just how tall are you i'm i'm, I'm six foot oh okay oh okay okay so you, you broke yeah. the six foot barrier yeah and they they high requirement was like six three. What? And I, 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 so that yeah. means they would have passed on John Randall, Warren Sapp, Booger McFarland, Aaron Donald. There's a long list of dudes they would have passed on, is what you're telling me. Yeah, that, yeah, that's 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 that was the case. Yeah, that they want to pass on. <laughs> uh, I took it as a motivation. I took it as motivation. After that, I just um, got offered a. Uh, D one double to uh University of Albany. Mm-hmm. And but I didn't I didn't get into the school and and in the process and I and I found Hobart when um one of the system coaches um found me and I took a tour around campus and they they had the same similar culture as my high school, like we built like family first, like team second, you know, and like at for life third and I that is um, Hobart is the right school for me. Okay. Now, obviously, people have heard of Hobart now for one very special reason. When did you first meet Mr. Ali Marpet? When did the first two of you guys first meet? Oh, freshman year. We met freshman year. Um, and lay it out for me. How did it happen? Um, came as a freshman, and we both, like, um, we pretty hard every, every, every like, preseason, every swim ball. We do here at Hobart, and we just competed hard. And me and we had like history battles of going one on ones all the time. I, I've heard, and though Mr. Marpet is a a terrific football player, I've heard you've won your share of those battles. Oh yeah, I, I won my share of my battles. Okay. Yeah. So let me and let me open it up. Yeah, go ahead. We're both competing so hard, and we just try to make each other better and better, and now, now we just you know become friends, and we just like we love to compete at everything we do. I hope that we compete at everything we do, and like, and we still let down things like that. Okay, I'm going to open it up to uh, my my other uh, co-host. What other questions might you have for Tyree Coleman? Sure. Well, I guess the guess the last question about um, Marfit was you know in terms of. The tape I've seen of Marpet, uh, it's 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 almost like not football tape. It's like a street fight. Like that's the best way I put it. It's just him sort of, you know, beating up people for four quarters, and then the game kind of ends sort of at some point. Um, is that kind of how practices were uh, for you guys when he was, you know, there? Yeah. Oh yeah, all our practices we just grind out like we practice like four quarters every like every day we come to practice. Me and him, we just we just go keep going until the whistle stop blowing, and that's what we practice each day. Our coach told us to practice each day like that would be your last game or like fight for everything you do because it's not getting handed to you. Games not getting handed to you, and you just got to fight and like that's a me and him we fight. And me and him, we fight in practice. We fight in all the one-on-ones, all the drills we do. 
these fighting just compete. What made what what made Ali Marpet special? I mean, obviously people don't find too many cats at at at, at Hobart. So clearly something separated him from you know, from the guys that were there before. What made him special in your mind? In my mind he made he so he got so special is like his his athleticism. Because for his size you don't see that much people so athletic to get to the second level and like some like how how he blocks, he keeps going. Like some you know, you block, you just you know, you just, you give up for a while. But him he just his mold keep going. Like he wants you he wants to finish you. He just wants to just make your life so miserable each four every every quarter until you give up. And until you give up, you're gonna keep going. That's what I like about him, like he his effort is and like his will just to win every matchup he just wants to. Yeah. Yeah, you're right about him finishing. He is a finisher. He likes to uh, make you not want to come back for some more. <laughs> and people always point out that it was almost unfair uh, because he said he's obviously he's an NFL-level talent. But there were other guys around that program and in some of the programs you played against who are guys that at least deserve more attention. Who not named Ali Marpet was someone that impressed you that you played with or against in your collegiate career? Uh, I play. I play with um a time. I well, I play with Tom seniors. Um, we had a, a star fullback who like who made all like all league, all conference, and he our fullback can hit. His name is Dom Ellis. Man, you told me he get you told me he can hit the block. He that's his passion. He gets the ball. Everybody's afraid to tackle him because he's so powerful and like he don't. No one wants to like tackle. Him. He just whatever one time with his legs, and he's so gifted because he can run the ball. He he reminded me of uh, Leaf, um, uh, Martin Leaf, because of like his part is a block just to finish you. And, and Dom is like uh, best one I ever played with. Another guy, um, DeAndre Smith, um, who's a, who made All American this year, third team All American. He played us out alley. He was like only two se- oh him and Alley's only two seniors who um, basically only offers a line. And you talk about DeAndre Spence, a finisher, man, he, he came a long way, and he basically got his goals, and he just, like, he, his will to block and his will to have passion, uh, I love it because that's what we need on, t- on teams, football teams these days. We need passion. Guys who wants to, want to do something better. And some people I play with, man, it's very. I play like I play the All Star game. I saw talented kids that they want the world to have more, make it so in, in life, and like that's their dream. And you got to fight for your dreams, and that's really. I found the friends around the combine and things like that. I found kids that who wants who wants this, and like I see at small schools, whatever. And, you should have passion whatever you do and just make your dream come true. Okay, great. Um, and you mentioned that you got selected to, you know, the the regional combine. You got selected to some all-star games. When did you first start to hear from uh, the NFL, basically, from, from people at the next level that you might have a chance to keep playing after college? 
um, like a lot of uh, after the season, a lot of people, a lot of, everybody got everybody got faith in me all the time. Like I, just, um, these like a lot of my coach, like some of my coaches say, I could, I could play at like next level. It's just that will that you could do it, and uh, yeah, I just found out that I, I could play at a level that because. First, like Ali, my team, Ali Marquette, he said, like, like he played in the senior, senior, uh, senior ball, like the big senior ball, like, like he won his own D3, right? He said, like, sorry, like, you could play, like, some of the guys I played uh, in this All-Star game, I think you could play in the next level because, and, like, he, you could play in the next level. Like, these kids is good, but you, uh, like, kids that he played, like, he did one on one there. He said, you could be in the, like, you could make it. Okay. And, Jim, what other questions do you have for Tyree? Uh, sure. Uh, in terms of uh, the defense um, and how they like to use you, uh, just kind of describe a little bit about, um, you know, the role that you played and uh, what you think are your best strengths and, you know, maybe, even, you know, kind of things that you want to improve upon. Um, my, um, our defense is basically four, um, four, um, well, basically four D linemen, two inside linemen, two outside linemen, two corners in safety. Um, basically they want, they, they want me to get after the quarterback most part of it. Um, my business, my biggest asset is stopping the run. Um, I, I've said the run after that pass, but my, my biggest strength is to run. And after that, my idea after the quarterback, idea after the quarterback, um, I want to improve. If I transition to outside or it's all about, I want to improve how to like you know be my first time probably in coverage in in a while, and I want to improve my footwork and like my all my abilities just to learn the position where I need to improve. I know I can rush the pass. I know I could. I can if they want me to play D line as my size, I could do it. It's like if they want me to change my position, I would do it. In the sense that if they told me to play as a line, I would play as a linebacker and get the footwork down and get the technique down. Now, let me ask: Have you ever dropped in coverage at high school or college? Um, sometimes um, college they will, sometimes I cover the back. That's it was a blitz. I cover the black uh, a running back. Oh, okay. I did well probably a good at it. Okay. And tell us a little bit about your, your all star uh opportunity. What was that experience like and how did you when did you first find out you'd been selected for an all star team? Um I think a couple of weeks uh season and a couple of weeks I uh, got invited and some of my teammates got invited to it too and and I just wanna play with my last opportunity to play with my teammates and like yeah, great opportunity to play with different players you never played with before. Okay, well, put your put your scouts cap on. Of the guys that you played with or against any of these All Star opportunities, who really grabbed your attention? Who really impressed you as a player? Oh man, it was a lot. Um, uh, two two um D linemen from Wesley. They we faced each other in like um in a elite eight. Um, my freshman and my senior this year. Um, best, best 
I never played with D Martin like that before. They they really motivated me to we both comment each other so well because in that also again I play I didn't play that much DN. I played a lot of interior and interior like D tackle nose. Um did very well like I like that but I do like that position more or the whoever they put me. Um a couple care uh, one care from Richmond um, damn, that one, I think at D one double school. Um, good, he's a good big inside linebacker. Young son's big in my life like that. He he get his um he, he got invited to super regional. I think I haven't got a chance to meet up with him again. Um, I think a couple a lot of kids. Um, I just saw uh, so much kids that that uh. I found good techniques with them and like show like see different players how they approach their game, how they approach their position. And what was your experience yeah. like at the combine? How do you feel like that went? How do you feel like you performed? I feel like like that was my first ever like regional combine. I was I was nervous, but at the same time, that at the end of the day, whatever happens happens. That I had a great experience of it, great experience of of my life. I never witnessed so many people and coaches that who cares about people who don't like. The, who don't get invited to the big combine, they got invited to the really regional combine that you can show what you got. It depends where you're D2, D3 school, or SCS school. And that's, that was a great experience. I, I feel like I did well. Um, they like how I moved in the drills. And, like, they, they like my movement. And, like, there was some, like, for 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 my size, like, it's, it's easy, but, like, but small school guys, like they don't realize, they don't realize that small school guys could like play at a different, play a really good level. Yes, yes, there is still a bit of a, a prejudice, for lack of a better way of putting it. I get there really isn't a better way to put it. It is a prejudice against guys who come from, I mean, forget even from Division Three. If you're coming from, you know, the Mountain West Conference or the AAC or Sun Belt, there's a little bit of yes. a, a bias against you, but. Definitely, if you're coming from Division Two, II, Division Three, uh, even a lot of SCS conferences, they yeah. look at you a little bit funny, and they need to they need to be convinced, for lack of a way of putting it. If you're from LSU, they're convinced already. If you've got even decent tape, you know they're convinced because you play in the SEC, blah blah blah, especially the SEC West. But if you're from Hobart, you better convince them. I've talked to a couple of uh, scouts, including um, one who had seen you two times um, in person, which is, you know, I mean, be honest, they were looking at Marpet. <laughs> I mean, that was originally they, what their reason was, but they noticed you as well, you know, because people, that's the good news, I guess, is that Ali Marpet changed your life in that, you know, every, virtually every NFL team has sent someone to your school, which I'm guessing probably did not happen in the past. Yes. But you said you never had any, you never had any actual contact with scouts after practice or anything like that. No, I never had contact. I never had contact with any scout or 
anything. I just did really my thing. I just did what I had to do. Okay. Like, I, okay. Uh, Jim, what other questions might you have for Tyree? Um, well, I guess in terms of, you know, off the field sort of stuff, you know, hobbies, uh, you know, when, when you're not, you know, practicing, not lifting weights, that sort of stuff. Um, what what do you like to do in terms of off the field sort of activity? I also feel like, uh, obviously, I just really, um, I, I'm still in school, but I, I finished my work and my that I just really, really hang out with my friends most of the time. That's like, like I met, I met a great friends here. Um, it's my senior year at Hobart, and like I just been hanging out with the senior class in my senior class from the football and things like that. And I've been really just hanging out with most of my friends because they're important to me too. Okay. Uh, did you ever leave campus to go work out, or did you just have you spent all of your time there in and around the campus area? Uh, uh, we got a gym um, on campus. I've been using the campus gym. Okay. Right. So you didn't take off to somebody's speed camp or whatever? No. Okay. I do my own thing. Obviously. So whatever performance that you've put out um, athletically is basically homegrown, as they say. You know, there wasn't any sort of manufacturing of, of Tyree's talent. Yeah. Okay. So... Who are the best guys you've played against? Like, when you lined up, I mean, obviously, Ali Marpet in practice, but other than Ali, uh, who have you played against in your career that, that also impressed you? Uh, guys that, other offensive linemen, tackles, guards, whatever, that, that gave you a, a, a pretty good run for your money? Best offensive linemen I ever played, it was my freshman year. It was at St. John Fisher. Mm-hmm. It was um, the left. I think right tackle, who's um, three time all American tackle. Um, Scott's name. He he gave me tough because it was my first year. I never experienced big tackles before, and uh, I never experienced big tackles like that before. I had my own, and my my freshman year, with my first round of the playoffs, I played two. Great offensive alignment at Wesley College. Um, one tag was six seven, and one tag was six three. Like both bigger than me, heavier than me. I hold my own, and that was the toughest. Because the freshman year, never had, I never had that atmosphere as a playoff push like that. And right. it was a great atmosphere for me. And they made me better as a player and get got me prepared, get stronger. I remember that. Uh, Wellesley team you're talking about. They did have those two big tackles, and they had a wide receiver I really liked named Ellis Kraut. Yes. Yeah, I guess you probably remember him. He was a guy with some size and speed, and I thought if if he was given a fair shot, I thought he could, he could stick around the league for a little while. Yeah, he, he's pretty good. So how would you compare the guys that you've seen, now that you've seen guys from other levels of football in all-star games and regionals, combines, and things like that, to the guys that you played against in your conference when you were in college. How do you think those guys stacked up against the guys you've played against throughout your collegiate career? Um, I feel like they all, all my league, my league, we all, they all compete every day. Like every uh, school do, 
and he competed every day. Anyway, she not complaining about nothing. Okay. And, uh, and, yep. Okay. Uh, Jim, what other questions do you have for Tyree? Um, I, I know you talked a little bit about you know, the pro day experience, but um, how, how did that whole thing go for you? And were there any, uh, I mean, you know, just how did that whole experience go, and, and how do you think you kind of did at uh, at the pro day? Um, at the pro day, I, I did well. My first time doing pro day, uh, I did pretty well for my for myself as for a personal. Um, I got to the big one. There was a lot of people watching that I had to perform, and I had to you had to put your performance on. And I feel like I did that performance of what I had to do to improve myself. What kind of numbers did you put up? Um, for my bench, for my bench, I had like eighteen. Mm-hmm. Um, my forty was a, was a four nine. Um, and um. Oh, my other numbers, though, I didn't have, uh, they didn't give me yet. I just been, um, the footwork drills I've been doing, um, did pretty good at it. Uh, so I'm athletic for my size, things like that. And what, what what was your official height and weight when they weighed you and uh, took uh, your height? Uh, six, six foot, two, uh, 262. Okay. That's my official height. Okay, six feet, 262. I, I've heard that... It, as you said, that people were fairly impressed with how you looked in space for a guy that had spent, you know, your life, your life with your hand in the dirt. And I heard that you looked quick in terms of uh, change of direction drills as well. Yes. Okay. Um, so obviously, you know, the big show is Ali, but who else was there? Who else worked out at the pro day at Hobart? Um, um, I, I, um, Friend DeAndre Smith played guard for us for three years. And our fullback Don Ellis, um, who was a four-year star, uh, and um, another kid, um, my roommate Stephen Webb, who graduated last year, um, talented running back. We had former former um, football guy here. Um, he great, and we had uh, a Rochester um, linebacker here too. Oh, do you, you don't have to remember his name, do you? Um, I don't, I don't remember his name. That's okay. No, I think I know who it might have been. Uh, as Jim will tell you, it's sometimes hard to get uh, pro day numbers on small school guys. So we always try to ask, you know, if you remember, if somebody was there, if you remember, if you saw them, and you know, so we can try to track down yeah. numbers. But, but you, he was from Westchester, yeah. you said, right? Oh, uh, no, Rochester, I mean. Oh, Rochester, Rochester. Okay, okay. Oh, okay, okay. Got it, got it, got it. Okay. So. There were several teams there, but you said none of them actually – no one actually approached you or, or gave you any direct feedback? No, no, okay. no one approached me. Um, at the Super Regional Combat, all the, um, the scouts from the uh, Philadelphia Eagles talked to me, one of the scouts. Oh, okay. What kind of things did he ask or, or tell you? Because um, he, like, he um, told me, like, um, we, we talked to Allie, and, like, it was like he, – he said, oh, it's, it's two Hobart – it was another Hobart guy. <laughs> who was here and they were shocked like oh there's a whole bar guy here <laughs> and like oh we he talked to, uh, he said he talked to Alan and things like he just told him about um 
definitely things like um, if if we I know he he told he told me like I know you play a four three and things like that. They you say um, play outside linebacker and since I said yes, and whatever you want me to do, I could do it. And things and like that, I told him like I could do anything. Um, lose, you know, lose a couple pounds, whatever, and like they and just talk about like football wise, like. Okay, got it, got it. Well, I'm glad that you you finally. I mean, like I said, I I, I always urge young men to actually you know walk over and talk to them if they don't come over to you, and say, hey, what do you think I should work on? What would you like to see me do? It's it's a good idea. To, first of all, just to show that it shows that you you have a certain amount of confidence because a lot of guys kind of hang back around NFL scouts, which I've never understood. Um, <laughs> it's, it's like if you go to a job interview. Talk to the person who's there to possibly offer you a job. You know, go go to them and yeah. ask for a business card. Tell them who you are. Yeah. They they don't introduce themselves. <laughs> Get to know yeah. them. Yeah. Let me just check to see yes. if anybody anybody else has joined us. Have, you, have a couple of my other guests hopped on? Okay, just checking. I thought somebody else might have joined us. Okay, uh, go ahead, Jim. What other questions might you have? Oh. Um... Man, that, that's all I can really think of, um, 100%. Uh, I guess all I can say is, you know, best of luck uh, going forward and, uh, you know, hopefully uh, you'll get an opportunity coming up. You can get into mini camp and, uh, and work your way from there. Well, Tyree, I think one of the teams, especially a team close to you, you know, a team in your area, a team uh, – maybe in the New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, somewhere around that area, maybe even Ohio area, is going to bring you in. I have a feeling that even if you might not be drafted, as we just said, the the word is out that there are football players at Hobart. And when people finally see you on tape, the, the comparison I made was Daryl Tapp when I saw you, when I saw you play. And, you know, obviously he's a guy from Virginia Tech and spent some time with Seattle and a few other teams – and a guy who, like you, had to go from playing with his hand in the dirt to figuring out how to get to the proper landmarks, zone drops, and, you know, even though he's primarily a pass rusher, there were times when he did have to actually cover fullbacks, tight ends, things like that, you, you know, even the occasional running back. Is that something you've been working with with a coach, or what are you doing to try to, if you do have to make that transition, how are you working on trying to get better at that? Oh. Um, I'm just – do um, ladder drills, like footwork drills, that will help me in ability to move um, my feet more, misdirection drills. Uh, I've been doing um, like a little uh, more back pedal drills and just getting comfortable from getting, getting comfortable standing up than like, put my hand on the ground. I'm just getting, just doing a lot of footwork drills just to get my ability up. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, how about film study? Because obviously the the world looks a little bit different when you play linebacker. Are you trying to do some things to prepare yourself mentally for seeing more of the field? Yes. Um, I've been I've been asking like former kids now how to like play your line, how to play linebacker position. I've just been asking 
a lot of people who played here, a lot of asked a lot of coaches how to prepare prepare me to have that transition to it instead of like just find my own way that I can have people help me to transition better to it. Okay. And you mentioned you're still in school. What do you study? What is your, your field, your your major? My major is Africana Studies and my minor is education. Oh, okay. So are you considering a career in teaching when football's over for you? Or what do you think you might do? Yes. Uh, my after football, I want 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 to teach. I want to teach special ed, uh, special education. Oh wow! We'll keep it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what attracts you to the idea of teaching that special education, um, you know, population? Because it's very challenging work. Yes. Um. Because um. Because I I go to my old high school every uh, every day. Once in a while, I come home and I just like I go back and just. Is not it's not enough It's not enough teachers that in that field that to help more kids because more kids some kids don't have special needs some kids got like anger issues like anger problems that who who need the time to motivate them some kids are not motivated to have that like higher you know, they can make it in life some some people in my life and I was in the special needs class because like some kids. Like me, like I had to fight my way to get to the top mm-hmm. because you you just can't like give up on it. Just you can't get up yourself ease. You just can't because in life, it, life is not easy. But like since I talked, um, I told a couple of kids that life is not easy. But you put your mind to it, you can make it. No matter what you graduate or you go to college, you can tell who people doubt you. You can make it. People doubt me. I'm supposed to be in college. People doubt me. And now I'm, I'm a senior at Hobart College, about to graduate in May. And I'm proud of that no matter what. That's why I want like to be a motivator. I want to be a special ed or a special need teacher that I can help these kids to motivate them more. That's great. Well, first of all, I want to wish you the best of luck, not only as a football player, but as a man. Uh, you've, you've impressed me with your, your passion and your compassion. You clearly want to affect lives other than your own, and I find that impressive. Who are some of your favorite players to watch? Who are some of the guys you look up to at the NFL level? Um, Trent Cole, because I I got a motor. Uh, my motor don't stop like he does. His motor, like yeah, I know he's yeah, I know he has like, a couple years on the ground, and he he play outside line like he transitions pretty well playing defensive end for Philadelphia now now turns into an outside linebacker and like I could so I basically my game is like his because his his mower don't stop no matter what he do. And like that's what he's reminding me that's my like really competitive play that his motor never stops. That's why he's remind me of me and like I, I love this like he's a great person in general. Okay. Well, like I said, I agree 100%. Those are pretty good comparisons. Trent Cole is a a great guy to have as a role model and a guy that a lot of people had doubts about. Once again, a tweener, you know, a guy that played at about 236 pounds his senior year of college, and people wondered if he could get big enough and strong enough and all this stuff to hold up. And, you know, obviously he answered those questions eventually. And he's had a... You know, he's had a really great career. 
So mm-hmm. I want to wish you the very best of luck. It's been great having you. And Thank you. Tell us, no problem. Tell us how people can find and follow you, see more of your tape, things like that. How can people learn more about you? Just learn about um, about me. It's just I'm a compassion guy. I'm a homo guy. I I don't take nothing for granted, and um, I just want you know I'm just gonna work harder than anybody else, and I'm not gonna be played off. I'm just gonna work hard. Okay, um, and. How how would people find you? Do you have a social media presence, a Twitter page, anything like that? How would people locate you? Uh, I got um, uh, Instagram, Tyree um, hyphen Cole. Um, that's my Instagram name. Um, my cell is on YouTube. Just type in Tyree Coleman Hobart. Um, it pop up. Um, Facebook. Just look me up on Facebook, Tyree Coleman. Um, it's uh that's what I'm supposed to mean right now. That's fine. Well, I definitely think you're a, a worthwhile prospect for people to learn more about. I'm going to be sending you a series of follow-up questions. Yep. You can get those later in the day if you haven't already gotten them. I just ask you to respond as soon as you can with the answers to those questions, and that will be part of a profile that I'm writing up that will appear on a couple of different websites, and I'll when it's up, I'll – send you all a link to where you can see your profiles, but it's been a pleasure, okay. an honor, and a privilege. And Tyree, I definitely want to keep in contact with you as you move forward in your career. Yes, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us. Tyree is a defensive ends slash defensive tackle slash outside linebacker from Hobart, <laughs> where obviously, like I said, lately their football program has gotten a lot more attention than it used to. And he's not the only guy who, in that conference or on that team who can play, but I think he's a guy who has a very good chance to transition, especially to a team that, you know, sort of that jack linebacker, I guess the term people use, a guy who may line up off the ball, is essentially a pass rusher and, you know, obviously can be a contained player against the run and occasionally drops into coverage. But, uh, you know, obviously that's not really the, the best part of his game, but it's something he's working on. Thank you once again, Tyree. Thank you. Have a great day. So, Jim Coburn, I'm going to ask you to talk a little bit about some of the challenges of evaluating guys who come from, quote-unquote, lower levels, whatever you want to use, NAIA, Division Three, Division Two. What are some of the challenges for you as an evaluator? And then I'll be also rounding our next round of guests. So I'll be back with them hopefully momentarily. Okay. Uh I guess in terms of the challenges, I mean, the bigger issue in terms of evaluating small school guys is getting tape on those guys um, because it's very, uh, very difficult to get decent tape on guys like that. Uh, you know, normally when you have guys that go to SEC or whatever, um, there's tons of I mean, there's tons of stuff out there in terms of, you know, if you wanted Alabama, you could get all 22 of Alabama if you really wanted it um, in terms of on the Internet and uh, through other sort of resources. But when it comes to small school guys, you typically, the tape is not always best. Uh, You have limitations in terms of, the types of games that you can get to see because sometimes um, you get a selective number of games, but you don't get all the games. 
you don't get any particular game that you really want to see. Um, on top of that, it's challenging just in the sense that you, I mean, I mean, you, it's just a different world uh, from the from FBS level in that there's typically types of offenses, types of defenses. Uh, not to say that everybody experiments in the lower level division, but a lot of times they try to do experimental stuff and try to do different sort of things that are uh, that kind of make you uh, you're so used to watching spread type offenses, and then you go to lower level division. In some schools, they don't really even do that. They do a pure run heavy. Um, you know, sort of system where they only pass like 20% of the time, 30% of the time. So you have to work from that standpoint. And and the other thing is, is that you kind of, and I'm not going to say, I mean, I care about athletic metrics for every player uh, in every division, but when it comes to small school guys, you you really want to know what they're like as athletes because all the tape that you have is, is them against guys that are, you don't know what their athletic ability is 100%. And um, it's really hard to get small school athletic data. It really is. Uh, it's last minute, honestly, um, in a lot of ways. I mean, I'm still, I mean, we're two weeks from the draft, and I still have guys from low, lower level division that I uh I don't have I don't know what the numbers are from their pro day uh because they just it's not there yet. You know, it's not been updated in terms of different sources. So um it's just difficult. I mean it's it's needlessly difficult, I guess, you know. Like it doesn't it shouldn't be this difficult. The tape shouldn't be this hard to get a hold of. Um but that's just uh, that's just what's you know small schools about kind of you know I mean because there's less resources because there's less exposure um, you're having to use a lot of your resources to get information and it just kind of it's it makes you have to really commit you know I mean like if I really wanted to. I could spend all my time just evaluating small school guys um, and that would take up all my time because there's so many, I mean, there's just as many schools in the small school level as FBS level, but two, it takes so much time to get resources, so much time to get tape, so much time to do all that stuff. And it's not that I don't, you know, I'll I'll hear about a guy or hear about a guy that's going to get drafted or, or do my best to try to get information on different guys to really evaluate the small school level well. But if all I did was devote my time and attention just to small school guys, which I know certain people do, and I got nothing against those types of people, you know, it's it's a it's a, a type of field, but you just, uh, you don't have many people to talk to, you know, and you also don't get, I, I don't know, it, it's just really, uh, it's just really difficult because of resources than uh, because of the other sort of uh, issues.
Yeah. But, um, I mean, a good example of this was, uh, you know, Anthony D. Jr. last year. Um, he was a wide receiver who virtually got zero hype uh, at all. Uh, you watched the tape and you saw a really good uh, wide receiver. Um, and, I mean, the tape, but the problem was is the tape I had of him was uh, really, uh, it was, I mean, it was just not great tape. You know, it was kind of, the camera angles were kind of weird. Um, sometimes he would not be in certain shots. Um, it, you know, there was, I mean, you'd be, I doubt you could find all 22 tapes of him uh, other than, you know, coach resources. And um, I think in terms of that, you I mean, it's just uphill battle, you know, when it comes to softball guys. Because you, you just don't have as many resources. Um, there's not as much hype. Uh, anytime you want to, I, I, you know, again, I, I don't want to say it's a bad thing, but as an evaluator, you want to, like, have some people to talk to about the, about prospects and, uh, you, unless you have like two or three guys that are really in this ball size, which is a few guys, but not a lot. I mean, you kind of turn into the into the unpopular kids at the table, you know, because you're talking about small school guys, and everybody's like, "Who? Who's that guy? Who? Uh, yeah, I, I don't know who that is." We're, we're talking about FBS guys, you know? um, but it's it, it's just. Uh, that kind of thing. I remember getting into a discussion back uh, a couple of years ago. Well, it's more than a couple of years ago now. I think about it. Back on oh, maybe five years ago, really. Back on CDS, and we were talking about Tim Tebow. And I said, "Okay, there's nothing wrong with Tim Tebow." Well, I mean, there's something, whatever. But the point is that ESPN and whoever else you want to mention are discussing Tim Tebow, and they've got access to Tim Tebow. They got always, there's reasons that they do what they do. Why would we discuss Tim Tebow also? We could be spending our time discussing Scott Sicko or whatever. I mean, there's other people we could discuss better than they can discuss. It is, as you said, deciding to be the the nerds or whatever term you want to use as opposed to being the jocks or whatever term you want to use uh, or the popular kids. But I get way more satisfaction watching the career of a guy like Ricardo Lockett or Joyke Bell or – Danny Woodhead, or Jari Evans, or uh, Marcus Colston. Right. But partially because because you know the odds. Right, yeah. and there was more, and there's more work for them and for me, you know, to understand who and to understand what. Yeah. yeah, you put more work into it. You had to. It took more effort to get their tape. Um, it, you know, it. I, I get that whole aspect of it. At the same time, when they fail, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, I'm, and again, you know, I'm a political science major. I know about politics. I, you know, I understand um, what guys have to deal with and stuff like that. But it's just, I'm not going to say I get really angry when it comes to small school guys. It's just, I kind of do, you know. I get really angry because I'm like, okay, this isn't just me being bitter, you know, about a situation or just 
go, oh, he's just really bad, but I just never saw it on tape. No, it, it really is the fact that he's a fall he's school guy. He's not a FBS guy, and everybody's ignoring him because of those facts or just because of the fact that, hey, you know, you're just – you're just a cat body. That's all you're really going to be, man. Sorry. No. That's, that's your lot in life. Uh, we won't give you any opportunities. If you show out in, in camp, great. Uh, but we're not going to give you any more opportunities than what we really want to give you. You know, and I don't know. It, that's, just, that, that's just something that kind of, yeah, you'll have successes and you'll be able to relish those successes. But you're also going to have a lot of guys that are going to be flipping burgers and, you know, end up dead, um, you know, and, and you're kind of like, man, if the NFL had just given this guy opportunity, you know what I mean? So, I don't know, but that that's just, that's just me, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I, I sort of salute Bill Parcell. So the last great thing he did in the NFL was recognize Tony Romo, who was going to be a camp arm. I mean, they had a bunch of ex-baseball players, Chad Hutchinson, Drew Henson, and Quincy Carter. All, And I think they might have still had Drew Bledsoe on the roster. I think about it. So he was going to be a fifth quarterback, basically. Yeah. And, you know, this guy was – job was to spell these guys when they keep them getting arm weary or whatever. And then Quincy Carter, you know, gets in trouble. And then they, he sort of realized who Chad Hudson and Drew Henson were at some point. And Drew Bledsoe wasn't performing terribly, but, you know, he was never a super mobile guy. And he went from being a guy with below average mobility to at some point in his Cowboys career to essentially a glacier. And was being sacked at a, I don't know, you know, I don't know what the exact numbers were, but it was a rate that was. He was sacked a lot. He was sacked yeah, a lot. It was a disturbing also, number. Yes. He's also not playing well. And, you know, I, right. and I even, you know, and I'm old enough to remember that again. But I you know where, <laughs> you know, they go into halftime and they put Tony Romo in. Yeah. Um, and there was a lot of Tony who, you know, there was a lot of, yeah. a lot of that. <laughs> it was Tony Romo mania, you know, and, and, uh, yeah, I mean, which is great and everything, but it's but then even as Metrics guy, I go well, but Tony Romo was an FCS guy, and that's the other thing too is, you know, FCS quarterbacks, pretty much the only quarterbacks in this last fifteen years that have found success are FCS guys. We've not had a single Division two, II, Division three guy that's had as much success as Tony Romo, Joe Flacco, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, you know, any of those sort of guys. And, um, now, this could be just a coincidence. You know, hey, Chris Bonner is coming up. I think he's pretty – Right. And it, or it could, it could be the, the could be a deep-seated prejudice against these guys also that we talked about. Right. You know, I mean, look at the career of – Look at the career of a guy like um, – Well, I mean, both of the Seattle quarterbacks, Jim Zorn and Dave Craig, I think both of them played at schools that – well, one doesn't have a football program anymore. The other one doesn't have doesn't exist anymore. I think Milton was an NAIA school, and um, and Zorn was from Cal, San not San Luis Obispo, um, uh, Santa Cruz or some one of them, and they dropped football. Uh, but uh, I mean, yeah. 
I don't think it's impossible for a guy to come from Division Three or NAIA or Division Two in terms of his talent level, because I've seen quarterbacks who are good enough to do it. I think the issue is it's very hard to overcome the hurdles that are placed in your way. People just don't want to believe in you unless you, you have something really special. Exactly, and especially at the quarterback position where, you know, like, like we had Mort on last night where you have Zach Mittenberger, and as much as he brings up all the flaws in Zach Mittenberger, you, you know, sometimes you just have to accept what the quarterback is and – accept his flaws and go all, you know, like, you just have to go all in on the guy. I mean, nobody's perfect. I mean, and, but people don't want to do that nowadays. They kind of want to have one foot, you know, one foot in the water and one foot on land, kind of, you know, with everybody now. You know, they don't want to go all in on running backs because, hey, we might have to pay them. So let's make them a new committee back. You know, we don't want to go all in on you know, well, wide receivers, they kind of want to go all sort of, but they have so many of them that they could, but it's, I mean, it's just that it is the same thing with small school guys. They don't really want to go all in. I mean, it's like with Joyce Bell. Joyce Bell has pretty much been the best running back for Detroit for a while, but, hey, we don't want to go all in with you because, you know, if we give you a bunch of carries, uh, you know, if we give you 20 carry plus, I mean, you'll get, you'll, you'll, you want a paycheck, and we'll have to pay you. We don't want to pay you because we know you're not as talented because you're an FCS guy. Like, I, you know, Division Three guy, you get right. So, it's like it's just that too. You know, it's just nobody wants to. And you get your jobs are on the line. I get that, but like you just kind of you're gonna lose your job anyways. You know, like you just need to. <laughs> I mean, everybody's going to lose their job. I hate to break it to you. There's very few Bill Belichick's and Marvin Lewis's and, you know, and those types of guys hanging around. I just find it funny that there's so much just just kind of going with what your gut is versus just kind of, you know, cutting your losses, I guess. I don't know. I mean, like, I don't know. It's just a, it's just a big issue with, with everything, especially at the quarterback position. I mean, this is weird. As you know, Bill, I mean, you lived in an era where quarterbacks were given time to develop and, <laughs> you know, and, and, and you were given about three to four years. And, you know, right. I mean, Phil, Phil, Sims, was, Phil Sims came from Moorhead State and was given basically almost four years, three years and change just about to, to become Phil Sims, become the guy that guided a team to a Super Bowl. Exactly. But, Phil Sims today would already be cut. He'd be on another team with a clipboard backing up somebody. That's what Phil Sims would be today if he was in this era. Because you either come in and you start and you're good, or you are Geno Smith, or you are, you know, name a name a quarterback. You know, you just are you just are not good anymore. You know, it's like Blake Bortles after one season. I will say it was a pretty bad season, but after one season, Lake Bortles is now being, you know, oh, he's a bust already because he had one really bad season. And, hey, rookie quarterbacks have really bad seasons. This is the 
this is the numbers and the statistics and also, you know, sort of stuff about it. And he, he's, it's over, you know. They need to move on from him. It's been one year, but, you know, it's just didn't matter that the offensive line was horrible. It didn't matter that he didn't have any help at running back. It didn't matter that he had to play with the third, fourth string wide receiver. Uh, all that mattered was that his stats were so bad that it's just it's just over. Let's let's move on. Nothing to see here. <laughs> it's a little frustrating. You know, and I guess you just have to get, I guess, I guess, used to it. You have to build up a callus or whatever, but it's pretty clear that there's um, there's something wrong, for lack of a way of putting it, with the way that people now evaluate quarterbacks, or not evaluate quarterbacks, but um, raise them, um, <laughs> bring them up whatever term you want to use, uh, bring them along, develop. There it is. Uh, it's quarterback development that seems to – the assumption that they should come just about fully formed and then you spend, you know, half a season or until the bye week getting them up to speed and then, boom, you're ready to go. And does does that happen? Yes. I mean, but we have to realize that – I hope people realize those people are exceptional. Those are exceptional. Those are exceptional – Talents. Those are different people. Those are those guys are special. Those guys are amazing. And when they can come in and hit the ground running, when you do get a Russell Wilson, when you do get Andrew Luck, it should be celebrated, but recognized for what it is. It's essentially a freak occurrence, a fluke occurrence. That's not the norm. It wasn't in the past, and it, I don't think it is now. I don't think magically quarterbacks are now way more prepared to play right away, even though they throw the ball more. The only thing that's really changed is they throw the ball more than ever before. Yeah, exactly. And uh, <laughs> to, to that point, I just think that people view it as, well, I want exceptional. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want average. I don't want Andy Dalton. I want exceptional. <laughs> and the problem is, there's not that many exceptional players in any era. I mean, you're not It's, it's a have, math issue, right. It's an issue of mathematics. quarterbacks that are all elite. It's just not... That 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 isn't elite. 12, top twelve is not elite. Again, I told you about redefining elite. You know. Um, yeah. Well, that's why when you hear people throwing it around to describe people like Flacco and Eli Manning, I realize the term is now being redefined. Redefined is who's good for a season. You know, you're really good for a season. Now you're elite. I mean, it's there's there. I mean, there are elite players, but there's just so much. And isn't that every position? I mean, that's the big issue with, with just in terms of trying to value draft classes. People have to realize is that you're not always going to have an elite player in a draft class. You're just not. And in this draft class in particular, I mean, you know, pass rushers. There are no elite pass rushers in this draft class. There's very good pass rushers, but there's no elite pass rushers. There's no guys that you would consider to be a Justin Houston, to be – at the Mark Square to be, you know, any of those types of guys that we've had in the past or Jared Allen. And we don't even have Jared Allen. We only have a small school guy who's, like, really big and really athletic, you know, 
in terms of being really tall and really athletic and stuff like that. Um, we don't even have that. And the same thing goes with the kind of the quarterback position. I mean, as much as people want to say Marcus Mariota is elite, I would say maybe, maybe. I mean, like in terms of the offense he's playing in, I mean, it's really hard to say he's elite based on the offense he played in. And that was, I mean, that was the most striking thing because, you know, I went back and watched uh, the um, the playoff game, you know, between Mariota and Winston. And, you know, you watch Seamus Winston, you see he's gaining the field, he's hitting check downs, right? He's throwing the ball away when he needs to throw it away. And then you put on Marcus Mariota and he's not really checking the football. He's just kind of first read. Boom, first read, boom, you know, second, maybe progress to the second read, boom. You know, it doesn't really throw the ball away. Just kind of keeps his kids, like, it's really, like, that's, that's, I mean, that's the big difference. It's just that with Winston, you get a guy who's very projectable in terms of the traits. When Mariota, you don't, you have some traits, you don't have all the traits. And I, and there's always been a talk about, the quarterback, you know, the top two quarterbacks not being the, the, the guys, right? So, Winston and, and Mariota both falling. Um, but I just, I, I know this is just speaks to this draft class that I really don't know what teams are going to do. You know, are they going to take the quarterback who is barely called any plays? Are they going to take the quarterback who has two sort of rapey sort of allegations against him with all the other sort of immature type stuff. It's, I don't know, it's just a mess, man. But it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I mean, I I, I will give you that. It's going to be kind of fun to see what everybody does. But, I don't know. You know, traits is a term. I always use the term. So and so has the traits, you know, and so I'm going to go ahead and take the traits, even if they don't have the absolute disease. They don't have this, they don't have, you know, this number of stars, so they, don't, they haven't shown the ability to do these particular things. I'm just going to go ahead and. Oh, what? I, you're kind of breaking up a little bit. Oh, I was saying sometimes the term traits has always been something you hear people ta- toss around. You know, so-and-so has blah, blah, blah traits. I like these traits. I, I look at so-and-so's traits. and <laughs> right, you know, right, right. Well, you know what I'm talking about. Well, you can't pass up these traits. Well, I mean, traits are cool. I mean, I'm I'm not against traits, but there's a question of if, whether or not you're getting a football player to go with them, I think is the question, or at least a, the kind of football player you might happen to need to actually accomplish certain football things, you know, like a better way of putting it, you're getting the football things to go with this as well. And that's the big question, I think. 
Right. Well, that's because there's there's traits that you're not recognizing, I guess. And what I mean by that is, you know, metrics is looking at how powerful you are, how fast you are, how quick you are, how productive you were, you know, in college uh, to a certain extent. And when you just look at how tall they are or how big they are, hey, this guy ran as fast as this guy, or hey, this guy's as quick as this guy, hey, you know, James Winston was one point away from being Andrew, you know, from being Peyton Manning and Russell Wilson on the Wonder Lake, and yet people still don't understand that there's a huge difference between getting a 27 and a 28 on the Wonder Lake just from a statistical standpoint. Um, It's, I don't know, there's, there's, I don't know. It's just the thing about numbers even is that there, there's people kind of assume, you know, he ran, oh, he ran 4-5. Hey, it's close to 4-4, four, four. you know, or 4-3. Or you know, it's it's like people don't understand that there's a huge difference between the – and I know people go, oh, well, how can that be such a huge difference? Well, it's a big difference in the, in the world of numbers, a 4-3 or 4-4 four, four, there's a big difference between a four three and a four four, and a big difference between a four five and a four four. There's right. Well, I mean, in, in baseball, if someone has a ninety four mile an hour fastball, they can be a fastball pitcher. But if you have a ninety one mile an hour fastball, you better have a couple other pretty good pitches. So exactly. it doesn't seem like it doesn't seem like a big difference until you're trying to throw it past somebody. Doesn't seem like a big difference until you actually see what the you know the the results are. Right. on the field, and um, that's that's why we get into people comparing, you know, DJ Humphreys and Tyron Smith. That's why we get into people comparing oh. Andres Pete to Wentworth, and, you know, it, it's where you kind of go, well, he's close enough, and yet you don't realize it. I mean, again, I'm not saying Jameis Winston Wonderlick is bad. 27 is pretty good. I mean, Joe Flacco got a 27 on the water. Um Honestly, and I don't want to, like, I, you know, we were talking about, you know, what if James was to get the bad Wonderlick, you know, remember when we had that conversation? And he ended up yeah. getting a really good Wonderlick, honestly. I mean, in mm-hmm. terms of the whole, you know, African-American quarterback, right, you know. Yes, know, we all know this. We all know the, 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 the thoughts that go through people's minds when they think about African-American, <laughs> even now, about African-American quarterbacks. Uh, and we'll delve con- more deeply into that, but I have one of my one of the more interesting prospects I've had a chance to watch the last year, year and a half, in Mr. Jaron Irby. I, hey, I hope I going? pronounced that correctly. Is it pronounced Jaron? Yeah, you did. Okay, just make it sure. Um, you had quite a little odyssey in your football career. Tell people how you first got started playing the game, and tell us a little bit about. Um, how football sort of won your heart over other sports you may have played when you were younger? Um, I, my my dad and my older brother both were very good basketball players. So mm-hmm. uh, my dad my dad was an AAU coach, and uh, of course, you know, it's kind of like the family business. When I was younger, I started uh, running track and playing basketball, and the the basketball skills weren't weren't about as heightened as uh, my dad. So. Then we tried out football, and um, my first year, you know, I didn't really know what I was doing, but I was really fast. So um, my second year, uh, 
going into like the first practice, my coach just had, like asked me like how 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 would you feel playing quarterback? And who wouldn't want to play quarterback, you know? But that's 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 sixth grade pop Warner, so it's not a lot of throwing; it's a lot of running with the quarterback. So um, I started uh, I started um, actually playing, actually being in the game, really sixth grade, um, running a lot and um, played outside linebacker, I think, on defense. And you know, as I got older and actually realized what I started liking, I switched to um, corner and wide receiver. But um, my my sophomore year of high school at El Cerrito, uh, about a week about a week before our first game, I was, I was I was on a fly route at wide receiver and the corner like the corner was beat, so he is still looking back at the ball and the uh, the quarterback threw a bad ball way up in the air about ten yards short of me or something. I had to like go back to it, and the cornerback still running looking back. I jump in the air and he flips me. I break my tibia. Oof. Going in the going into my sophomore year of um, high school football, and so then after that, I figured all offense isn't for me. I don't want any more broken, you know, any more broken body parts. So after after I recovered from that injury, um, I switched to strictly playing cornerback, and um, I did well. I did well at El Cerrito. And my senior year, I actually moved to Concord and went to a school called Ignacio Valley. Unfortunately, um, we had we had a first year head coach, first year like being in coaching period, so he didn't know a whole lot. We have we have a lot of great talent. We have a guy named Tui Talia who uh, went JUCO and is actually up at Oregon now, being really really talented. Um, also a wide receiver from there. Um, ended up going to BYU, Grant Jones, and then also myself. But um, because of, you know, the coach not, you know, having um, much knowledge in the college route or having any connections is is very limited getting um, people interested in me coming from, you know, big California. You got to be a known guy. And um, actually, I kind of lucked out. Uh, We made it to the playoffs in the first playoff game. We played a team called Bishop O'Dowd, and I yeah. had a well, – Bishop O'Dowd is a factory. Yeah, always. Uh, Ivan Rapp. Mm-hmm. Ivan Rapp uh, just came out of there for basketball. But, yeah, they, they have a factory every year. The, the year we played them in the playoffs uh, in football, I believe they had about three or four guys um, get signed eventually somewhere. I know um, they sent a couple of guys one, to Washington, a couple of guys to Cal, and a couple yeah, guys yeah, to Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Mhm. Exactly. Yeah, and I'm 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 very close with some of them. But any anyway, um yeah, so we have our we had that playoff game at Bishop O'Dowd and there's a scout there um that came to watch someone for them and after the game we ended up losing. And after the game he came up to me and he was like, "Hey, you know, you, you look good out there. You know, I like your game, blah blah blah. Uh, what what school are you going to or how do you narrowed it down and whatnot?" And see me, I I, I barely talked to anyone uh, at that point. Like I, I barely, you know, really communicated with anyone. I didn't know much. Like my, I didn't know much about the process or anything. And so then, uh, after I told him, like I didn't actually have any official offers. I talked to some people, but I didn't have nothing set. And he was like, "Oh, you got to be kidding me!" You know. So he he reached out to a lot of different programs and stuff for me and. Um, I have I have I have a lot of like some D1 AA like walk on type stuff because it was last minute, but I got um 
a lot of major attention from some D2s, and Wayne State was actually one of the first people to contact me. So um, it was kind of, it's, it's partially a loyalty thing kind of when I ended up picking them. Um, obviously Humboldt, which is close to here in California, um, mm-hmm. got got some good, uh, they, they wanted me to come, but they I think I think they had like a lot of corners or something at the time. I think that, that, that was what made the difference. I narrowed it down to Humboldt, and Wayne, and um, at Wayne, they were talking about, depending on how I do, they're going to bring in about four corners or something in, in my class, but they barely, they barely had any on the roster, and they were saying, you know, depending on how I do compared to the other guys they bring in, I have a chance to start right away. And, you know, co- kind of confident guy, I, I figured if, if I'm going D2, I better be able to measure up with whatever competition's there. Um but see, the, the other thing is I, I went early. Like, I started school early. So I, I graduated at 17, ended up going there to Wayne, and I actually started part of my freshman year still at the age of 17. So now going back, look at, looking at it, I really wish I redshirted and developed, you know, a little more. One, because I'm already a year younger. And then most guys, especially even D1 guys, are redshirting. And so now, like, I come out to these different uh, tryouts and the regional combine and all these type of things. Like, I just had the tryout with the Niners yesterday, and I'm matched up with these other guys that are 23, 24, might be a little bigger body. You know, they're at their full development. Um, I kind of think of it like two ways. One, I kind of wish, you know, I had that year or two to be bigger where, where they might be, but at the same time, it, you you can't deny, um, you know, my stature with how young I am, and, and I'm not even close to my ceiling, you know? Right. So, so I kind of try to you're, think you're, of it positively. Like, you're not even 22 yet. You're still 21, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm still 21. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. But, um, yeah, so I, I, I just try to think of it as a positive light. Like, you see this guy that's competing with these other guys, you know, for, for for this opportunity. And he's two, maybe three years younger than some of them, and, and he's right there with them. So you, you take that into consideration, I feel like, in the right atmosphere, you know, with the right coaching and development, I can like, – like the ceiling's not it, – it's not, it's, not, it's not even near yet, you know. Every year I'm steadily progressing. So, yeah. But, yeah, so, like I said, it ends up going to Wayne – um, started started my freshman year, um, part not the whole year. Uh, partially, I had to work my way into the starting lineup. Sophomore year, same thing. I had um, honestly had some like attitude type problems with the coach. Um, oh really? He yeah did he 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 is he is kind of like he is he is actually a, a really good guy, father figure type you know with me and cause, just because me being younger you know wanting to do. Basically, my thing, like with my technique and whatnot, because because it worked, like you know, uh, I wanted to do, I wanted to line up how I wanted to line up, and I wanted to play with the quarterback, or you know, kind of kind of just add my own little twist in the in the things, and, and it was working. So I didn't feel like I needed to to shift that, but my coach wanted me to, you know. So so when you're younger, you kind of you kind of don't think big picture like. Right. You know, you you see what you see what you're doing, and you think that, like like coach, look, like I'm making plays, I'm doing things. Why would I switch? I'm not going to switch. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to keep doing what I want to do. 
So eventually, like, like he he didn't like that. So he he not start me and switch me in every series or something like that. And then one game, I, I don't, I can't remember if I, I just was lining up wrong or what it was. But one game, the team was airing it out on us, like we were they were passing the whole game, and he he sat me down, like because I didn't listen to him about something. So he sat me down, and so we have like. I remember, I remember it distinctly. Wearing um, a, a dime package, we got about five, six DBs on the field because they're spreading it out four or five wide. And the head coach goes and like notices I'm not on the field, and then goes and just chooses not just chooses chooses the defensive coordinator out. Like, why is Drew not on the field? This and that. You have all these guys out there. They're airing it out, and he's not even on the field. And then like he came and talked to me, and like you, you see what happens, like. Not only does our defense suffer, like, I, I even get in trouble, you know, like, we need you out there, but you have to listen to me. So that, that kind of was a, that kind of was a turning point. But, um, eventually, but he, he actually, um, ended up even getting fired after my sophomore year. And I had a, a different D coordinator my junior and senior year who I clicked very well with. And, and he, he's honestly a big reason why I am where I am right now. Um, his name's Mike Aldridge, Coach Aldridge. Um, he was the head coach at Augustana before he came to Wayne State. But anyway, um, I, I really liked him as not only a, like not only a coach, but he he's probably the first coach that really like you know gets gets real personal with you and you can really talk to him about anything, not just the coach, but you know someone someone you really want to play for. So that pushed me like he had he had all the confidence in the world in me. And so, you know, you, you don't want to let people you care about down. So I kind of took it as treating him like family. I, I'd hate to let my family down. I don't want to, I don't want to let Coach A down. So I took, I took my training and stuff basically to the next level and really started working hard and pushing. And my coaches started talking about how I should be, you know, the best cornerback in the region. It's not like D2, like you, you have the talent. And, you know, you just have to go out and prove it. Don't, don't be – don't be stagnant. Don't don't just be satisfied with good. You know, try to be great. So, I kind of took that upon myself. And um, my my junior year, going into my senior year, that summer, instead of going back home like most people do, because Wayne's a very small town. You know, uh, Midwest uh, Nebraska, right. maybe about four thousand people in the town. Nothing to do. You know, which which is actually good for you, athletic wise. So, you know, instead of going out or something, we usually just go lift or go work out. <laughs> But anyway, in, the, in that summer, instead of going home, I actually stayed the whole summer. I went home a week, but I stayed the whole summer. And it's probably about, I don't know, like besides, besides the town, there's less than probably 50, like, college students there or anything. So I'm in my big – I'm in my uh, house right off campus, and um, I'm going to my one summer class, and I'm working out every day in the morning. I'm bored. I go home, watch some TV, recover. There's nothing to do. I'm going to go work out again. So I'm doing that day after day after day for months straight, and it, it took my game to a whole nother level. Now, you come from a pretty talent-rich area. Who are some of the best guys you faced coming up when you were growing up, uh, either played with or played against before you, you got to college? Oh, yeah, definitely. Like I said, um, uh, Tui Talias, who was a DN for um, for Ignatia Valley, to, uh, he graduated in my year 2011. He ended up going to 
Diablo Valley College, and now he's a dean at Oregon. He's a monster. Um, he should have been, like, a four-star athlete or ranked or whatever coming out of high school. But like I said, with our coach, we didn't really have no one to put us on, stuff like that. Tui Kalia was, was really good. The best wide receiver I've faced, Trevor Davis, um, graduated my year. He ended up going to Hawaii. He's now at Cal. We're good friends. We work out now. Um, their spring games actually today. Trevor Davis, number nine at Cal. Um, T.J. King, who went to Bishop O'Dell, he's at UC Davis now. He's a wide receiver. Um, who else have I played against? Oh, um, can't think of his name. Um, it's crazy because he actually transferred to my conference too. But um, oh, Ricky Lloyd, uh, my senior year, uh, he went. To, he went to Concord High. He, I think, was fourth in the nation in like passing yards and touchdowns. He led California. Uh, like almost every every uh, quarterback statistic, Ricky Lloyd from Concord High, he ended up uh, going to Southern Miss, but then he, he messed up his leg, and after that um, he lost his starting position, and he actually transferred to um, a D2 school, which is in my conference, called Minnesota Mankato. But yeah. um, unfortunately, unfortunately Formerly known as Mankato State. Yeah, I'm very familiar with that school. Yeah, yeah, yeah Minnesota Mankato State, yeah, very good program. And um, unfortunately, I was hurt that game, so I didn't get to play against him again. But, you know, we talked after the game and whatnot. Real good guy. Um, also, uh, just some, some other friends. Michael Barton, uh, linebacker for Cal. He's really good. Um, I know Marcellus Pippins, a corner from uh, – he goes to Washington State now. Um, I was just at that uh, uh, the Raider workout with Mario Brown, who – went to Bishop O'Dowd and um, is now at Washington, uh, I'm sorry, at Eastern Washington, as well as Ricky Galvin. Uh, uh, we work, we do speed training all the time. Ricky Galvin went to Berkeley High, um, then went to Washington State. Um, yeah, uh, I, I could keep going. The, the, list, the list is long. <laughs> it's, it's, it's talent out here every, every year, every, every position. Oh, yeah, also a uh, little DJ, DJ Calhoun. Um, kind of like a little brother of mine, even though he might be bigger than me now. Uh, he is, a, uh, I think, like top five linebacker in California two years ago. Started at Arizona State last year as a freshman. About to be a sophomore at Arizona State. Real, he, 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 he has a, he has a lot going for him. He's going to be a problem. <laughs> hard, hard to disagree with that. Um, I'm going to mm-hmm. open it up to my co-host, Mr. Coburn. Tell me about. Uh, some of the guys that some of the things you may want to know about uh, the, some of the young men we have, especially now we have a very interesting, a fascinating a prospect. Because first of all, I was wondering how he got all the way from. I mean, that's not an easy journey, you know. You make it all the way from the Bay Area, you make it past all of the schools. I mean, the big schools, <laughs> oh, yeah. but then you made it past all these smaller schools: Cal, San Luis Obispo, UC Davis. I mean, how you? I was wondering how did you get past all of them? <laughs> but uh, he went. I was gonna say yeah, like like I said, even even though I heard of them, and, you know, of course, like I know the big Pac-12 schools, and then also like Sac State, uh, like you said, San Luis Obispo and whatnot. I didn't really know, um, I guess, how to get them interested in me or get you know mm-hmm. or get my film out there to them. Like I didn't uh, make a highlight tape till 
I didn't make a highlight tape till it was almost too late. Like, I, I had uh. literally, like, no one really helping me in the process except that guy who saw me at the playoff game. And that was that was basically right before signing. You know, like, everybody kind of already nailed down their guys. and I didn't even have a highlight tape set up. He had to help me do that. So it's kind of is kind of me not knowing the process, and then not having someone there to say, "Hey, you should be doing this or you should be doing that," and 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 basically, like I said, with with the, with the um, D two stuff, that's that's what started coming in. But by that time, most of the D one you know programs had already had their guys, or or they were saying, "Yeah, you could." We like you. You could come walk on, but you know nothing's promised. So I didn't. I didn't really like like the walk on side at that time. You know, seeing seeing what I've done now, I might have you know reconsidered. But also, um, uh, I know a lot of guys who went the JC route. Mm-hmm. But a, a, a thing for me, a thing for me, I, I I thought it would be best for me to get out of here and you know go somewhere else and. One, I know I'd have like limited distractions or whatnot. There, there's a lot of things that you guys back. There, we're right about there's a lot that. Of, <laughs> yeah, there's a there's a like the names that I that I named that you asked me about with different guys out here. There's so many more guys like that that never make it out, you know. And 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 the thing for me being out here, uh, going to a JC, football wise would have been you know would have been great. Like you, um, the SF City coach uh, visited me while I was at Ignacio and was saying the year before they they sent I think twenty four guys D one and you only can yeah and you only can have what twenty two starters so that means two guys that didn't, didn't even start went D one so you know just that and his whole approach made it real tempting to, to possibly go to City but the thing I was thinking about is JC is, is just like high school. Like you know, it's it's a lot. Of, it's a lot of like childish activity going on. It's a lot of bad stuff. You know, you might you might get caught up with it. You know, just unfortunate things may happen. And, and I figured I'd, I'd take my chances with a team where you know they're saying I could possibly play right away if if I do what I need to do. And if if the ball is in my court, you know, I'm going to do what I need to do. So I figured it, it might be best just to get out of here and. And even though it's not D1, what I want to do, make the most of this situation, and, you know, I could be, possibly be where I am now. And I, I still feel like it worked out for the best, even though it, it would have been lovely to be in, you know, a top-notch program. Okay. So, Mr. Coburn, what questions do you have for uh, Mr. Irby? Uh, sure. Um, I guess if you could kind of describe, uh, you know, the type of Scheme that you're primarily in, and uh, and how they and how they use you, or how you like to be, mm-hmm. you know, used as, as you were talking about. Mm-hmm. Well, see, it, um, it it's kind of it's kind of tough to say, but because I was, um, I'm really good at man. <laughs> I'll, I'll just I'll just say it like that. I, I like to think of myself as a lockdown corner in the NFL. That's a lot tougher to do than at the D2 level, obviously. But I, I consider myself a lockdown corner, and the scheme we we mainly were in is a a cover four concept, usually cover four or man. Um, Coach A, um, he he's a he's a aggressive aggressive um, 
tight defensive coordinator, so he put he put me in the other corner out there on the island a lot, send some pressure. So he knew we'd you know do our part to hold it down most of the time. So um, I, I like man. I was usually I was usually a boundary corner because in um, at least in our conference, a lot of teams would try to go three by one and put their best guy in um, that boundary, you know, have him work that corner one-on-one. So a lot of times I was in the boundary locked on man-on-man. If, if, they, have two guys, if they have two guys in that boundary, then, I, you know, turn, it usually turn into a cover four concept. But, you know, we switched it up a little bit, sometimes cover two. I, I actually also like playing that uh, field side, though, because they get to make a lot of plays, if, if, especially if you're in, like, a zone or, you know, you have all that space, you can read what the quarterback likes to do. It's it's a lot easier getting interceptions when um, you're in that zone uh, or on that, that, field, that field side where you have a lot more space to work with. Or if it's a run, you know, if you got a, if you got a swing pass coming out or something, it's really easy to react, come up fast and make a big hit or, you know, th- things like that. Like when you're when you're in man one on one, it's a lot it's a lot more technical, and you usually don't make a lot of huge plays unless they throw it to you. You just you know make that make that man interception or 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 such. Because if it's a run, if you if it's a run and I'm in man like I usually am, they'll just run you off. So you know a lot of times I may not get to come down and hit someone as much as I might want if I was on that uh, that field side. So. I, I definitely, I definitely like the man, and I like, I like the receiver, knowing that you know, like I'm here all day, every day, like whatever you want to do, I'm here. Like you got to go through me. I, I really like that part of the game, but also, I love to, I love to play that, play that field side, and really use my keys, um, maybe in a, in a cover three or a zone type concept, and you know, make, make the quarterback do a mistake, you know, force them into a mistake or if it's a if it's a run to the outside or something, come down, you know, lay lay a huge hit on the running back. I I I like doing it all basically, but to to keep it simple because my coaches are smarter than me. I've I've been the I've been the boundary like man type corner um for the last few years. So I'd say that's I'd say that's what I'm best at. Okay. Let me just check on something. Is DeAndre Carter still with us? Yes, I'm here. Yay. Okay, so we have Mr. Irby. I don't know if you guys have ever crossed paths before, but he is. Hey, we uh, we actually uh, been with each other oh, yeah. the last two days. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's my guy. Okay. Yeah. I thought you might have at some point encountered each other. So, DeAndre, I'm going to ask you a few questions, but before I launch into uh, your fascinating story, give me a thumbnail sketch. Break 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 down, Mr. Irby. Give me uh, put on your scouts. You know, whistle and stopwatch and hat and uh, uh-huh. and, and sweats and scouting. Uh, give me, give me a hey, give me a scouting report on Mr. Irby. No, yeah, just uh, just you know, just I haven't seen a film or anything like that, but just for me, I'm running for the last couple of days. Uh, very athletic, very athletic corner. Got pretty good hips. Um, great, pretty good ball skills. You know, getting in and out of breaks. Uh, very quick footed. Um, I think he he'd be a pretty good press corner. Got a little length on his arms. Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't know about you know. I can't really say too much. You know, I haven't watched the film, but seems like you know, pretty athletic, real good, real smooth. Uh, I think he'd be a pretty good corner in the league, to be honest. Okay. 
not a bad little scouting report. Um, I'll ask you to give me a little more information about him in a little bit, but give me now let's talk about you, sir. Uh, yeah. I've had a lot of fun watching you. Had a chance to have your quarterback on, and uh, that man loves you. You know, in a way that quarterbacks love receivers. That's special, no, yeah. special quarterback receiver love. Uh, yeah. So tell me about how it is you you got introduced to football, DeAndre. Um, how football found you, or you found football? Yeah, I started playing football when I was ten years old. Uh, it's been in my family for a while. You know, my grandpa, my grandfather played. Um, at McClellan's High School in Oakland. You know, wow. my dad played. Another legendary dad, school. Yeah, it is. My dad played um, at any place in high school in in San Jose. So, you know, it's been, it's been in the family for a while. But I started playing when I was 10, um, Pop Warner League. Um, and kind of just, you guys, kind of just kind of where it started. Kind of fell in love with it. You know, before 10, before I was 10, you know, I would watch, watch all the games, you know, on TV and stuff like that with my dad. And, you know, I always just wanted to play. And when I was 10, my dad, you know, decided, you know, I was old enough to play, I can go out and I can do it. I kind of fell in love with the game. So, yeah, it started at about 10 years old. Okay. And where you grew up, there's some other guys who people might know their names. Uh, mm-hmm. Talk about that area, guys that you grew up around that play this game as well. Or, yeah, or definitely. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, growing up, um, out of my high school, we had a kid named Rasan Vaughn. Um, he was, he went to San Mateo during college out of high school, then went to Oregon, um, had a couple run, had a couple things, a couple games in the league, um, played about two years, you know, on practice squad and stuff like that. Uh, but he was a great athlete. We had guys like Rashad Evans, Marshawn Lynch come out mm-hmm. in the area that I'm from. Um, and Marshawn Lynch, he, uh, you know, I've hung out with him a couple of times and, you know, he's been kind of a, kind of helped me out with the process that's going on now. Um, coming out this year, we got Marcus Peters. Um, going up through high school, like in passing leagues and uh, you know the, the camp circuit in the summer. You know, I was always me and him were always, always kind of in the same area, so you know, kind of grew up around him, watching him, and he's might be a first round pick this year. So he's a you know he's a baller, and you know, just just a lot of guys. And the Bay Area is kind of you know a, a rich a rich place for athletes, and you know it's good to see you know people getting out and you know putting on for the Bay Area. Did you ever you mentioned some great games? Did you ever get to play against any of those guys, either youth leagues or, or high school? Uh, I played against Marcus Peters. We did I never never like in an official game, but we did like seven on sevens together um, against each other and stuff like that. But I never I never played against any any of those guys like that. I played against Rashad Evans um, out of Logan um, my freshman year, but. Other than that, I've never, I've never played against any, guy, any of those guys. Okay. So you in playing the game, you played a couple of positions. When did you finally settle in at, at, at wide receiver? Uh, probably my sophomore year of high school, sophomore, junior year of high school. Um, growing up, you know, just everybody played running back in Pop Warner. You know, all <laughs> the, the athletes, everybody played running back. So I grew up playing running back, and I played a lot of – Safety corner. Um, earlier in my earlier in my career, um, just like in high, a little bit mostly in high school. I played a lot of defense in high school, but uh, yeah, I was about sophomore junior year of high school. I kind of stuck to receiver and you know just kind of started working on my craft and trying to be the best the best receiver I could be. Okay, so you said you played a little bit of corner as well. What was that like for you? And obviously, at some point, you realized 
you're better suited to playing on the other side of the ball. But what did you learn or what did you take away from the times that you did play corner? Yeah, for me, I actually think I was a better corner in high school than I was a receiver, but I like going touchdowns, so I play receiver. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, but you're playing corner, you just kind of, you know, me playing receiver, I kind of just remember back to, you know, my mindset um, when I was playing corner and kind of try to kind of see, you know, the things that I would do and see corners doing it. You know, and I kind of know how some corners will play in certain situations, you know, because, you know, I used to do it, you know, a lot. So, you know, having that experience of being able to being, have done it before, you know, I can kind of use that, you know, to my advantage when I play receiver. Okay. And uh, I kind of asked – the reverse question, I'm going to ask it in your direction, Mr. Irby. So give me a little scouting report on uh, DeAndre Carter. How would you defend him? What have you noticed about him? Um, I, I actually have seen some of this film just from um, – I, I have a friend that, you know, went to school and told me about him and whatnot. So I, I looked him up a while ago, and he's real explosive. I, I like I like what he brings to the table. Quick, shifty receiver. He actually – Honestly, he thought he was uh, bigger than he was. He looked real big in the past, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> he, he, he's, he's a solid. He's a solid guy. See, seeing him, seeing him um, last few days working out. You know, like the defense, like we kind of focus on us. So I haven't seen like a whole lot, you know, in the individual type stuff. But I, I watched him run his forty yesterday, and it's funny because um, I, I kind of turned and I, I watched about the last fifteen meters or so. And I was like, damn, he is moving. He looks fast. So afterward, you know, we were talking, and I was like, it looked like he was moving fast, bro. That looks fast. And and he turned and looked like, man, that one was slow. So if I'm thinking he's moving fast and he, he thinks he's moving slow, then that that kind of tells you what kind of guy he is. He, he probably can, you know, turn it on even more. But but from, from the film from the film I've watched, he, he's definitely been doing this thing. He's a... He's a, a nice shifty receiver that can do something once he has the ball, and that's always a problem. It's it's kind of easier when when you got a guy that you know can catch or whatever, but it's kind of easier to get him get him down or whatever after right. the catch. He's looking for a soft place, right? I caught the ball. Yeah, and I just need to exactly. get down, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. When you when you dealing when you dealing with a guy that that likes to do something once he has the ball, you know it it makes it it makes it a lot harder on the corner. So. Uh, I definitely like his game. Yeah, I think DeAndre is going to make his initial impact in the league as a return guy. Uh, so, yeah. so you guys ever actually race? Ever you know just head up, run to see who who's got a little more? <laughs> no, nah, we we never done that. But uh, <laughs> we had we we, we hadn't even we hadn't even met till the other day, like till oh. two days ago. Oh, okay. Well, I'm not trying to plant any seeds in anyone's mind because I know all the trash that would be talked, if, you know, after. But both you guys clearly can run. I'd love to know, you know, who might who might prevail. Uh, that would be an interesting thing to know. But I, I'm not going to I'm not trying to start anything. That's not in my nature. So uh, we'll, we'll we'll talk about it later. Yeah, we can make that happen. You know, future off season. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Coburn, what questions do you have for either Jaron or DeAndre? I guess for DeAndre, um, in terms, you know, in terms of your quarterback, uh, Saffron, if you were to describe him, because I mean, in all honesty, man, in, in this in this quarterback class, in this draft class, 
Uh, even if it wasn't this draft class, he's just one of those guys that people are not uh, at, at the quarterback position this year are just not. I, I don't know. I don't understand why he's not getting talked about more, but um, mm-hmm. it, you know what? What was that whole you know relationship like with you and him, and uh, and uh, how how do you how do you guys think you did uh, in terms of your time at Sacramento State? No, yeah. Uh, with G, I, I would say just relationship wise, he's like my brother. You know, what I mean, we we hang out all the time. You know, off field when we can, I mean, off the field when we can, you know, I'll go down to his, his home in Southern California and things like that and hang out with him. But, yeah, we're, we're real close off the field. Um, and football-wise, I mean, he, he's a baller. You know, mm. to me, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't have won any other quarterback, you know, through my four years in college. Um, he has a tremendous, tremendous amount of heart. I mean, probably, you know, aside from myself, the most amount of heart of anybody I've ever played with, um, you know, in, in my whole time playing football. You know, you know, get hit, bruises, you know, nicks, slice through it every time. Um, even even when you don't think you can. You know, I mean he's that type of, he's that type of guy. And you know, for him, you know, with this with the draft process and everything, and it's it kinda just, you know, coming from a small school it's kinda hard sometimes to get all the notoriety you kinda deserve. You know, I mean, me and him we, we both have have had conversations about it and are kinda going through the same process right now. So, um but you know, I, mean, I think with G, all, all he needs is an opportunity. You know, get in the camp. You know, show show teams what he can do, and I think he'll stick on the team. You know, you know, pretty quickly, pretty easily. You know, he's that type of guy. He'll go out. He's very competitive, and you know, I, I just know, you know, the type of player that he is. He'll go out. and He'll thrive in those type of you know quarterback battle quarterback battle situations. So you know, I'm just excited for him and him and his future. And I'm pretty sure he'll have a long career in the NFL. He's he's a battler. He's a warrior. I love him. Oh yeah, um, for sure. <laughs> I believe Nick Thrasher is joining us as well. First of all, cool name. Is that you, Nick? Mr. Thrasher, is that you? Okay, somebody is – who's from Atlanta? Who, who's, who just jumped, jumped on from, like, the Atlanta, Georgia area? Probably Nash Nance. Oh, it's you. It's Nash. Woo-hoo. Okay. I have two Georgia boys. Okay, so you're one of them. Okay, so we've got a quarterback, a wide receiver, and a corner. So this is going to be an interesting little three-way. Um, so let me introduce you, gentlemen. Nash Nance is a tremendously underrated but fascinating quarterback prospect. Started his career originally in Tennessee and then made his way down to beautiful Hampton, Sydney, in my home state. We also have uh, J. Ron Irby, who is a long but athletic corner who is beginning to finally get some heat after a very impressive collegiate career, and one of my uh, guys, uh, all-underappreciated team member, uh, in fact, a starting wide receiver on my all-underappreciated team, Mr. DeAndre Carter, is with us. Uh, so, Nash, thank you for joining us. It was a challenge, but we finally got you here. Yeah, that's right. No problem. Glad for y'all having me. Uh, a pleasure. So, first of all, tell us a little bit about – you've been playing football since you were fairly young. How did you first get introduced to the game, and what other sports did you play coming up? Well, uh, growing up, I came from a very athletic family. Uh, my dad and uh, mother were both basketball players, uh, as well as my granddad. Um, but originally, um, I kind of just played a lot of sports. I played football, baseball, basketball, tennis, golf. I uh, played everything when I was younger. And then uh, I was a late bloomer. Everybody in my family, uh, on the, my dad's side of the family, is all late bloomers. So 
Um, I, I guess I played golf up until uh, probably seventh or eighth grade, and then I kind of shot up and uh, kind of just became athletic. I uh, started running track, and then I decided I wanted to play quarterback, and then after that it was kind of a fairy tale. Okay. So how good a golfer were you? You don't mind me, don't mind me asking. <laughs> well, <laughs> well uh, I still play a fair amount. Uh, I mean, that was one of the reasons I did uh, choose Hampton Sydney is I was able to play on the golf team my first year there, and then the last two years uh, I knew I had to, um, you know, there were teams coming from the NFL during the spring, so I wasn't able to – participate my junior and senior year but um you know i was able to uh you know i'm, I'm probably a scratch golfer uh mm, somewhere right. you know good so pretty 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 decent i mean it's easy it's easier when you're athletic and you grow up playing it so yeah so you, what you're saying is essentially when you're one of those rookies in camp and you know the the you're getting taken advantage of by some of the older guys you can later get your revenge when you take them out on the golf course you act like oh i play occasionally and then later uh, yeah, slam them. Yeah, that's exactly right. Get them out there and hustle them. <laughs> there you go. Great. Um, I'm going to open it up to my co-host, Jim Coburn. So now we have uh, our, our tres amigos. We have, uh, of course, two who already know each other in, in Mr. Irby and Mr. Carter, and now we have Nash Nance. What questions do you have for them, Jim? Jim Coburn? James? Okay. He's struck dumb. Uh, Jim, I'll, 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 I'll make sure you're okay, but I'll, I'll continue on further. So, DeAndre, you were just basically professing your love for your quarterback, much as when he was on the show or uh, when he was on a few few weeks ago. He, he basically professed his undying love for you as well. And he talked about what it is he loved about you. One is you always got open. Uh, you were where he expected you to be, when he expected you to be there. When he needed a play made, you made the play. What kind of ball do you get when you uh, from 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 Mr. Saffron from from Garrett? What kind of quarterback is he in terms of just delivering a football? Yeah, he's uh he throws on the money every time. He throws dimes. We we you know after we get completion, we said it all the time. Um, he's very accurate. You know what I mean? I, I never had an issue. You know, trying to get a, a difficult ball from G or anything like that. But he uh you know he's very accurate. He throws it on the money deep balls, you know, drop them in there, you know, in the bucket all the time. And, you know, I mean, he made my he made my drive very easy, you know, in my time at Sacramento State. You know, they thought you could catch the I mean, you get the ball thrown in your chest. It's pretty hard to drop it a lot of times. So, you know, that's the type of quarterback he is. I actually discovered the two of you, both uh, your quarterback and you, both uh, Garrett and you, while following guy named T.J. Noel who I had first sort of uh, gotten acquainted with at South Florida, and he transferred to Sacramento State, and I was scouting him. And I was, you know, I was like, oh, let me see how T.J. Knowles is doing. And I'm watching. It's like, well, who's this little dude? Who's this quick little receiver they got? Oh, who's this yeah. crappy little sophomore quarterback they've got? Who yeah. seems to, you know, I mean, people talk about courage in the pocket and being able to face up and take hits and keep going. And that's what I noticed. And then I remember you guys played, was it Colorado? Yeah. Yes, I remember that game. And I thought to myself, how is no one talking about these guys? They yeah. just beat Colorado. Where's the love? Where's the love? Um, talk about your program. Who are some of the coaches that made an impact on you, and what are some of the things that you took away from your time as a Hornet? Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, coming out, you know, getting, getting to SAC, I got recruited by Coach Ingram, uh, Aaron Ingram. He was a running back coach at Sacramento State. He's at Nevada now. But, uh, I mean, him, I just – him and our old, our old head coach, Coach Herbeck, 
you know, I just want to, you know, just thank them, you know, because they they ones they believed in me and gave me the opportunity to play at SAC, um, you know, recruited me heavy here. So um, them and then now my offensive coordinator, Paul Peterson, uh, he's an offensive genius, genius, you know what I mean? You see, yeah. you see some of the some of the plays that we that we you know he designs and and those those type of things and you know he makes it easy for us to get open you know on a regular basis you know I mean we average you know north of thirty points you know this year thirty points a game this year so you know it's big big shout out to him and then my receiver coach now Jason Pollock has been had a big big influence on my my career you know teaching me a lot of the the little things of playing receiver and you know understanding you know how to stem and run routes you know so I can you know, so I can get open, you know, even that much quicker or, you know, better and that much more often. So just those, those guys got a great staff here. Uh, coach Sears is new head coach. Uh, just got an extension. You know, I think Sac State and their whole entire program is just on the rise right now, and it's going to be, you know, you're going to see a lot of a lot of uh, success here at Sacramento State. Okay. Are you out there trying to sort of uh, direct other young men to, to your school? Are you out there trying to – Talk talk to young men you know who might be considering Sacramento State and telling them. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, definitely. You know when they, you know they have you know host recruits you know during you know during the year stuff you know and if I'm around you know I definitely you know try to make an effort to go in and you know show them tell them about my time at Sacramento State and you know tell them more about the program try to get them to come here you know just you know I want to you know I came to Sacramento you know trying to leave a mark so I could you know kind of put it on the map. You know, so people can people can start talking about it. And, you know, and the more and the, the more talent we can get here, the more people we can get here. You know, it, the better it could be, the better team it'll be. So I definitely try to help a recruiter. Okay. Um, tell me about a favorite play. You've played in a sort of cu- couple of different systems, but tell me about a favorite play and how it was called in the original system you you came in under, and then under the system you've played in most recently. So yeah, give me, yeah, give me an example of that. Yeah, so my freshman year, we had more of a, a pro style offense when Coach Furbert was the offensive coordinator, and with him, it was a, we had a, it was a lot of verbiage. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we'll go we'll go uh, you know like uh, mascot and team city and stuff like that. You know, for run plays and things like that. Um, and his was his was more 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 I would say more NFL NFL you know type play calling. Right. Um, in in terms of the names and the length of the play, but now with Coach Peterson, you know he tries to he tries to simplify it. So we use numbers a lot. You know we'll go ace right, you know fifty eight, you know stuff and things like that. So it, it's real simple for us. You know now with Coach Peterson um, and fifty eight, you know it's kind of it's kind of a, a favorite play of mine. It's our smash concept. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know it, it, I, I scored scored quite a bit on that. So it's um it's been a very good play for us. Okay, and talk about. Um, what some people call the NCAA comp concept, whatever. It's like a post over dig with like a backside. Uh, what can be a couple things on the backside? Sometimes it might be a wheel on the backside or it might be just a. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, so we'll go. Yeah. It's a. Yeah, we call it. We, so, yeah, it's a. Really, what you're trying to do with that play, you're trying to put a. You're trying to put stress on the, the wheel backer. Right. Or the, the wheel or the mic backer. So, you'll, you'll run like a shallow or a shallow or a drag, or drag from, the, from the opposite side of the dig run a dig over the top of that and a post over the top of that. So the quarterback's read, he'll read the shallow dig concept first. If the backer jumps either one of them, you throw the opposite one. And then if you get a quarter's look and the safety jumps the safety jumps the dig, you can throw the post over the top for a touchdown. So uh, we, we, we've scored quite a bit on that. So mm-hmm. it's been a, that's been a good, good concept for us. Yeah, I would say that. 
I'm going to move it to Mr. Irby for a second. Obviously, teams start to avoid you because you were trouble for them. <laughs> and the, um, people talk about guys getting bored and things like that. Uh, what did you do once word sort of got out about the kind of corner you were? How did you still stay involved in the game? What, how, was your, how did your approach change once it became clear that teams didn't like to throw your way? Uh, honestly, um, on the field, on the field, I'm 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 kind of one of those guys that talks. <laughs> so, so a, a, Jogging, a, a corner who likes to talk. Yeah, yeah, it's weird, right? So, <laughs> so one thing, one thing I kind of noticed is is when you do that, a, a lot a lot of coaches are are like kids, and they're they're not necessarily stubborn, but they want to shut you up. You know, they they mm-hmm. they want to they want to. They want to prove to you that you're not as good as you think, or you know th- things like that. So if if they're beating you, you know you, you're not going to be talking. So if, if if I get a little bored, like if I'm on if I'm on their side or something, if if they might rarely throw my way or something, I might look to the sideline and say do it again or something. You know if it doesn't work or something, I'll give them the I'll give them the little rolling finger sign like like go again, try it again, or or if. If I don't know if the ball is not coming my way, I might you know say a little something to the coach. You know, not nothing out of disrespect or anything, just to you know kind of put something in his ear. Maybe maybe he'll be like, ah, oh, this guy. Let, 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 you know, let's let's see what he's talking about. See if he's up to the hype or this and that. But um, there there was really there was one game like I, I'd have games where they they you know try not to go my way. I might get one or two throws, but. One game, I got none at all, and and huh. it it was it honestly it's really frustrating. It's it's really frustrating, but um, right. you know you either way you you got to stay in the game either way. You got to make an impact as much as you can. If you realize they're not throwing your way, you know you gotta you gotta I guess not not necessarily get out of your technique and be too aggressive, but when you see you know runs or something, try to go make an impact. You gotta you know try to, that's that's just what I try to think. Make an impact on the game. Whenever you can, however you can, if you know if the ball is somewhere in the, your vicinity, even if it's after a catch, if it's somebody else's man, you know, go track them down, go 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 jump in on the pile, you know, stay active. That 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 makes me a little more hungry, though. You know, if if you're going if you're going my way the whole game, I might be, you know, I might be a little tired. If you're not going my way, I'm gonna have fresh legs. I'm gonna I'm gonna track the ball. I'm gonna you know try to be everywhere. So. You, you you just gotta you know stay positive, stay focused in the game. Um, honestly, I I'd never say I've gotten just bored out there, but it 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 gets I guess more frustrating than anything because you wanna you know you wanna make impact and and they're they're doing their game plan and taking you out of the game and you know like it, it's good for them, but it's like come on man, like <laughs> give me a, give me a chance, like at least try to beat me, you know, like who knows, just try. Of being scared—that's that's kind of the thoughts that go. That's the thoughts that go through my head. Okay, but yeah. Well, well, Nash, you're a pretty pretty aggressive guy as a quarterback. I've seen you make some what I call high difficulty throws. Uh, talk about okay. You as you said you played a bunch of different sports. You are really good all around athlete, but eventually, you know, it came time to to sort of pick one. What was it that finally made football your your choice, and then? Talk about a little bit about your high school career and your recruitment process, how that came about. 
Well, uh, let's see. I started playing quarterback really my uh, going into my freshman year, and then it just progressed that summer. Um, I got with a private quarterback coach and just started, you know, honing my craft, um, you know, just polishing everything up. You know, I was, I was such a good athlete, but at the quarterback position, you have to be very polished with your footwork, uh, with your throwing motion, and, you know, playing baseball and basketball and everything, I had a pretty natural throwing motion, so that wasn't – that wasn't a big problem for me to have, like most young quarterbacks. So that was that was good. Um, you know, as far as the recruiting process, uh, you know, I started off at Darlington. Um, I was there till my junior year of high school. Uh, played with uh, one of my good teammates, and uh, who ended up going to college, play college with Derek Rogers. We played at Darlington together, uh, and then I transferred to Calhoun, which is where I lived. Um, yeah, which is where I'd always lived and transferred to there my senior year to play. Um and then uh going going into uh, my junior year I'd already had uh, offers from Harvard, uh some you know, some prestigious some other prestigious schools, uh Ivy League schools. And then once I got to Calhoun I think I picked up about six or seven more offers. Uh Dan Mullins at Florida was probably my heaviest recruiter. Uh, in my high school career, he really wanted me to come to Florida. And then when he took the head coaching job at Mississippi State, he flew down to watch me play basketball, I believe, uh, four days after he took the job. So that was pretty cool. Um, you know, he wanted me to be his guy. That was probably the hardest phone call I had to make is when I told him that I wasn't going to come to uh, Mississippi State to play for him. Um, but anyways, uh, I, I was committed to Vanderbilt my whole senior year of football. Uh, and then after the season, I picked up about 12 more offers. Uh, so I wanted to make sure I was making the right decision. Ended up decommitting and uh, committing to the University of Tennessee and was there for two years. And then I left there. Um, was going, thought I was going to go to Harvard. was pretty sure we were going to get in, uh, either Harvard or Yale, but it didn't work out. And I looked at uh, two other successful academic programs uh, that had really good football teams, Lehigh and Holy Cross, and then kind of stumbled upon Hampton Sydney. fell in love with it, uh, just prayed about it a lot, and, uh, you know, decided to go there and, and never looked back since then. It's been a great three years, been extremely blessed, uh, played under a great coaching staff there and able to play against some really good players and with some really good players as well. So help me to – the little part of that process. So you said Vandy was clearly, you know, sort of out in front for a long time. What caused you sort of late in the game to end up changing your commitment from Vandy to Tennessee? Well, the biggest thing was they told me they weren't going to take another quarterback, um, which was great. You know, I thought uh, their quarterback position at the time, uh, I believe it was Larry Smith that was there. I believe that's who it was. And uh, so I knew I'd have a good opportunity coming in at Vanderbilt to play uh, young. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, they, they ended up getting um, Jordan Rogers. Uh, yeah. He was uh, coming out of JUCO. And so when they kind of did that, uh, you know, I kind of, you know, had to take a step back. And I just – I told them, you know, respectively, you know, y'all told me that you weren't going to take another quarterback. And, you know, they were like, well, he's, you know, a JUCO guy and, you know, you're coming out of high school. So I was like, well, you know, I want to make sure I'm making the right decision as well. Um, so that was a really tough process to go through. Um, but, you know, I think it made me a better person, made me realize, you know, uh, certain situations you have to face uh, in the world. And I think, you know, I made a decision. Um, it was a hard decision, but, um, you know, I think I made the best decision for me. And, um, you know, it's 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 been it's been a crazy ride, but, you know, I don't regret anything that's happened. Okay. 
And I'm thrilled that you've made your way to Hampton Sydney because you helped to put Hampton Sydney football on the map. Oh, yeah, uh, I think, that's right. <laughs> I think one of our other prospect guests just hopped on. Who just hopped on from uh, from like the Tampa or maybe a little south of Tampa area? Yes, this is Dominique Johnson. Uh, perfect, perfect, perfect. Okay, excellent. Uh, hold right there, Dominique. We're gonna we're making our way around the around the horn. So we've we've all talked a little bit about how the a lot goes into making a decision about where you finally go forward with your education, and that changes your life. I mean, not only where you play football, but it's where you get your education, it's where you make your friends. Some of us meet the person we might end up marrying. All kinds of things happen at your at your college experience. So even beyond football, uh, I'll start with DeAndre. Talk about some of the things that you found about Sacramento State that will stay with you and that made you feel like that was the right place, even just beyond the football field. DeAndre, can you hear me? Hey, DeAndre. DeAndre. Yeah, I'm here. Oh, okay. I was saying at Sacramento State, even beyond football, beyond the yeah. things that were going on football-wise, what else was it about Sacramento State that made it feel like it was home for you? Yeah, I mean, I'm from the Bay Area, and Sacramento is only about two two hours away. But, I mean, just coming up here, like, aside from football, like, the guys on the team, you know, we got a real family atmosphere here at Sacramento State, you know, within the team. Um, just hanging out with the guys off the field, it, it just it just felt like home. You know what I mean? And it's not, it's not too far from my actual home. You know, my family can come up, you know, and see the games when they want to. Um, and it's just like the campus is just a, it's a great atmosphere. You know, everybody, everybody pretty much gets along with everybody. Everybody talks to everybody, you know, so it's, I mean, it's just, it's just real family oriented, you know, especially within a team and it's just great people on campus. Okay. Obviously for you, Mr. Irby, it's not a situation when you were close to home. In fact, it's the opposite. You, you are in a very different part of the country from where you played your high school ball and grew up. Uh, what was it about where you are now, despite how different it is, that made it feel like it was the right spot for you? Uh, honestly, honestly, not even from not even from just a football perspective, but like you said, as like a life perspective and whatnot. I definitely uh, it, it it was a good decision for me. I grew a lot, you know, as a man, and. Um, even after football, I'm gonna gonna need that aspect. Um, but I, it, like you said, it's a totally different atmosphere. So it's, it's kind of like a whole another side of the world. You know, it's it's way different from the Bay Area, small town Nebraska. Um, like it, it kind of it kind of just makes you a lot more cultured. You know, you you learn how to you learn how to deal with, um, and not even just deal with, but engage and learn to you know like. People, you know, all different type of people. Because in the Bay Area, you're in you're in this type of bubble. Out there, they're in that type of bubble. You know, the more places you can go, and the more you know, cultured and diverse you can be, it, it'll help you deal with literally everyone. You know, so I feel I feel like I feel like it definitely helped me grow as as a person, and um, I I think that's that's probably that's probably the best part of. Of um, moving out there when I first when I was first out there I didn't like it at all like it was you know it's boring there's nothing to do or there's there's nowhere to go you know it's not fun it's cold you know so that that, that, that was that was that was my thoughts when I first you said, got there. You said, it's a, it's a, you said it's a town of about four thousand right something like that. Yeah, I, I think um, I think it's I forgot it's like four four 
4,600 people or something like that, something got crazy. It. Right. It's not, I got you. But, right. it's, but, but it's, funny, it's funny because you, you, you uh, see people and you meet people that 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 likes that and think that's big and they come from towns of they come from towns of four hundred and whatnot with, okay. with seven in with seven in their graduating class. <laughs> it, thir, thirty people at prom, you know, like their their life's totally different. But see you you learn you learn to embrace that and, you know, kinda of feel them from where they come from too. But um I, I think it's definitely a good decision overall for me because once I once I got into my motives of how far I wanted to try to take this football thing, um, a lot of, a lot of the I guess forward times or times where I I couldn't do something fun turned into me working out. You go on the list, you know, me um, late at night when on a Friday or something during off season when I I out here I might want to go out or something. I'd just be chilling watching film watching other people's footwork. You know, just, just a bunch of little things that I may not have been doing if I wasn't in the location I was in. That it it turned into me, you know, doing more for the football aspect and, and caring about it more. And then once I started to see the results, I'm like, this this isn't so bad. This is better than partying. You know, this is better than going out and stuff. I, I'd, rather, I'd rather be doing this anyway. Lifting and stuff, it got addicting, so... I'd just be doing that all the time, and it, it, it definitely turned out for the best for me. Sure, and your body changed. You said you were pretty skinny, and you were when you first oh, yeah. got there. What, what, do you, what are you now, height, weight? Where are you now? Uh, yesterday I was uh, listed at 5'10-something officially. Um, I forgot, 5'10-something. They, they use a bunch of little numbers. 5'10-5'8s, so, um, I believe, is what, what, what I heard. Okay, okay, 5'10-something. And I think I'm 181. Okay. So, I guess, so you put yeah, on, you put on that, a good, what, 16, 16 or so pounds since you got there then? Yeah, I, I was in the 60s when I first got there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was real small. Yeah, well, you know, nothing wrong with that. I was 163 when I showed up as a safety, supposedly, uh, at my school. <laughs> so, supposedly. Supposedly, yeah. I ended up being L3 on kick coverage most of the time. That's actually what I was. That's what I, my real position was. I was somewhere on the mm-hmm. depth chart at safety. I think I was at least in the single digits on the depth chart. I got out of the double digits, but it was, uh, I was buried deep on the depth chart. <laughs> yeah, I knew I was going pro in something other than sports by about the age of 19 or 20. So uh, let me go back to Dominique, who has a real chance to play at the next level because, first of all, you aren't slow and you aren't small, which I was both. Uh, tell us a little bit about how you – you're from, a, obviously, kind of a football-crazy part of the country. How did the game first get introduced to you, Dominique? Well, actually, I grew up at the park, Parks and Rec, so I've always been into sports. I actually started playing football at the age of nine. And I just liked the contact from there. Just um, I just look forward to just getting um, tackled under the pile, just getting dirty and rough. <laughs> just the uh, thing that was tough as a man. And then I just uh, grew to love football. So that sounds like a defensive player's mentality from the word go. You didn't say you, you love scoring touchdowns and getting cheered for. You said you love being on the pile and getting dirty and rough. Yeah. Uh, what positions did you play when you were growing up? Um, played running back, linebacker. 
for the most part, running back, linebacker. Okay. And then tell me about what happened when you got to high school. When did you start to sort of focus in on your final position, and what was your recruitment process like? Uh, actually, high school was a little weird because I was uh, it was a toss up between basketball and football. Mm-hmm. I actually um, injured myself, my knee playing football. I actually hung up the cleats for uh, football, and then went to look out, was looking out for basketball. And then um, I was getting recruited by by Middle Tennessee and FAMU. I actually was um. I responded to their calls because I was still looking for basketball. And then my coach, Ricky Saylor, got me to, a, like, a tryout at Butte Junior College in California, mm-hmm. which is uh, one of the top junior colleges. Oh, yeah. No, I went, I went out there Aaron, in 2009. Aaron Rodgers uh, hung up a few a few records while he was there, if I remember correctly. Yes, I played, with his, I played with his brother, Jordan Rodgers, oh, my first year wow. Our second Jordan Rogers reference of the show. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> yeah, that was my quarterback my first year out there. Okay. And then what happened with your sort of re-recruitment when you were coming out of junior college? How did that play out? Junior college, um, my grades wasn't up to par, but I was um, I was getting highly recruited by um, Arkansas, Cincinnati, New Mexico, but I wasn't. Uh, I didn't have the correct transferable grades to actually go to a big time D one or a big time D two. So I had to regroup and um, try to get my credits up. That's how I ended up at OPSU, which is a small D two in Oklahoma. Okay, and I've had. I, I must say, it's that school has one of the most impressive secondaries I've ever seen at that level. You you that that's a depth of talent at OPSU in that secondary particularly that is shocking to me. Talk about some of the guys that you found when you got there. Can you repeat that? Yeah, Dominique. Can yes, can you repeat the question? Yeah, I was saying I was impressed by the depth of talent when I looked at when I look at OPSU tape. I'm, I look at that secondary, I'm shocked by the depth of talent. There are schools in the Sun Belt. There are schools in all kinds of places that would love to have your secondary. Talk about the guys you found when you got there to OPSU. Oh, yes. Um, being, that, being that we was a small school, we had a um, great amount of talent. Well, my um, first year, we, was, um, we had, like, a difficult playbook, and then uh, – a coach named Jerry Pope came through, and he was all about just a uh, simple playbook, playing hard and fast, which made the game a lot easier for everybody to be more comfortable and uh, making plays and just having fun. He was all about having fun, playing hard and fast, which was making the game more easier. And we were just um, studying plays, and the game was just coming to us. And it was just easier to make plays as a team. So give us an example. Give us an example of how things changed when the when the when the playbook simplified. What things got different or easier for you once they told you, you know, not not to have so many things on your plate? How did that change? 
Well, I'm not worrying about, uh, say, if a receiver go in motion, not worrying about what's the check, what's the new check called, the play. Actually, when the play go in motion, you'll have to change the play, the defense around, instead of just keeping the play the same, which make you not think as much and just play football fast and hard, aggressive. Okay. Okay, so before you you would have to move a bunch of things around in your own defense to account for motion and then how did that change? I mean when they, once they made the simplification, was it were you just saying, Okay, well, you know, this guy is now my guy or, or what things changed in the new in the new system? Oh, just instead of like uh receiver going motion instead of following him all the way across the field, you mm-hmm. end up bump end up like bumping the uh, Oh, okay. Vendors. Got it. Be, Got it. You, you won't have to run all the way across the field to guard that one guy. Right. So you were playing. It sounds like a. Was it like a matchup zone? Was it a straight man, or what was it you were playing? It was a matchup zone. Matchup zone. Okay. Got it. And now, in the system you're playing now, uh, is it? What is it? Is your, what is your base? What's your base defense? The system I'm playing in now. Yeah, I mean we're played just played in. Well, what is what is your base defense in the system in which you most recently played? Losing like a three-four. Okay. And in the secondary, are you sitting a lot in in like cover three? Are you manning up? What are you usually doing? Like like I said, the matchup zone was playing kind of off. Uh, okay. For the four to one. Kind of like a cover two look, but man, man look at the same time. Got it. Okay. And I'm going to jump back to uh, to Nash for a moment. You clearly, as you said, started your career you said, at Tennessee, and quite a collection of talent, and a lot, a lot was going on in the program in the two years you were there. Uh, I'm sure you could write a book uh, if you were if you wanted to about that two years you spent there. First of all, uh, who was it that was most responsible for getting you to come to Tennessee? Uh, probably, um, I guess, uh, Coach Duke. Well, I got recruited by all three staff, by Fulmer, <laughs> by Kiffin, and then finally Coach Dooley's staff. Um, <laughs> Coach Cheney was there when uh, Kiffin was still there, and right. he, had offered, he had offered me, uh, you know, while Kiffin and them were still there. And then after they left, he still wanted me to come there after he found out he'd still be the OC there. So uh, probably Coach Cheney and Coach Dooley, uh, sitting down and talking with them, um, you know, just talking about the school, the tradition. Um, and then, you know, they, they just built a new business school, really good finance. That's what I want to do. Um, so uh, that's, that's really what inevitably got me to go to Tennessee. And then, you know, I also helped that my brother, uh, Derek Rogers, uh, decided he wanted to come there with me as well. So it was, a, you know, it was a win-win. Okay. And obviously, Mr. Rogers is a fascinating story himself, and he also sort of had a football journey that took him, you know, from one place to another. For those who don't know him, what was he like as a teammate, and what's he like as a person? Derek is uh, probably one of the smartest guys I know. He's too smart for his own good, I guess you could say. <laughs> that's kind of what, uh, that's what always kind of got him into trouble or situations that he used. He used his wit to kind of get in and get out of everything he could. So uh, there was always something. Drick was always conniving his way 
in and out of something. So uh, he was always a you know fun guy to be around. I mean, from when we were sophomores all the way to senior year, uh, you know, we had a really good, really good relationship. Um, and then of course we went to Tennessee together. Uh, he got in some trouble early on there because of some bad mistakes he made. But you know, I think and you know he he matured a lot over the past three years he was in college. You know, he grew up without a dad. Um, you know, he was raised by his mom, but, you know, my dad got in with him very well and, you know, kind of took him on uh, as one of us. So that's uh, that's really kind of how we, we got to be so close to one another. And, it, you know, obviously it translated onto the field. Um, he was leading receiver in Georgia our senior year and, you know, broke a lot of records. So it was a you know, very, very good relationship we have and we still have. And, you know, I think he's got a bright future, especially after – Everything he's been through in the NFL so far, I know he just signed a two-year contract with the Chiefs. So uh, hopefully this will be a fresh start for him. Um, I know he's got a teammate there, Tyler Bray. Um, that, mm-hmm. You know, we, we were all friends together when we were at Tennessee. Right, another, another a California kid who made his way all the way out to Rocky Top. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. So, uh, you know, I think he's I think he's going to do fine. I think he's matured a lot. That's been the biggest thing for Derek, you know. Uh, you know, he's kind of always gotten what he wanted, but now huh. since he's been through the hardships and everything, I think he's got a bright future. I mean, you know, you can see when he went to the combine two years ago. I mean, he was by far the most biggest athletic receiver that was in that class. So, um, you know, it's it, it, you know, I think he's got a bright future, and you know, I wish him the best. Yes. Um, tell me a little bit about that quarterback room. You mentioned one guy already, and. Tyler Bray's an, an enigma, um, to me at least. I mean, fascinating talent. A guy that, I'll be honest with you, rubbed some people the wrong way. I've talked to a lot of NFL people who are not huge fans of his. Uh, right. You know, you don't have to say anything you know, that you shouldn't say, but it's a fascinating quarterback room. So you talked about Coach Chaney. Uh, who else is in that room when you go into the quarterback room for the first time at Tennessee? Well, it was uh, my first year there. It was me, it was Matt Sims, and Tyler Bray. And then my second year, Justin Worley came on board with us. So, uh, you know, we had a lot of talent. Um, you know, obviously, Sims, uh, you know, did very did well at Tennessee when he first when he first started. And then kind of, you know, he had some struggles. And then the coaching staff and everything, it was kind of crazy. And Tyler got to play. Then he got hurt. And then I was supposed to play. And it was kind <laughs> of a... Uh, you know, it had its ups and downs there for a little while. So, um, but you know, a lot of talent in the quarterback room. Obviously, those two guys, um, you know, have, have made it to the NFL, and you know, are, you know, are trying to. Still there, Nash. Okay, we lost we lost Nash Nant, so I'll hop back with um, who we still have with us. Uh, and I know DeAndre had to get get to a meeting, so we'll continue with Mr. Irby. And I believe we also still have Dominique, correct? Correct. Okay. Um, so you just heard Nash Nance talk a little bit about his his room that he walks into first time he gets there to college. What was the room like that you walked into when you? Oh, there's Nash is calling back in. Okay. When you first got to college, who's, who else was in there, and what kind of personality types were in that, that DB room? Oh, it was just, um, what's he 
it was just a, it was a fun first year for me, uh, especially learning from guys like Matt, Matt Sims, uh, you know, probably still one of the most knowledgeable quarterbacks I've ever been around. Um, you know, obviously his dad and his brother, yeah. uh, he's rounded his whole life. So uh, it was really, really good experience, you know, to learn under him as well as Coach Chaney and then, uh, Coach Hinshaw, our quarterback coach. Uh, so it, it was it was a good first freshman year. Uh, I redshirted that year, so it was, it was a big learning year, big learning curve. Um, you know, obviously a lot of, a big opportunity, you know, for me next year. So. Okay. So you, the guy that you were able to the most from was, was Matt Sims. What was it? I mean, obviously, obviously, as you said, you know, brother in the NFL, father, Super Bowl ring winner as a starting quarterback with the, and one of the great Super Bowl performances for quarterbacks. I'm to think of it, 26 of 28, you know, I mean, you couldn't, it's hard to do that in practice, let alone the Super Bowl. Um, <laughs> It's interesting to um, to say you know how different those guys are. So Matt Sims, you know, a New Jersey kid, father, NFL guy. Personality-wise, what was he like? What kind of guy was he? Well, uh, a lot of the guys on the team, you either liked them or you hated them. Uh, he was uh, he was very straightforward. He uh, he didn't mind to talk a little smack, which I really liked. I was always a confident guy, so I kind of actually. Uh, you know, took that from him after, you know, after I left Tennessee, I kind of had a little pep in my step after being around him so much. But, uh, you know, he's a very, very outspoken guy, will not hesitate to tell you what he thinks. Um, but also, you know, very knowledgeable of the game, taught me a lot about it uh, from the quarterback position. Um, you know, he kind of took me under his wing when I first got there, um, you know, told me, how, you know, how much potential I had with my size and my arm. Uh, and then, you know, I'm obviously – it was very, uh, very academically sound. So it was, um, so it was, it was great to have, you know, a mentor, especially your your first year there in the, you know, SEC football to have such a guy that'll, uh, you know, such a great guy that'll take you in his, his wing like that. Okay. And then, uh, what was, what was? I mean, obviously, like I said, Tyler Bray is a another person you said love or hate. Um, he seems like a guy that generates a lot of opinions as well when I talk to NFL scouts about him. What what did you notice about Mr. Bray when you met him? Well, I can't disclose uh everything about Tyler. Bray. Do not do not disclose everything about Tyler. If you want to, we'll talk off air about everything. But the uh, things yeah, that you I can't, I can't that... say everything I would like to, but no, Tyler's he's a good kid. Um obviously a great arm, great size. Um, you know, being a California kid, he's pretty stereotypical. Um <laughs> You know, really laid back, not a lot yep. bothered him. Uh, I think that's kind of what elevated him into that, that starting role when Matt got hurt there and they wanted to uh, see what Tyler had. You know, he was, you know, he had just sling it anywhere over the field without any perception of the defense or the offense. <laughs> and coaches were like, how'd you know, you know, that guy was there? And he'd ramble off some answer like, well, you know, uh, you know, just something, pull something out of his butt. But, uh, <laughs> but had, had a, had a ton of, ton of talent. Um, you know, he's always a fun guy to be around, never a dull moment with him, a uh, big cut up. Uh, but yeah, just, you know, from a quarterback position, it was tough seeing somebody, you know, lead our team that, um, you know, his work ethic was, you know, kind of questionable and he yeah. wasn't the most vocal guy. He was one of those guys where, you know, buddy, buddy, you love to be around them, um, but you also want a guy out there that can kind of, you know, uh, you know, kind of work his tail off. Um, and I think that's one thing Tyler kind of struggled with. Um, but I will say, you know, when he got ready for the uh, for the draft or in this combine last year, I couldn't believe how much 
size and weight he had put on. So I know he yes. had put on the time and the effort and the work um, during that. But, you know, while he was at Tennessee, he was always just a free-spirited, uh, you know, really loving guy who just had unbelievable talent. It's funny because I mentioned to him the same thing. Uh, I saw him at the Combine. He was 232, and he struggled to weigh 20 pounds less than that, it seemed like, at times at Tennessee. And I asked him about that. You know, I said, wow, you know, you look like a, you know, quarterback, you know. <laughs> like, you know, I, I asked him about that, and he said, you know, well, before I didn't really understand how to eat and how to lift. It's like, well, I mean, I didn't say it quite this way, but what do you mean? I mean, they have a really good strength and conditioning program in Tennessee. <laughs> how did you not know this? How did you know? Yeah. Yeah, he was uh he was just, you know, kinda his own guy. He um you know, he was just one of one of the guys, you know, quote unquote, you know, always you know, anybody could always go to Tyler and, you know, he'd he'd approach him just all the same way, you know, really just laid back, you know, kind just that California lifestyle. I think, you know, he kinda <laughs> he just kinda took that on and that's that's just how he was. He didn't really care, it was like two sheets in the wind. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to spend all the show on him, but I thought he was he was a he was a guy that I looked at and I think I mean he if you wanted to draw up you know like a guy that you think would be the guy I mean he kind of looks the part he's huge I mean not huge he was he, he wasn't huge until finally he they said finally put on some weight but I mean the frame six foot six a cannon for an arm yeah but you could tell yeah there was something not quite what you wanted on the field like actually leading men and I, I, I right I think, right. Yeah, and that, I mean that's that's what one of the reasons you know I kind of you know I chose to leave Tennessee is you know I didn't see a you know a bright future with you know the amount of time and effort that they were trying to invest in him uh, it's kind of just kind of a dead end you know I didn't you know I didn't think he was the type of guy to change um, mm. and yeah just it's especially then Tennessee you know we got a new coaching staff and everybody's trying to be really upbeat and, uh, you know, trying to put a new face on Tennessee, um, mm-hmm. you know, especially just, you know, after, the, you know, damage control after Kiffin had left. So, you know, <laughs> it was – you wanted somebody that was really going to be there, work really hard, especially for those juniors and seniors that had been there through all the craziness. So, yeah, uh, yeah it was just uh, – it was hard to find, uh, you know, it was hard to find the identity for the team. You know, you had so many different um, players that had big roles on the team that were – completely different in their, you know, in their mm-hmm. work ethic and their agenda. So it was, yeah, it was, it was kind of, it was kind of a crazy environment to be in on. on those, I like where you put that different, different agenda. <laughs> That's a way to yes. put it. Uh, <laughs> I swear we're going to leave the Tennessee thing alone after this. The other personality that I wanted to at least touch on. And once again, the term love or hate, whatever coach Kiffin is one of those people. I don't know anybody who's lukewarm about either. They get passionately upset like they like leave the room and you know slam doors, or they say he's misunderstood and he's a guy who you know his best coaching is ahead of him and just wait and you know whatever, and he's going to be a great coach when he fully grows up or whatever term you want to use, and then like I said, everyone else it's a passioning burning. It's not like you know not not thrilled, no passionate burning. Cursing, spitting, hate. <laughs> uh, yes. uh, what what kind of personality did you find when you finally met Coach Kiffin? Well, uh, first time I met Coach Kiffin, we were, uh, Derek and I both were actually up on a visit there. We took off our junior year spring break and went on a road trip and visited, I think, about 
Whew, I think we visited about eight or nine uh, schools up and down the wow. eastern eastern United States. Uh, it was probably one of the worst uh, things ever, but it was actually, you know, we look back at it and we appreciate my dad for doing it for us. But it was uh, God bless him. It was a long, long week and a lot of driving, but, you know, we got to really see a lot of different schools, a lot of different coaching staffs. But, yeah, he uh, – I mean, one of the funniest things, we we walk into the film room and there's all these 22, 23-year-old guys and they're watching film and he stops the film. He's like, all right, guys, I uh, just want to recognize we got two big recruits here. I want you all to turn around and stand up and give them a round of applause. And we're like, a round of applause? I was like, what are we, we're in high school. What are you, what are you clapping about? So, he, was, uh, he was a heck of a recruiter. Him and uh, I remember sitting down with him in my living room and, you know, he's asking to recognize, like, all right, what do we need? What do, what do y'all want? Get get y'all up to Tennessee. And, you know, we're like, we want to be roommates. We want our number. We're just in there like, okay, we got it. We got it. All right. And then he calls Coach Kiffin. Coach Kiffin gets on there, and he's like, all right, Coach o, tell me what y'all want. We got everything set. Y'all come up here. And then two days later, they're on ESPN, you know, and then the day after that, they're in USC. And I think probably two days after that, we get a call, and they're like, hey, Nash, you want to come out to visit the Southern Cal? And I'm like, oh, gosh, I want to see me Thank you. So he's going to bring you out the Hey. Oh, hey. Oh, yeah. They're they wanting to bring, bring me out there. And while, meanwhile, there's couches and mattresses burning in the streets of Knoxville. Yeah. I, I didn't think yeah. that was going to be a good decision. <laughs> I remember the reaction was one of the – I mean, coaches leave all the time. But that I, I rarely see reactions like that. People were enraged. Uh, it, it was still, even when I got there, I remember, I mean, there were still so many, you'd see kids wearing shirts that had, you know, <laughs> a lot of uh, choice words on Unsavory it. Unsavory language, was, yes, I remember. Yes, yes. <laughs> it was his name all over the camp. I mean, people, it was just, whew, I mean, it still was there. You know, it still is. You'll see, you'll you'll see stickers and bumper stickers. It's crazy, right? I mean, five it's, years uh, later, people are still mad. Oh yeah, it's uh, it was a huge uproar. But I remember talking to some of the guys in my class, you know, that 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 um, that got there early in January. So they had only been there for, you know, maybe a week or two weeks, and uh, they were telling us about, you know, that 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 they just got there. It was the staff that recruited them, and then they left. And it's right outside Gibbs Hall, which is the athletic or you know, quote unquote, athletic dorm. Um, right next to the football uh, football um, offices and everything, they're out there burning couches, and they were calling their parents. Like, I don't know what to do. We can't leave. They got security at our door. Like it was, it was insane. It was it was as crazy as it could get. Oh my god! The only way security I at our door. The only way I could describe it was probably some videos from Dayton. Uh, you know, back when they back when they had won. Uh, and gotten into the final, the final uh, was it the Elite Eight or the Final Four? Yeah, I know you're talking about. Right, right, right. Yeah, it, it was, yeah. it was like that. It was like that. Seeing videos and stuff. It was, it was, a, it, was it was crazy. So you step into this situation where I mean, turmoil is really the only term that I guess really comes to mind. There's seems to be a lack. You said term you use lack of identity. I would agree with that. Is this a running team? Is this a pro set team? Is it a spread team? Is our quarterback going to be a pocket guy? Is he going to be an athlete? There seemed to be a bunch of questions about what kind of team you were going to have. 
Right. Did, did, did you ever feel like those questions ever got sufficiently answered while you were still there? Well, I think that's one of the reasons, you know, my freshman year it was kind of so up and down. We came in with Sims, and uh, Coach Chaney uh, was a big, you know, they wanted to pound the ball, power, you know, run the yep. eye, um, you know, kind of you know, that's a pro-style offense. But then when Tyler was, you know, when Tyler took over the position, he wasn't, um, you know, he was, you know, he was a freshman like me, inexperienced kid, um, obviously wasn't as football savvy as Matt was, and they kind of had to, Dumb the offense down a little bit, and they put him in put him in shotgun because you know he was such a big kid. His footwork was still you know kind of questionable from under center, and you know we had some um, you know changes at center that were being made, and so the QBA center exchange was kind of crazy. But anyway, they put him in the gun and dumb the offense down, and we made it. We you know we just we spread it out and we slung it everywhere. Um, so it was it was definitely, and then Sims came back, and you know it was. It was it had its ups and downs. Tyler got hurt, and then they had to go back to a pro style. I mean, it was very, very diverse over the course of that year, especially on the offensive side of the ball. So it was, um, yeah, it was hard to find an identity with the team, especially, you know, the talent we had all over the field. You know, we had Justin Hunter to Rick, yeah. um, you know, our running backs. We had Torn Poole. I mean, Austin Johnson had just switched from fullback to linebacker, and. You know, we had we had our offensive line. You know, I think all those guys are now playing or starting in the NFL. Most of them, yes. And, uh, that was a really so, talented group. I mean, we. My, I remember that class we came in with was, you know, from what I've seen altogether, probably one of the most talented, if not the most talented, class to come through Tennessee. I mean, if you think about it, Corderell Patterson would have been in our class if he wouldn't have gone the JUCO route, but came there. But um, I mean, it was. Uh, and uh, what's the name of the what's the name of the 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 crafty little? Um, please, I hate to put it this way, but the white one. Um, what was his name? Zach, Zach, Zach Rogers was. Thank you. Right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I really yeah, liked yeah, Zach, him. Zach was awesome. I'm very very close with Zach. We uh, we had it was him, John Probst, Jacob Carter. I mean, we had a. We had a nice, uh, very, very tight group. Nick Rivez, I mean, all those guys. We were extremely close. Right, and Michael Rivera, Michael Rivera was there too, right? Michael, Michael Rivera was there. I mean, it was. Uh, we had. A, I mean, it was just a lot of talent. I mean, we had really anything you'd want from the receiver tight end position. You had Luke Stalker there too. I mean, that's right. I mean, it was just now did, talent, did, t- talent coming yeah. out of the yang with that. But, right, you know, and it was, was Nukees? I'm sure Did Nukees come from? What happened with him? Was he, tra- he did he transfer? Did he what happened to him? He I believe he left the I believe he left when I got there. I'm okay. trying to think. Um, I know sure there's a lot of controversy surrounding him and if he where if he had officially ever transferred or not or his whatever. But yeah, whatever. The point is there was lots of talent there and lots of still lots of stuff. Uh, Jim Coburn is back with us. So right now, Jim, we have Dominique. Dominique, say hello to Jim Coburn. Oh, Jim. And, uh, Jim, also we have Nash Nance, who is one of my uh, – a guy I've had a great pleasure of watching his career and the twists and turns that have led him from uh, Rocky Top to almost several other places, including apparently almost the Ivy League, but ending up in the Ivy League of the South in Hampton, Sydney. That's right. Um, since you like high academic achievement and the South, apparently, Nash, did you ever consider William & Mary? Was that ever on your list? You know, it's funny. I've actually become uh, really good friends with Trey McBride, and uh, yeah. actually, my 
my quarterback coach, uh, my first year at Hampton Sydney, uh, DJ Mangus. Um, he's now the uh, running backs coach there, and that's where I did my pro day. That's where I've had my private workouts with the NFL teams with Trey. Um, so I actually did not ever really become familiar with it. Um, same thing with Liberty. You know, I, I uh, you know, I'm very strong in my faith, but you know, when I came to you know, Hampton, Sydney, and had kind of known about these other schools. I, I just had never known about them because I was so involved with bigger Division One schools, SEC, especially right, as right, far right. as the, re- the recruitment. But um, yeah, it was. Uh, it's, it's been crazy. I've actually, uh, you know, got to look at the school a lot. Uh, it's got a lot of tradition, um, and they got a they got a heck of an offensive coordinator there now. But um, yeah, no, I didn't really know a lot about it at all. And honestly, you know, coming. Off of seven weeks uh, straight of recruit of recruiting, you know, all over again. When I was in Knoxville, I was flying out there in the spring to Harvard, Yale, two or three weeks in a row, and then Lehigh and Holy Cross. I was kind of, I was recruited yeah, you out. Are, you are you're you're quite the road warrior. You did eight uh, schools in like ten days, and then you did. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, it was. I've been I've I've been all over the all over the Eastern United States. Uh, schools. So I, I always told parents, I always gave my number out when I was on these recruiting trips as well, like, hey, feel free to contact me. I know, you know, your son's going through this. I can tell you about, you know, a school or a coaching staff if y'all have any questions. So, so I, if, I, if I, I ever ask you about going to Alabama and playing and playing for Lane Kiffin, you've got some stories to tell him, I bet. Uh, oh, yeah, I got, I, I can I can tell him anything. I was actually on uh, the National 7-on-17 seven for Alabama uh, my Going into my senior year of high school, Derek and I were, we uh, kind of had some beef with uh, the Georgia team uh, with some <laughs> of the players that were on it. So, yeah, we actually practiced at Alabama and, you know, got to know Saban and that staff really well. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I got stories from all over, all over the SEC, all over ACC, any schools uh, on the eastern <laughs> eastern U.S. Um, well, one, I'm glad that you finally have, you know, seen the glories of Virginia football in your in <laughs> this part of your career. Welcome, welcome. Uh, I'm going to make you now an unofficial, semi-official Virginian now that you've spent a couple of years in my state. Oh, yeah. But, uh, but yes, um, Jim Coburn, what question do you have for Dominique Johnson and Nash Nance? Uh, well, I mean, what, uh, what have you guys kind of went over so far? Well, Nash has told us – he didn't tell us everything about Tyler Bray. We'll have to do that off air. That's some not safe for work or whatever kind of stuff. Some of it, uh, there's some, some of his Tyler Bray stories are for, for my show after dark, I guess, or something. But uh, he talked about the quarterback room, which, you know, when he gets there at Tennessee, he has Matt Sims and Justin Will Worley, eventually Justin Worley next year, and um, the aforementioned Tyler Bray. And um, um, – Coaching, lots of coaching stuff went on at Tennessee while he was there. Because when you we first his recruitment first began, they still had uh, Philip Fulmer, then of course uh, Coach Kiffin, and then following that Coach Dooley. Derek told us, uh, not Derek. Uh, he tells about playing with Derek Rogers, and then Dominique told us a little about his recruitment process growing up in the southwestern Florida area with lots of talent uh, around him in high school and getting interested in the game. Started playing when he was about nine, I believe he told us. Played a couple of different positions, but he sounds like a defensive player basically to his heart and soul because, you know, his earliest memories and excitement wasn't in scoring touchdowns and making big plays, but it was getting dirty and getting on piles. It's like, okay, that's a defensive player right there. Um, and then the OPSU, I asked him about that meeting room because 
we've had some guys from that team on before, and that I can't get over how talented Panhandle State's secondary is, and how many, I mean, how, there's a lot of good players. We talked about that. Basically, these guys in Nash's Nancy, Nash's Nash Nance's, woo, say that four times. Yeah. In, in Nash Nance's example, he's seen a lot of different levels of football. He works out with Trey McBride, who comes from One Double A. Um, he's played now at Hamden Sydney, which is you know the ODAC conference, which is very different from the SEC in certain ways. Mm-hmm. And he's had a chance to sort of see the, I don't know, the very heights, I guess one might say, at least in terms of the complexity and drama and stress. And then he's seen where guys basically play because they like playing football. Uh, guys in where he's playing now, I mean. He sees the occasional guy who has aspirations of professional football, but most of the guys he's seeing now are guys that play because they like football. You know, it sort of simplifies the whole thing, I guess. So that's sort of what we've covered so far. We haven't gotten to pro day stuff. We haven't gotten to sort of the last half of their – or last year or so of their careers. So all that stuff hasn't been explored yet. So that's where we are, Jim. Catching my boy Jim up. All right. Uh, dive into, you know, off season. Okay. Stuff. So, nope. <laughs> I guess uh, in terms of you know All Star games or um, any of those sort of activities, uh, have either one of you got a chance to uh, go to one of those, or or at least they said, hey, we're we're in contact with you, but if, but they never called you back, but <laughs> or said that you know I don't know, it just happens. Yeah. So he's asking about, like, yeah, postseason, accolades, all-star teams, things like that. Right. Dominique, do you want to take that, or I can't? It doesn't matter. Okay, Dominique, yeah, go ahead. Jump in there, Dominique. Is it like an all-star game? Yeah, postseason awards, all-star games, watch lists, that kind of stuff, exactly. Well, um, when I was at my junior college, I was actually on com, and then – um. Well, after uh, my OPS junior senior year, I got invited to a D2 versus NIA challenge. Mm-hmm. Yep. Actually, in uh, Myrtle Beach. But it's funny because uh, I actually got thrown out of that game in uh, <coughs> the beginning of the second quarter for targeting. I guess it was a real aggressive hit. <laughs> That's a badge of honor, Dominique. Who gets thrown off an all-star game? Where to go? <laughs> yeah, that was I was pretty upset about that one, but that was a cool experience to go out there to murder Beach to that all-star game. Okay. And um, tell me about it. What was the coaching like? I mean, obviously it's a very compressed environment. It's not like they can bring you along slowly, but what kind of things did you pick up, and, and who were some of the guys that you saw out there who really caught your eye as players? Well, um remember their full names, but it was a couple of um, slot receivers. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, was small for his size, but he was, you know what I'm saying, had hands, hands for days, catching everything thrown to him. And um, just uh, your work ethic, you want to just come out there and give it y'all. This, this is a big opportunity. It was, a big, it was just initiated. This is a big opportunity. You want to take advantage of this opportunity. Um. But we it was just like a two day two day thing. We, um first day we got to meet everybody, had meetings, uh had two days that first day, get to know each other, the players. We did a little fan work. They want you to understand the game. So 
from the classroom perspective and on the field, not just uh, field stuff. And the second day, uh, we just played the game. It was uh, actually, I think it was 20 NFL scouts that was tuned in, watching it online. But all in all, it was a great experience up there in Murder Beach. And where did you line up, Dominique? Did you line up at the same position all the time? Did you move you around at all? Where where were you playing? Actually, I played in that game. I played corner and safety. We uh, had a total of six DBs total. Okay. And so, so you've played both a couple of times in your past. Do you have a do you have a preference, and what what do you like about playing corner versus playing safety, or vice versa? <laughs> Bless you. I mean, I mean, at heart, I have. Um, I like to hit. I'm real aggressive, so it um, <laughs> I feel like it gives me the advantage of playing corner, which I'm um, I'm long, I'm a longer corner, I'm like six feet, six one. I have a good recovery speed, so I feel like I have an advantage playing corner, being that I'm aggressive. I can run with corners. Ties in with also playing basketball, one on one basketball coverage, which makes me guard uh, receivers. I tie all that into like one on one football. Just being physical in my size. Okay. And uh, same question for you, Nash. What was what kind of postseason accolades, awards, uh, notices did you get? And uh, talk about All Star opportunities as well. Well, uh, All Star opportunities. I, I believe I played uh, right before uh, Dominique did uh, in the Myrtle Beach as the D three All Star Classic. It was the same group that put that on. Yep. Um, so that was an awesome experience. The, the coaching staff from Methodist came down, so uh, I got to got to know those guys really well. And we basically ran like dummy down offense uh, that they ran. It was kind of like a, I guess it was like a zone read kind of screen spread game. Um, you know, it was a it was a little crazy. I thought, um, you know, I just told the coach when I got there, I was like, hey, just like let me sling it. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, now that's the quarterback it. right there. And so I was like, I, you know, well, this, is, this is an all-star game, so, you know, they want to see some big plays. But it was really, uh, really nasty weather. But, you know, uh, so had a had a good bit of drop balls, which was kind of frustrating. But, you know, we won. The South team won, which was awesome. You know, that was really cool. Um, you know, just, you know, some of those guys, for those guys, I'd probably say, you know, probably 80, 90% of those guys, that was the last, one of the last games that they'll play. So, uh, you know, it was right. a really, really cool experience. Um, really awesome, you know, a couple, you know, it was, it was a short week. Um, so it was really fun. And then as far as accolades, I got, you know, an All-American again. Um, I was also All-Conference again. And then I won um, the Willie, Willie Lanier Award, yep. uh, which was, uh, that's presented to the best, you know, D2, D3, and AI player in the state of Virginia. So that was a, yep. Really big honor to have that my name etched in on that. You know, that's something I can bring back and show my grandkids, uh, you know, in, you know, 40, 50, 60 years down the road. So uh, that was just a really, really neat uh, neat thing to get. Um, really awesome just to represent Hampton, Sydney. And then, you know, as far as, uh, you know, pro days and everything, you know, having my pro day at Women Mary, um, that went extremely well. And I think that's kind of why I got to uh, the opportunity to work out with some of the NFL teams that I did. Um, so it was, it was just a great experience, especially over the last, you know, the last three or four months. Um, you know, being able to represent Hampton Sydney on that big of a scale, I think, is uh, you know, it's made a lot of the alumni proud. 
Um, you know, it's just been really, really great just to be a you know part of something bigger than myself. And and if you could stick with Hampton Sydney for a minute, obviously you've you know you've had chances to play at the biggest programs in the country. Played at one of the biggest programs in the country. You could have gone to Mississippi State. You could have gone to Florida. You could have gone to USC. You could have gone to whatever. You know the list. <laughs> you know how many schools it was uh, that that eventually came a calling. And now you find yourself at Hampton Sydney. Now some people would think, you know, wow, what a come down or whatever. But you seem to not have that that approach. Tell me about what Hampton Sydney's like as a school and what it's been like for you to play football there. Well, I will say this. I've played at Neyland, which, you know, is arguably one of the best venues to play in in college football. And then going all the way down to Division Three, you know, playing at Hampton Sydney, we've gotten the opportunity to play a lot of really good teams all across the country. I mean, we flew out to Wabash for our first game, which is something you never even hear about in Division Three, a team flying across the country for, for an opener. And, uh, you know, they're a top-five team. And then we've played Wesley. We've played Winfield. Um, played a lot of a lot of big name schools, and I will say, you know, playing at Hampton Sydney, uh, I think by far is um, I, if it's it's not the number one, I would put it in the top two or three best venues in Division Three football to play in. I mean, it's something, it's even it's it's even crazier than Tennessee because of because of how close the crowd can get. We have our stadium, <laughs> which is kind of sits down in a bowl that the football field does. And, you know, people from all over, um, you know, come to watch, and it's a huge, huge tailgating scene. I know, uh, you know, I think the the saying is it's a a cocktail party and a football game broke out. So it's uh, it's a lot of of activities going on all around the football game. Um, I guess you could kind of describe it to like a NASCAR race. You know, there's there's more fans (laughs) outside of the stadium than there are in it. So, um, now, had, you know, had you ever had you ever heard of shad planking before you got to Virginia? No, 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 no. <laughs> I <had laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, I I don't know about some of the games you've been to, but I know maybe because I'm older than you. But I remember going to games. Um, my mother got her law degree from William and Mary, and okay. I, I played I played in off state myself, and I've been to games in the state of Virginia from Virginia to Virginia Tech to William & Mary to, and I've been to some games. I had friends that ended up going to Hampton, Sydney, and I had friends that went to go, ended up going to uh, Longwood and, you okay, know, just, yeah. right, okay, right, right, and Christopher Newport. Mm-hmm. So I I will testify, first of all, that for, we don't have maybe the names like Florida and other places for people recognizing the talent and the, the craze, but Football fans in Virginia are as serious about football as anybody, any play. I don't care if you bring Texas, bring whoever you want to the conversation. There's some serious football fans. And the rivalries, even though they aren't as well-known, are as deep. The hatred is as real, or maybe dislike. Dislike's probably better. But the dislike is as real as you as any place you want to whip out there. Uh, Virginia Tech and, and, and UVA, or whoever you want to mention, uh, Virginia football is very – it's respectful for the most part. I will say you don't see quite the nastiness maybe you see some places, but it's extremely deep-seated, the rivalries. And for an area, you know, where we – I mean, like I said, we don't have any, you know, Los Angeles or Chicago's or New York cities, but there's a lot of smaller communities with tremendous football uh, going back many years. Now, you got a chance to play, obviously, with Trey McBride. How does he compare with the, the freak show – that you had when you were at Tennessee. I mean, five-star recruits 
by the busload, obviously, when you get to Tennessee to throw the football to, how does Trey McBride stack up against those guys? Well, obviously, you know, I don't think he has the stature of, you know, the Rick Rogers or, you know, the length of Justin Hunter. But, you know, one thing I, that has really just amazed me with Trey, especially in, in these private workouts that we've done together, um, is how how quick he is. You know, he's, he's mm-hmm. six foot, but he can really, really make some big plays going up for the ball, which, you know, for a, for a shorter guy, you know, I guess, you know, NFL standards, um, which has been huge. And then his hips and his footwork are also tremendously fast. I mean, him him coming out of his breaks and everything, you know, we had to work, uh, you know, two or three days prior to my pro day, uh, just coming out of his breaks, just simple things, because he was so fast coming out of his breaks, so explosive. And I think that's one thing that really um, showed out of this combine. I mean, people had a big question mark over his, over his <laughs> speed. Yeah. <laughs> You're doing um, you it know, wrong. If you can't spot, if you can't see the way he can move on tape, you're doing something wrong. Uh, yeah, he is. Uh, I mean, he is very, very talented. And I think he, you know, for a receiver, he carries a, a lot of the good weight in his legs. I mean, he's he's got some nice calves, you know, nice nice butt, you know, and everything you want to see for a receiver to go up and you know make those plays, especially the DBs these days. Uh, you know, they're just getting bigger and bigger. You know, having to guard bigger, you know, players like Megatron, and you know, just uh, you gotta you gotta have a different kind of size of receiver. You know, it's changed a lot. Um, you know, of course, you still got your Wes Welkers and you know people like that. But uh, you know, Trey can really uh, he can just really go up and get it for a for a shorter guy. And then you know, once you get the ball in his hands, I mean, there's not a lot of people that's gonna that's gonna catch him. Sure. Okay. What other questions do you have, Jim, for uh, either Dominique or Nash? Jim? Okay. I see you there, Jim. You're Jim, can you hear me? <laughs> well then I guess I will continue. So Dominique, talk about your pro your pro day experience. Um how was it arranged? When did you find out where you were gonna be working out and how did you prepare? I actually had like two kind of like a pro day. One was a pro day at UCO, which I did at um yeah, I did at UCO. And I was just um, training back at the school, Oklahoma Panel. Mm-hmm. Um, just preparing, preparing. Actually, I was uh, I was preparing for the uh, forty and the, just the DB drills, trying to um, work my technique because I know uh, I used to rely on my athleticism, but just trying to um, focus up on my technique. And uh, the one at UCO went went pretty well. They liked my size. They was just uh, my feedback was uh, just uh, getting out of my breaks faster and quicker, more fluent. That's just uh, repetition. And um, I actually did a. Um, I went to the NFL Regional Combine in Denver, Denver facility, and um, that was a huge opportunity, great great experience. Um, what I took from there, it was um, basically emphasizing to take care of your body. Your body is your business. Um, there he is. Huge opportunity. And I'm um, just dealing with those, uh, there was some scouts out there. Just being in that environment and um, the Broncos practice uniform, the logo, 
meeting um, players who I know from back home, hometown, who play with uh, some of those teammates. It's, it's a small world how you meet um, new players and um, they know your friends from your home, your hometown friends. Get a little insight on them, how they played in the past season, whatnot. Just seeing the talent who's trying to um, have the same dream as have the same dream as yours. So it was pretty, pretty good. I actually, um, I took a few um, scouts at the uh, UCO Pro Day. Was a, one of them was the Buck Scout, who invited me to the local day at the Bucks. Bucks local day. Okay. What kind of feedback uh, did you did, What kind of feedback did you get from scouts, Dominique? Um, just um, getting um. In and out, my brakes more more fluent and um, faster, and keeping my body over my toes because I'm a longer corner. So it wants me to um, bend on my cuts and um, just everything is about timing, especially trying to get to the next level. Just keeping my body over my toes and um, making my my cuts and uh, brakes more fluent. And I just took from that and um, gonna run with it. Just uh, it's just repetition over and over, running the DB drills. Muscle memory and fire, have your uh, muscle legs and everything firing. That was pretty good feedback that I can um, take it, run with it, and enhance, make my game more, more better. Got it. And I believe we also have, speaking of wide receivers that are making some noise, I believe we have Mr. Rashid Bailey with us, do we not? Still with yes, us? sir. Excellent. How you doing? Oh, excited to finally be able to bring you on. Um, obviously, <laughs> we've we've had someone you know quite well with us, Mr. Aaron Wilmer. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, we I, I had the great pleasure of having him on a few weeks ago, and he he raved about you. I've had this is my mm-hmm. I, I, we had DeAndre Carter on earlier, who today with us, who had been paired up with a quarterback named Garrett Saffron, who I'd had on the show, and he essentially professed undying love for his receiver, yeah. uh, for DeAndre. And then Aaron said many wonderful things about you. Apparently you guys are very close both on and off the field. Yeah, we are. We are. We are. You know, pretty good relationship. Um, you know, we spent a lot of time together, you know, training and, you know, getting ready. You know, throughout these four years, it's been, like, you know, I guess you could say a quarterback-receiver bond. Okay. So uh, lay it out for me. How did you? How did you get here? Obviously – you know, once again, we, we talk about Nash Nance got to Hampton, Sydney by way of Rocky Top, which is an interesting journey. How did you end up at Delaware Valley? Um, well, what happened was, you know, I had a, you know, a great coach, you know, in, you know, Duke Greco. Um, you know, he, he was real persistent when I was coming out of high school. And I didn't have, you know, that many, you know, that many, you know, big-time looks or, you know, any, if, if any, Division One uh, offers. I didn't have any at all. Um you know, worked hard. I mean, you know, he was persistent. He would call me every day, checked up on me. And, you know, when I, when I, once I came on a visit, you know, Delvin was my home. Okay. And talk a little bit about your high school career. Uh, you had a, and, and why is it you think maybe you didn't get a little more attention? But tell me about, about what, your, what your high school career was like. Well, I guess people would lay, lay, label me as, you know, quote, unquote, you know, a late bloomer. Um, mm-hmm. My junior year. 
uh, I started on defense. My junior year, I only had one catch. Oh. One catch my junior year. One. <laughs> you know, so, you know, I was I was a backup. I was, you know, a backup, you know, whatever. Um, so, you know, then, you know, I worked hard. I worked real hard, you know, you know, throughout, you know, my senior year, get prepared for my senior year. You know, had the you know had the you know the, the seasons I had there, you know my senior year in, uh, in high school, and you know really you know started to blossom, and you know I put myself on the map just a little bit, just a little bit enough for me to get you know you know a good amount of looks, and I mean now I'm sitting here talking about NFL, so you know you know the rest <laughs> is history. I love the way you put that. The rest is history. Uh, why did it take so long for you to finally emerge, even in high school, as as the man? I mean, your talent pretty much um, jumped out at me. So, what was what what happened there? Um, a lot of mental, mental, you know, mental build up, maturity, um, you know, all those different things. You know, being coached, all those different things play in the role of you know becoming a better athlete. You know, being coached. You know, you know, being taught. You know, what to do. You know, what coverages. You know, I've learned so much by just going into into college, and, you know, then I learned, you know, you know, in high school is because, you know, we didn't have a big program, you know, it was just, you know, something that a lot of guys just did. I always had a passion to play football. I played football all my life, so it was more than just a game to me. So, you know, once, you know, I got mature and, you know, things start flowing, I mean, my game just elevated. Okay. You mentioned that you've been playing since you were fairly young. When, How young were you? When did you first start playing? I first started playing when I was five years old. <laughs> That's pretty. Early. I remember when I was playing. I remember when I was playing out in Maryland. I don't know. I was at a, like a family outing or something like that. And you know, I was playing with a purple and yellow football. And I was mm-hmm. out there running and jumping and scraping my knees up. And my uncle said, you "Gotta get him in the football or something like that." Talking to my mom. And then ever since then, you know, it's been my sport. Okay. And so now. You find yourself here, you know. In yeah. yep. you're there, mm-hmm. right? I mean, you're, you've, yep. you've gotten mm-hmm. to the to the to the mountain. Uh, talk about that. Talk about what it's like to come from you know Delaware Valley, and yeah. like I said, have a chance to be working out for NFL teams. Uh, how did that begin to happen? When did you first begin to get word that NFL teams were seeing you, noticing you? Well, um, first game of the season, uh, you know, you know, I did what I did. You know, um, I start, but I kept doing what I was doing consistently. And, you know, throughout the season, you know, teams came to see me. And, you know, at first I was like, wow, I mean, NFL teams are, they know who I am, they come to see me. I mean, I was excited. But I knew that I wasn't doing enough. And I'm still not doing enough. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like my coach always, you know, preached to me, you got to do more. It's not what you did already. It's what you got to keep doing. So, you know, it was, 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 you know, it was a blessing, you know, I mean, just, you know, all these scouts and, you know, talking to these teams and coaches. And, I mean, it's crazy. It's a, it's an amazing feeling, a blessing in disguise. And it's just like, you know, a lot of people don't get to go through these opportunities and do things like this. So I'm just excited to go through it. Okay. Um, and I'll go around the room and get, get pro day numbers. Um, what was your official – I'll go back to Nash for a second. What was your official height and weight at your pro day, Nash? Um, they had me um, at 6'1", and three, uh, I think, six one, I think. Okay. And three fourths, I believe. Okay. And what'd you weigh? Um, at my pro day, two oh. What is either two oh three or two oh four? Okay. Uh, do you remember any of the times or or jumps or um, did you, anything like that? 
Well, the ones that I do, the, the two things that I do remember, they had me clocked down for my 40 and a 458. Um, I know my um, my broad jump, I think, was a 910. Oh, okay. Um, oh, man, I forget what, I forget what my um, the other things were, but I had one of the top 60s, and I had one of the, you know, one of the top, you know, at, at the pro day I had. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.